I think I got why, why how, okay if if the weather is bad let me get my microphone up at the appropriate distance as Baker Maldito is finding out if the weather is bad why do you want to get out of there what's the point of going outside no no I don't mean getting out of the house I mean just going someplace where it's warm like it's it's always freaking cold here it's worse where you are I I know I know but I take action uh to to get out of here um which which you 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 gave me one of my uh nicest compliments I've received where you said something that was seemingly innocuous like I'm just amazed how you just kind of go and do things. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's how you that's how you improve in life. And well, you know, at least you're willing to do it. And it's not like you could just pick up and go. Everybody plants roots, and the longer you're in a place, the longer those roots grow. It's it's hard to move, but uh you know, and again, God bless him. I love him like a younger brother, but using Chris Beckloff as an example, that guy will have been born and died in Pennsylvania his entire life. And um, I, I, I personally don't understand how people could stay in one place. You're getting the itch to move. I, I predict that once you get your ducks in order and, and squared away, you will pick up stakes and leave. Uh, but it's amazing how comfortable people get. Uh, just, I mean, even uh, you ever tune into the great one? Uh, every now and then, yeah. He's all complaining about Fort Collins and his job and complain, complain, which is why I tune in because he's arguably just as angry as me. Sin Lib Soch, by the way, if you want to tune in, just a fair warning, he is racist and I would also say sexist, but uh, you can tune in for other reasons as well. Uh, but he's like, oh, man, this place sucks. Da, da, da. Well, then he uh, his apartment building got bought out, and they're going to put in new, fancier apartment buildings for the millennial kids because Fort Collins is a, a college town. And now he's all like, well, I'm going to miss my cat. I'm going to miss my apartment. I'm going to miss – I know I don't like Bobby over at the office, but, man, Bobby kind of grows on you. And I know everyone here is a ranks Marxist socialist leftist, and they want to kill all white males like me, but, you know – they want to kill me in a loving way. And I'm going to miss my coffee shop. It's like, really? It, it, it's, everyone's about capital flight. Everyone's about move. Everyone's about America. But then when it comes time, then when it comes time that you actually got to move and sell your place and go to a different part of the, even one that you visited, then everyone just, they, they go with, I guess the enemy, you know, is better than the one you don't. Well, well, here was the example I was thinking when I gave you that compliment, mm -hmm. a lot of people, well, clients, even friends, they come into my office and they're like, you know, this is the year I leave my job and I'm going to start that side business or full-time business. Mm. And they're like, I'm just waiting for the right time. And guess what happens? Next year, they don't. They're there with the exact same tax, with their one W-2 and not a 1099. I've seen people do this for years. It's like a lot of people just are a lot of talk. That's why I was saying I was kind of impressed. You just like sold that place and went out to... um get some land elsewhere yeah well it's it's also i've been itch if i didn't have the gf i would have been out of here probably seven years ago maybe six arguably as little as five and um but you got to play your cards and, you know this this is part of uprooting this is the part where it's like you gotta you gotta uh you just can't pick up sticks and go <clears throat> uh because i had the house i probably couldn't even have sold the house uh, because the market is not quite as hot as it is, is today. So there's some things out of your control. But, you know, five years playing your cards right, uh, that's that's moving pretty quickly. I mean, I've been in the United, in the United States. I've been in Minnesota now for a quarter century. And, um, 
you know, to have a five-year plan to get up and, and go. But yeah, I, I just don't understand how you would want to sit in a place, especially places that are as hostile as like, say, Chicago and Minneapolis on multiple levels, the weather, the Tax. communism, the taxes, the leftist retarded people, the the lack of quality women. I'm not even in the market, but by God, I'm sick and tired of looking at fat, pasty, dopey white people that look like they just got off the boat to go gamble in Vegas. <laughs> um, <sighs> well, let me ask you this. Yes. Like, keep family and friends out of this question, which, you know, is hard to do, I know, but... Is there anything you are going to miss about living there? I'm going to miss the WBL, and even that is starting to drive me nuts. Um, living here has taught me something, and traveling. And uh, keep in mind, I did not actually start enjoying life at all. I was at least 30. Uh, but what it has taught me is the value of novelty. And I live in a great town. Now, you visited the WBL, right? Oh, yeah. I thought it was a great place. It's the greatest place to live in the entire uh, state of Minnesota. But even though there's all these bars and there's a lake and there's the American Legion and there's high-end bars and there's this and there's that and it's right by the highway and you will get sick of it. I've been here 13 years and you will get sick of it. The hottest chick in the world. You will get sick of her. That's why you girls got to gussy yourself in cute little outfits and dye your hair and try different things. And I don't want shut up and just do it. You you need novelty. And um that's that's the so yes, I will miss the WBL, but man, I am sick of this place. I I work from home. Uh, I see it every day and I think it will do me some good to leave. We're going to come back in Airbnb, you know, cuz the GM I want to miss the WBL. I'm like, "Well, yeah, but you don't stay here all the time." Uh, and I mean, like, it's not going to go away. We got friends that will let us stay for free, actually, so we could stay here for like a month during the nice, you know, the one nice month a year in Minnesota. Uh, but that's about the that's the only thing. I'll, I mean, I'll miss Sebastian Joe's ice cream, but you can have that mailed to you. Yeah. Uh, I get <laughs> I my rooster. Yeah, I get my rooster booster light mailed to me to an agent in the field in Omaha, Nebraska. God bless him. Thank you for that. I got a new shipment not too long ago. Um. I'm trying to think of what I'm really going to miss. I don't, I'm not going to miss my friends because so few of them hang out anymore. Again, I see people out of state more regularly than I do the people. Again, I have seen your parents more regularly than I have seen friends that are no more than five miles away from me. Well, you've seen uh, my I'm parents. You've seen my parents more than I've seen them <laughs> this yeah, past yeah, year. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's all right. When I get the inheritance, when I get oh, I get that that the the tonnage of shekels from the Elkins inheritance. <laughs> if only, if only. Yeah, yeah. I want your mom's coffee selection. I want her collection of coffees. I want that that. Nice <laughs> which which one of the seventeen types would you like? Uh all of them, all of them. <laughs> God bless her. She's a sweet woman. That's. A, uh no this i'm not gonna miss anything really um this state is hostile towards freedom it's hostile towards americans it's hostile towards males it's hostile towards whites including the whites themselves the climate is hostile traffic is getting worse and worse um i don't not that i even go to the city i rarely go to the city and when i do it's either to run around the lakes or go to sebastian joe's uh maybe every great once in a while at night uh, me and the GF will go to our favorite haunts like uh, Mancini's. Mancini's, yeah. Yep, Mancini's. That's that's something I guess I'll miss a little bit. But 
again, I'm not a booze hound anymore. And so I go there and I'm kind of like, you, you really, if you stop drinking, you really start to see the drawbacks, but as well as the merits of the role that alcohol plays in society, because man, does it suck not to be drinking and you're sitting at a place and you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? I mean, it is. Um, Dude, that is hmm. me during tax season most years. Cause on the few nights that I will go out and catch up with friends, I really don't drink that much cause I need to be sharp the next right. day. And it does suck to be in a, in a room or a, a establishment full of drunk people when you're the only sober one. Right. But see, see what a testament that is to society and the role that alcohol plays, man. I want, I want nothing more. I got a dream and you know, I can't because I like the booze too much. Uh, and plus your system will start to poop out on you. Yeah. But I have this dream. Did you ever meet major Ben over in Vegas? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. Okay. So he's, he's a booze hound. I'm a booze hound. And I had this kind of dream because he used to live in Vegas and they got, he got promoted. And now he's not in Vegas anymore, but we would just go. And in Vegas, there's a hundreds of cool, awesome divey classical bars that still exist since the 1960s, the early sixties, not the shitty hippie dippy sixties. And he knows all of them. And what we would do is we just um, not Airbnb Uber from one bar to the next for 24 hours. Nice. You know, and it, and the the great thing about the Vegas casinos and the bars is they ain't got no windows, so you don't know what time it is. And we would just sit and sample some nice cocktails, some good scotches at these classic bars all across Vegas. You know, starting at like when yeah, about three or four a.m. when things start to calm down, but the bars are still open. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a thing. It it is an entertainment. It is a feeling. It is a warm fuzzy uh, joy in your stomach. Uh, that booze can provide. And then when you see that, again, remove yourself from it. Why would you do that stone sober? Why would you go to a bar, a Mancini's or Jack's Cafe, or even, um, oh, what's the one? Uh, uh, <clears throat> the Green Mill uh, or any of the bars. That, you take away the booze. It's just, here's a place where people are getting drunk. And it testifies that it is the act of getting drunk, the consumption of alcohol, uh, that everybody is participating in, that is drives that stuff. Otherwise, it's just this place where you just sit there. I'm like, people are at a, at uncomfortable bar stools, sitting there, leaning over the bar, really achieving nothing else, really doing nothing else. Even well, Mancini's is, 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 is the same thing could be said with its wonderful interior design. Well, this is why I felt bad for you when I visited because, you know, I was enjoying my booze and, and your GF, you know, we were drinking away and you were basically the sober driver the whole time. <laughs> but here's what's great about that is that was entertaining because you two got blotto. Yeah, it was, was funny because the GF is very tall, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when she wears those heels. Yeah. And then you are very short. I wouldn't say very. Okay, but, but you know. Compared to the GF, she's yes. like towering yeah. over you. Yeah, yeah. So here we got this little dude. We got this tall drink of water, and you guys like ah. <laughs> and it was no, it was a blast, man. That was if you get people that you know, and you're just hanging out with your friends and are acting goofy. I'm saying the act of going to a bar by yourself or even with other people. There's a phenomenon there that if you remove the booze, what is the point of a bar? And then consequently. What percentage of people's social activity is at least partly or, or fully dependent upon the consumption of alcohol and going out to the bars and the nightclubs? Well, I can like 
when it's winter in the Midwest, you know, where you are and where I am, absolutely. That's all people really do for fun. Like they're not going outside. So they're just going to bars and getting plastered. Yeah. And I'm sure that has been the case, especially with Northern European descendants and not, well, not descendants, the Northern Europeans in general, because what did you do in Finland in one 1000 AD, aside from rape and pillage the British (laughs) (laughs) who weren't even British by that time. But what do you do? Right. I guess you just stay in and you drink your hooch. That's uh, that's about you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. You drink your hooch, you have sex and then, and then, Oh, Hey, it's spring. It's rape and pillage time. Let's go down to the Southern European people. Um, So there's probably a historical, well, there's a historical precedence, but I'm saying it's starting to become, it's already genetically, biologically, probably integrated within certain groups of people, not American Indians. They do not get, they do not mix well with booze. They can complain about all the disease the Europeans brought over. I think, I wonder if booze isn't worse. Uh, but in society, in culture, I mean, you can really see the role that booze plays. And then if you're not going to do it, then you got to figure out something else to do. But uh, it's kind of a testament that it's, it's um, I wouldn't say a crutch, but almost an institution uh, within European and Northern cultures. Yeah. Um, would you like to do a couple of the super chats that we've already got? Oh God, all right. Can we just can we warm up? <laughs> just can't we hey how's it going the weather's shitty what do you think about booze let's have a light-hearted conversation about the role booze plays in america what do we got all right let's keep let's stay on top of it god you're like the striptease they just throw money at you man and i'm impressed because this we only have 23 people watching and we've already gotten a couple yeah um, no so charles mack for five dollars and 32 cents says if bacon and Atham can send oddball amounts, I can too. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> morning, Charlie. Well, we're going to have Charlie on one of these days uh, once I get some IT questions. And he also said below that uh, 3.05 now, thanks to my state's idiot governor. We need to raise the gas taxes. I think we were talking about taxes. and yeah. That's another reason to get self or, uh, location independent employed. Yeah, I tell you, the best state in the world is really, I'd say, Nevada, just with the weather and the tax situation. So. Right, but I'm talking gas tax. Isn't that what uh, Charlie was talking about there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying. Man, there's so much benefits. If you can work from home, do you know how few oil changes I have if I don't go and drive around the country? What's this driving thing you keep talking about? <laughs> touche, touche. Well, <laughs> I, I, got, I got my cars on like... Uh, low mileage insurance because i don't drive them that much you know when's the last time you had a car 2002 no no no, 2003 16 years ago is the last time you had a car yeah man i lived in dc new york city and now chicago in that time period it just was never practical i'd like to bust your balls but you have saved tens of thousands of dollars doing that you're right. Yeah. And this is what I tell people in this city. If you can, if you really want a car, just join Zipcar or, or rent one every now and then. Car to go or whatever. Yeah. Car to go. Yeah. But mm-hmm. people like parking their cars, you know, all the time and paying for it. I don't know why. Yeah. I, if if you can avoid having a car, which I can't, I, I kind of need it because uh, I'm not in a major metropolitan area. Uh, but 
even if you are self-employed and not living in a major metropolitan area, you could get like this low car insurance because it's under 7,500 miles. There was a couple of years where all I had was one oil change. Uh, and then the gas you save, my God, man, it, it, and then it doesn't matter. Cause here in the twin city or not the twin cities in the state of Minnesota, our governor, he decided he's a Democrat now because of course, now keep this in mind. He's a Democrat and he's, implementing a gas tax i think it goes in over the course of the next year they're going to uh, grade it uh, gr- gradiate it in they're going to it's not going to be one fell swoop they're going to install it <clears throat> for incremental uh, increases and already because we've switched to the summer blends the price of gas has gone up significantly now who does that affect now the democrats are he- here to help out who rich white guys by the name of steve who are straight and, and are christian I, I don't think that's who they're uh, trying to help. They're helping out anybody but the rich people. They're here. Their stated goal is to help out the poor people. What do you think gas is? You think that's gonna if we increase the taxes on gas, is that gonna help out the poor people? Uh, I think so. They have to drive too. I would imagine they typically um, have to drive. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Minneapolis light rail will get you all over the place. No, no, it does not. It does not. Mm. So now the 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 uh, the poor people, which I'll sympathize with, because I once was poor too. You know, I'm not that I'm rich now, but yeah, when gas went up, that's how I got into motorcycle riding. Is gas went up to I think four dollars a gallon, and I'm like, I I can't afford this. I got to get a motorcycle. It made it cost effective for me to to buy a two thousand dollar motorcycle. Uh, and I just I wonder about the Democrats at time. It's like, look. Okay, I know it's a big lie. You just lie to poor people, minorities, and women, and other groups, other type of victim groups. You lie to them, telling them you're going to help them out when you have no actual intention of doing that. But could you maybe take the time to think through your policies to not proactively hurt them? (laughs) Could you? (laughs) Could you just, you know, like a sales tax? Okay, rich people spend more money. All right, so that would disproportionately or at least linearly uh, you'll get your money out of the rich, all right? And the poor pay their th- – and I kind of like that. All right, everybody pays this tax. <clears throat> We're not going to pit you against them. Everybody's throwing a little bit of money into the kitty here. Uh, but could you do some that doesn't like really f- – I'm trying to think of a tax that would fuck over the poor more then the gas, I can't even think of something because gas is maybe a food tax. You know, uh, uh, we're going to tax all these or discount grocers. Uh, I'm really trying to think of something that would hurt poor people more than a gas tax. Booze tax. <clears throat> ah, yes. Booze. Poor people tax. drink more, don't they? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just guessing that. That's... Um, no. Um, rich, the richer you get, the more you'll consume. But if they were to tax, liquor stores and not bars then you disproportionately affect the poor well yeah Um, it's sort of like lottery tickets they're saying that's a tax on the poor yes yes that's another yeah lottery tickets um they were talking just to show you how condescending and i and i i wish i wish minorities in minnesota would listen to me but they're not they're just not they had a pass i think it was in saint paul they banned menthol cigarettes you know why so they banned them. I, I can't imagine why. It was either St. Paul or Minneapolis. Maybe it was Hennepin County, Ramsey County. I'm not sure. But they banned menthol cigarettes 
As opposed to regular cigarettes? As to, opposed to regular cigarettes. Now, guess why, Chad? Guess why? I'm going to guess because the more poor people were buying menthols. Not just poor people. They went out and said blacks are buying, and it's a, oh, it's a racist yeah. because they're buying, blacks or minorities but were buying menthol cigarettes, which I guess are more harmful than regular cigarettes. They so are. we got to ban it because you black people out there, you black Minnesotans, you're just too stupid to understand and make decisions for yourself. You see, that's why you need the Democrats because you're too dumb to take decisions into your own hand. Or here's another thing. Fuck you. If you really like your menthol cigarettes, we're going to tell you what you can and can't have. And they don't make that connection, Chad. They don't make this how condescending and like childlike these Democrats view these minorities as like, you just need us. And we're going to tell you what to do. I mean, it's like they're their goddamn overbearing mother. And by God, they come out in droves and vote for the Democrat Party even more. I mean, you could you could have a Democrat. This is all it's not in person. This is all through policy and voting. I guarantee you. Because this is metaphorically like what it is. You could have a Democrat go to an impoverished black individual, either in St. Paul, wherever, who's a lifelong Democrat. That Democrat candidate could slap that guy across the face. And call them all sorts of racial names and everything. But come vote time, that black guy will still vote for him because they're Democrat. Forget what they individually did to him. They will still vote because they're Democrat. Well, actually, I got to tell you what happened here. A couple summers ago, they instituted a soda tax, which was right. really harmful to a lot of the poor, frankly. And it didn't work because it was in Cook County and people were just going over to the next county and buying you know, their Coca-Cola this got overturned two or three months after that. And the woman who instituted it, actually, she lost the recent election for mayor because it was her responsibility for that. It was her idea to do that soda tax. And I'll give people here credit. They remembered how asinine that was. And so she lost the recent election. But but do we have to get to the point of a soda tax that that's that's the end of that's the item? My my part's a little bit more philosophical, like <clears throat> you. You have a minority community, and, and I would argue females as well, all these groups that the Democrats have, that they're this effective slave class where it's like, hey, vote for us, and we'll make your life great. And in doing so, unconsciously, they put themselves back on a, on a kind of a quasi-mental plantation. How, how long will it take people in South Chicago to say, you know what? This sucks. Who have we been electing this entire fucking time? Oh, Democrats, we'd like to kick Jesse Jackson and Jesse Jackson Jr.'s ass out in Lake Michigan and try a plan B. I'm not saying they got to go all Republican or anything, but my God, it, it, there's there's probably three generations now uh, where ever since I was a kid, you, did, you avoided the South Side of Chicago. And so, okay, maybe it's going to take something as, what would I say? Clear as dumb, as obvious as a soda tax to wake people up. But I would I would like to think there's a little bit more important issues, kind of like crime, standards of living, life expectancy. But maybe I'm just I'm just too hopeful for a brainwashed class of voters to to maybe prick themselves with a pin and wake up a bit. Well, it won't happen here. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> Well, I bet what I mean. Everyone, we can we could talk about South Side, but I'm sure the North Side is not exactly voting for uh, Trump and and Pence, correct? No. I mean, they're all just as liberal. Then, yeah, this is the bluest of the blue here. 
And yet, when they come into my office, they're like, hey, take every deduction you can get. <laughs> they're so dumb. They're so – I saw a chart. Remember the – I had that request. Um, somebody wanted to uh, find a conservative girl to marry in Chicago. Ain't happening. I even yeah, responded to that one. I even responded in the comments. I'm like, sorry, it isn't going to happen. <laughs> but what was funny is that someone sent me a picture of the by precinct in Chicago, and it was a color scheme. Like pure blue was 100% Democrat, yeah. and then pure red was 100% Republican. And it was all pure blue with maybe one or two precincts on the fringe where it was like a slightly lighter shade of blue but there was not an there wasn't even a a dot of purple to see on that chart i was like yeah there's just there's blue no. is the smurf like it's never gonna not be blue here yeah yeah um, well let's get to the super chats i'm sorry uh, i didn't mean to delay no no that's fine if we got a quick quick time for a shout out uh i would uh we see in the chat um shout out to john Steele, mary joe is there and nick shulaner is there so they have joined us this morning and you're in mute. Sorry about that. God yeah. damn it, John. Where the hell has he been? I'm going to uh, send him. I want him on the show. Just bear with me. Man, I thought he was dead. John Steele? Yeah, John Steele. I sent oh. him the link. We'll get him on. John, don't come on right away. Wait till we finish up some Super Chats there. I sent it to your Twitter account. So, and Mary Jo's on? Oh, she said hi. It was a few minutes ago, but what, you know she's got to be working. What is this tune in? And she's what? a socialist. She shouldn't be tuning into this show. She's going to ignore everything I say. And what's like every woman? Work people work. That's what? that's what those people they they work. They in do late their... April people work. What late April? Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> you and me. If it was sunny out, we wouldn't be here. We'd be out golfing, having fun. I'd be asleep. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This okay, hang on, hang on. This makes no sense. It's a shitty day. I want to go outside. If it was sunny, you'd be sleeping. No, no, no. I was just kidding. I was up kind of late last night, uh, just wasting time. So, <laughs> oh, right. well, what do we got? Let's get to the super chats here. All righty, journey trials and joy for four dollars and ninety nine cents says future goal is build modern house two and rent one out is this a good idea for the changing economy i i don't know i in general if you buy the right property in the right place and it's not in a democrat uh stronghold a democrat city you can in theory make money off of real estate but the problem I have with people asking real estate questions is <clears throat> this is all academic and theoretical because it is, I would say, 98% dependent on your location and the specific property. Like you can have two houses right next door to each other. They're in the exact same tax district. They're, uh, the ex one's going to have foundation issues. The other won't. One uh, is zoned this. The other is not zoned that. I, it, you can't. I need to know what the specific um uh, property is now if you take the time to go and do some research you know how to read a schedule e you only invest in republican uh towns or towns where your property taxes are not going to be jacked up if 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 it is possible to find the right type you know and it also depends on your own personal living situation are you gainfully employed 
And is this piece of property really close to work that you don't have to drive? You can walk uh, those variables factor in. Uh, are you flighty or not your flighty, but you're in an industry where companies constantly lay people off and there is no job stability. Well, then you shouldn't be looking at houses. I mean, there's so much that goes into buying a house. I can't just say, oh yeah, that's great. Go buy it now. Let me jump in real fast. Like right below that, he said, or he asks, what state would you guys recommend building these homes? I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot, some states are better than others, but I mean, um, what's my, what's my worst selling book, Chad? Oh, was it? You were saying it was reconnaissance, man, which kind of surprised me. This is it right here. And I, maybe I should have titled it something different. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. You like the cover, right? Ain't that a cool cover? I think it's a cool cover. Yeah, it's I a, thought it was there's a good me and my book. niece. There's me and my niece. I'm like stealing her tricycle. How fucking cute is that? Doesn't that make you want to buy the book, especially if you're a woman? Huh. Well, <laughs> I've read most of your books. I'm surprised that one's the lowest selling one. That's the least selling one. Yeah, we got Nick Shulander doing his Seth Himes promotion thing with it. So we'll see if we'll get that. But that's why I wrote it. Everyone keeps asking me these questions. And, and they're like, uh, oh, hey, what do I do here? What do I? I'm like, it, it's in that book. It's, uh, so which, which states to move to? Go buy that book. But I'll tell you right now, start with the <clears throat> income tax-free states. Now, Mary Jo will vote Democrat all the time to make sure Texas is no longer a tax-free state because huh. the Latina community knows better than us white guys who just built fucking all of civilization, made the world's greatest country ever. That's okay. So Texas might be off the list. Thank she's you, still Mary in Jill. the chat. So she's I know. I know. That's why I said that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, start with your tax-free states. I would say look at weather. Um, so I was saying Nevada is really good. Most of the, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pro Nevada because you got Vegas and it's mountainous and all, but some people don't like the sun. So people, I know people who are weird and they're like, I got my, my lawyer or ex-lawyer, I should say, uh, she, she wants rain and cold. She does not like sun. Um, but she's in Washington state. Uh, no, can, state can, I, can I, uh, chime in on the question regarding, How come I knew if I mentioned Washington state, you'd chime in, John. <laughs> no, the question regarding, um, buying a property to rent out, well, probably the most important thing is to look at tenants rights versus owners rights. Correct. So there's certain States like, you know, our nightmares, uh, like California, for example, where, you know, basically they, they can squat there and you can't get them evicted. So you got to look into that. Yeah. Well, I was also, and this is why I say it's heavily dependent on lo locale or municipality. It's not just state, uh, but <laughs> Minneapolis. My God, I'm so glad I left that town. Uh, now you have to take Section 8 applicants. You don't have to approve them, but you have to take them. Um, so now you're just making people who are on Section 8 even poorer because you have to do a background check and they pay for it. But again, Democrats don't think through. They just want to sound nice. Um, <clears throat> what else? You have to have an energy audit now in the city of Minneapolis if you're a property owner. Uh, you don't own your – look, it's no different than do you want to invest in a communist country? Do you guys want to invest in North Korea? And just because we're in the United States doesn't mean places voted in by Democrats like Mary Jo have turned into socialist nightmares. You know, their, their municipalities, their cities, sometimes even counties. So outside of the city, outside of the county – it can be great, uh, but inside the city or inside the county, it can be an absolute nightmare. And you don't own your – Portland, you don't own your property. You do not own your property. Minneapolis, St. Paul, you don't own your property. I don't know about Chicago, Chad, or what specific ordinance they're passing, but uh, 
when Snowplow was talking about the property taxes he was having to pay, you don't own your property. You are the city's bitch, right? You you do not have land rights. You are merely a oh, what's the uh, not surf? What do they call it? Where you you till the land for a landlord? Um, back in the sharecropper. sharecropper. You're a sharecropper. We'll let you live there, but you go work up a lot of money so you could pay the rent. Uh, they're basically renting, and I'm not joking. By the time I left the Twin Cities, I was paying more in taxes on my little triplex than I was paying rent no more than five years when I was in my little my little studio. So you really are a sharecropper if you go into these, and that's what they are, communist municipalities. Where Okay, under the guise, yeah, your name's on the deed, but oh, by the way, here's a $1,000 a month tax bill uh, so that we can go and help out the children's. So, yeah, be very careful about that. Uh, what, uh, John, I want to talk to you here in a second and find out where the hell you've been, but let's get through the Super Chat so we don't fall behind. Chad, what else we got? All right. For Joe, for four ninety nine, Joe Jones asks, pre-divorce only, please. I can't help these guys that already signed their rights away. Uh, oh, Joe, yeah, he's the men's advocate.net. Um, he's going to be, he's a sponsor. So if you are um, a, a gentleman, of any persuasion, divorced or not, go to the mensadvocate.net. Uh, and Joe wants to prevent you from having to go through divorce, which would, the guys, let me think of a way. Is there a way to guarantee against divorce 100% way? Is there, can you guys think of a strategy on how to avoid, how to have a 100% guarantee you never get divorced? Uh, I was going to say never get married. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He'd never get married. That's. Uh, all right, next super chat. All righty. Well, uh, journey trials and joy for another one uh, for four ninety nine says coming from Ghana, England, Canada, and USA citizen of Ghana, Canada, and USA. Once I'm done with bachelor's in computer science, should I move? Uh, to where though? Yeah, that's where. <laughs> Look, all right, here. Buy this book. If it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this is why I wrote the damn book. I can buy this book, get it. And you know what? You don't have to read the um, the first half. Just read the second half. I'll I'll grant you that. The first half is more like logistics on it. The second half, where we talk about the maps and evaluating which. But that's only if you want to live in the United States. Otherwise, if it's Canada or Ghana or the United Kingdom, I really don't know. I mean, I know Canada. If I were to live anywhere, it would probably be. Alberta, the British Columbia area in the Canadian Rockies. I live um, in Whistler. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't visited the Vancouver area, but you're that's basically their Seattle. Um, and you're going to be paying. The whole city is Chinatown, and it's outrageously expensive. Yeah. I mean, there's no – you're dealing with Canadians. And by Canadians, <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking the Canadian people. I'm talking the – in British Columbia, the leftist morons that voted in Justin Trudeau. And they, they're the ugliest women. They're even ugly. Well, oh, with the, they're uglier than Seattle. They're not as ugly as Portland, but close. I have no. God. I can vouch gotta, for the Portland one. We got to get you. And I think, what was it? Bacon. And um, there was another couple guys that want to come on. Nick Shoelanner. Shoelanner. I'd have TJ Martinell on, but he talks too much and no one else would get a word in otherwise. <laughs> he's great to have as a solo guest, but he's. We're not going to have him. We're not going to have him play in the sandbox. We'd all get one grain of sand. He'd have the rest of the sand himself. So, uh, yeah, we got to do that. Uh, 
that Seattle one. Uh, all right, what else? Uh, for Journey, Trials, and Joy again, uh, for awesome. $1.99, this feels like a loaded question. Is the American dream dead? Not in certain parts. Um, again, if you go to, again, tax-free states where the Republicans are, da, 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 da. Um, and I can't even say go to where the Republicans are, even the white people are, because you get to Wyoming, it is not the American dream. Uh, that is, so you got to be real careful where you move to. And then even if you go to places where the American dream is, like you get out to these exurbs, these far-flung exurbs, it's, you guys ever see American Beauty? Yeah. John, you ever see it? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that. These houses are, it's too perfect. It's too nice and it's too sterile. It's starting to remind me of Switzerland. And then if you see behind the scenes, which I did in banking, you see the chaos. I got a buddy out in Denver. He lives in a very nice town. And it's one of these picture perfect places. And he is the only one. He keeps very low tabs on this. He doesn't break to anyone. But he has his house almost paid off. And through talking with the grapevine and just watching people, everyone there, and it's just this is prissy lily white Republican land. You think this is June and you think this is American dream. <clears throat> behind the the brand new SUV parked out in the parking lot, behind the four-car garage, behind this perfect five-bedroom, four-bathroom house is debt up the yin-yang, a nagging ball-busting wife. And these pussy supplicant beta males who are busting their asses off so they don't get divorced, so they can buy their new Range Rover, they could finish. It's all pissing away and spending money and keeping up with the Joneses. About the only way that you can really have the American dream is probably by doing it like us three guys here where we're very frugal with our money, we're conservative, we don't buy material things. And we build up massive amounts of equity to the point that we can work kind of jobs like we have now. And then maybe, and, and if you want to throw in kids and wife. No, no, don't do it. Not I, that. Well, no, I know, but <laughs> see that, that complicates it. So an individual, male or female, has a much higher chance of having the American dream if you define the American dream as financial stability. Maybe home ownership. In Chad's case, home ownership wouldn't make sense in Chicago. But living, no. I mean, just having freedom. If if you define it as that, having freedom to do what you want and enjoy your life, the American dream is very possible for the vast majority of people. If you require to have home ownership, that is also possible if you choose the right place, as long as Mary Jo is not voting in socialist Marxists over in the city council to jack up your property taxes. But then if you want to get married, now you just threw a 1% chance Low, I mean, you you lowered your chances by 99% because based on my dating history, only one in 100 women are marriageable. Um, and I didn't marry any of them. You know, that's just me theorizing. And there were certainly other problems that came along with it. That is a fair amount out of your control. Um, it's a risk. Half are going to end in divorce. And so it could become the American, like what's worse, you build up, you bust your ass off, you work up all this money, you get this great situation, and then you marry a gal, you think it's great, she could put on a re really great front game for months, if not years, and then poof, I'm not happy, takes it all. I mean, how, now you have the American nightmare, you're, you're, what you, everything you worked up for that freedom. So 
that's a landmine. If you really need to have wife and kids, it it's possible, you know, it's possible to go to Coachella and not contract herpes. It's possible. It's possible to go to Seattle and there might be a hot chick you bang. It's possible, but that really throws a risk. So I would say, yes, on the individual level, the American dream is possible. But if you want, you know, family and kids, uh, it's possible, but you got to really choose the right one, lay down the law. Um, and, you know, prenups, here, here's where you could, you move to the state that doesn't have common law marriage. You have, find out where the divorce, you know, go get married in a foreign country if you have to where the i think sweden uh, ironically has really great divorce laws i'd I'd be starting to look at that which by the way perfect time to bring up uh, a sponsor rdk legal i mean go there this is uh russell him and his buddy from the twin cities uh they run a, a divorce outfit and that's all they do russell wakes up takes a shit drinks coffee and then he divorces people and does it with a smile on his face so maybe contact russell RDK legal before you get married. This is, this is, who was it before? Um, Joe Jones was telling us, don't send me people who are already divorced. You can't help them. You can only help them preventative. Man- once you get the AIDS, once you get the herpes, once you get the, the divorce, it's over. I mean, you can't get rid of it. It's, it's happened. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, we got one more super chat waiting in there. Cool, let's do that, and then I got to go pee because I drank way too much coffee, and we could, we could find out where the hell John's been when I get back, right? Okay. Um, so for $10.99, Rob Figulski says $10.99 from a 1099-er. Um, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Recently banned hot dogs in New York City. Does this hurt rich people or poor people? I didn't know that. They banned hot dogs? I think the city did. I didn't like hear that. Yeah. Like yeah. vendors, hot dog vendors? Or? No, well, let's look it up, shall we? I think it's just like the city of New York will not buy hot dogs anymore because it's unhealthy. Or, hang on, let's look this up. You got the internet. That'd be awful. Well, Mayor de Blasio looks like he's had a few hot dogs in his day. Yeah, he has. <laughs> All right, here's, here's some Snopes. 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 Uh, did New York City ban hot dogs? Uh, mostly false. What's true? New York City announced a new green deal in April 2019 that would reduce the amount of processed meat purchased by government-run facilities such as hospitals, schools, and correctional facilities. So uh, it hurts poor people then? No, it's it it's it doesn't really. It's going to drive up your costs a little bit in terms of taxes because now New York City is probably going to purchase higher quality hot dogs. Uh, it has to be not processed meat. It's going to have to be natural or whatever. So their costs are going to go. Like if, um, let's say, the sanitation department of New York City has its Christmas party. I'm sorry, holiday party. Um, <laughs> if they get if they get hot dogs or hamburgers, they're going to have to pay a little bit more in price because they can't have a processed meat percentage. And so that will increase the tax bill microscopically ever so smallly. On New York City uh, taxpayers, uh, but don't, the, don't forget the uh, gluten-free hot dog bun. Right, right. So <laughs> it's it's what this is is there aren't any real major problems in New York City, and if they are, none of them are going to take it by the bull by the horns and actually solve them because it would require uh, 
uh, taking a, an unpopular stance or having a, a pair. So leftist politicians to make it look like they're doing something for the health of the community, you know, keep in mind, leftists always have to look like they're doing something. We have to ban past plastic bags. We have to ban plastic straws. That's what this is. So now we're getting, we're going to have lower processed meat and that's, that's all it is. Um, but it's good that, uh, that we got 1099 from a 1099 er kind of curious what his, cool. what his job is. If he's uh, a, although he maybe doesn't want to identify it as anything. Did he say what he did for a job or no? No, I was just looking for that. Um, no, that was the only message he left. All right, cool. I'm going to take a piss. I'll be back. You guys go ahead and get a drink or something. All right. John, how's it going, man? Hey, good, buddy. How you been? How's, uh, I guess tax season's over now, so you get a chance to breathe. Yeah, it was a really, really rough one this year because so many people got worse results than they've uh, really ever seen as far as refunds and owing. So it was like giving bad news, you know, a hundred, 200 times. Oh, wow. Like you're telling them this is your bill. They're like, I don't got it. <laughs> that did happen. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to actually file the return for you until you pay me first. So <laughs> we got problems. <laughs> well, everything that you charge them is 100% tax deductible. Uh, if they have a business, it is, if it's just their personal return, there's really nothing they can deduct it against. Believe it or not, tax reform got rid of that. So. Yeah. Well, I, well, so many people are file online. I'm so, I'm surprised that the, the independent business people just don't do that. You know, the turbo tax thing. Some of them do. I mean, for simple cases, I tell people they should do that. Like I'm at capacity and not everybody needs to use a tax accountant, but some people are just skittish and they want to have me look over it, even if it's super simple. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's basically it's pretty foolproof now. But you know, in the beginning, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, if you have a lot of if you have a lot of weird things going on, like, uh, uh, you know, alimony payments, a business, uh, you know, all these different lots of dependents and, you know, weird situations like that, I'm sure it can get very complicated. Yeah, with rentals, it gets all weird. He's back. He's back. All right, my turn to go pee. I got my... Oh, it's John. Well, you guys, we could all go pee. I don't mind radio silence. I know that's a big thing uh, in radio. Like, oh my God, we got to keep talking. No, dead air, dead air. Yeah, dead air. Beckloff, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. No, I don't mind... Uh, I don't know. Do you ever work on radio, John? Because you sure as hell got a voice for it. Uh, no, but I have been on radio shows. God, John, I'm telling you, I know it sounds sad. Here, here's what you face, John. You have a blessing. Why do women make so much money on the internet? Uh, tits and ass. Right. Is there any intelligence really involved in the conservative <laughs> thought movement? No, no. But I mean, this is true of like, you look at like news programs like Fox News, like the reason their ratings are the highest is because they, they have the hottest girls with the shortest skirts. You know? Right. Why am I bringing Mary Joan? Because I like her because she's intelligent, because she's funny and, and she's incredibly charming. Am I bringing her in for that? No, no. She's got great <laughs> bazooms. That's why I love her. I would, that's right. And, it's and, all about the milkers. <laughs> well, no, she's I, I I won't lie. She um 
Well, Chad, you kind of, I don't know about you, John, but uh, Chad, you've exchanged with her and all that. She actually is a, a charming and sweet girl. Yeah, right? she's really cool. And she can roll with my punches. She tolerates my shit. So I, I really, but, and then, but she also has great bazooms. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this, this car gets fuel efficiency and da, da, da. Yeah, but it's got standard transmission and can go 160 miles an hour. So let's, let's not kid anyone. But just like how women have this natural gift of beauty if they maintain it. It's the same thing, John, with most of the radio shows out there. If you got a great voice, that that is 80%. You could just go on the air, John, and have your own podcast and read from the Encyclopedia Britannica about blades and types <laughs> of grass. And you will still have people tuning in because you got that voice. And I, I don't, why don't you have your own regular podcast? You had your show, you, you do the occasional video, but you, what, what are you just too busy with your real job? Um, no, I could make time for it, I guess. I just, I guess it's lack of material. I just don't feel comfortable enough just, uh, you know, just speaking extemporaneously constantly like some of these people have to do. I guess it's an acquired ability. You know, like if you've been doing it for a long time, uh, you can, but you know, you have to entertain people, you know, and you, you, you know, um, uh, that, that in and of itself is a skill. Like, you know, we both know Beckloff and stuff like that. One of, one of, uh, the reasons his show is kind of good radio is he's very funny, very quick witted, you know, mm -hmm. he has, he's kind of quick, you know, and, you, and you, I think you need a little bit of that, you know, not that right. I'm slow, but you know, <laughs> no, but you're an outstanding interviewer. You've interviewed multiple people. Yeah. You've taken the time. Cause you, you can tell you, uh, you you sit and you you come up with questions and then follow up questions that you obviously had thought of and planned of before. Correct. Yeah, you just don't well, have some rando on and you start chit chatting. You have questions listed. Yes, when, like the interviews I've done with authors, um, I I'm very proud of, and 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 the reason that I think I did well was unlike many other people who interview authors, I actually read their work, you know, so I was, <laughs> able, to, I was able to ask the questions, you know, so, uh, so get involved in the book. And, and also, cause I do enjoy reading and, and uh, unlike happy, I know you like, I mean, you like books, but you like to listen to them because you're, hiking I, I like wisdom uh, or experience or history, mm. like philosophy and observations of which that predominantly came in the form of books in the old days with that, that was the predominant media. But now with, headphones and and youtube and documentaries and mp3s i i'm i'm not going to sit here and read a book like this because i could be working out running driving across the country anything else so i i really it's really a, an efficiency thing well that's uh, one me. that's one way i mean commuting sucks if you have a long one but i remember how much reading i used to get done when i had to commute downtown like 45 minutes each way yeah, uh, but, I used to uh, like I used to ride when I lived in New York. I rode the subway every day, and everybody read on the subway. I mean, it was just you know everybody had a newspaper or a book. Yeah. Well, what well you could take a lesson from John. Um, now I'm not promoting him because he pays me or anything like that. He's a friend of the show, but I say this because it's true. Uh, bacon Maldito at the goddamn bacon, not goddamned bacon, goddamn bacon. He's a regular contributor to the show. <clears throat> He's starting a podcast. You might want to pay attention to him, John, because the vast majority of podcasters follow kind of what bacon does. Bill Burr, uh, Joe Rogan's more interview based, but if you listen to bacon, uh, all he does is talk about his life himself. He'll read an article here, there, and it's his observations. 
And what people got to understand, I've said this before, but I'll, I'll tell you the key. And what's great, what's great, I know this is going to sound ironic coming from me. I think everybody, if you want to, yeah, go become a YouTube or a podcast personality because that's the key word, personality. Uh, you could try to be, oh, I don't know, a conservative thought. You could try to be a philosopher like Stefan Molyneux. But the reason they use the term personality as in TV personality, radio show personality, um, persona, is because that's what people like is they like the personality. And if you tune into Bacon, it's kind of cool. He's this guy. He does martial arts. He's really into fitness. He slams on vegan chicks. And he just kind of goes all over. And the reason why this is the number one selling, for example, Rush Limbaugh. Or Michael Savage. Do you think anyone tunes into that show to listen to the callers? Probably not. I guess not. I don't know. I mean, Rush Limbaugh was doing has been doing this for thirty something years, right? I mean, he's right, right. But do you even think people tune in necessarily for the politics? No, I think his shtick is what they fell in love with. Yeah, yeah, they like Rush Limbaugh the person. They like. Michael Savage, the angry old man. Rachel Maddow is another perfect example. We may not like her personally, but there's some pent-up, frustrated lesbians and self-loathing people that really like her and want her to be depressed and angry. (laughs) There's it's the personality. So what that allows for, this is why I suggest anybody, if you want, please do it. You are going to, with your own unique individual personality, attract friends and followers and listeners and readers just as you would in the real world. Like Chad's got a great cadre of crew. I mean, when we go to O'Shaughnessy's, it's the group of coolest guys ever because these cool guys just happen to congregate together. That will happen on the internet if you just bullshit about the average day in John Steele's life. Most people are going to find it boring. What do we care about this drunkard, angry man? who's in Seattle and wants to shoot hippies. What a weekend. But there's a, there's <laughs> thousands, there's thousands of people who are also sick and tired of hippies in their community and would like to shoot them. So if you are your own personality on the internet, that allows you to just be yourself. You don't have to do shtick. You don't have to come up with stuff. I mean, people tune in to me cause he's the angry, uh, alcoholic, raging, libertarian, cynical, black pilled guy. And small of a niche that might be, out of 8 billion people, you're going to get a couple thousand. And that's all you really need is a couple thousand. The other thing is, if you try to be like the weather girl, everything to everyone, yeah, you're going to get some people that like you. Yeah, you're, you're popular. But the weather girl cannot convince you to go buy a book. Me, however, <laughs> just saying. Uh, you shameless are the- plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> But if I say, you know, I write a book, it's a guarantee that at least a couple hundred people are going to buy it because they know me. I know them. They know they're going to like it and they're going to get what they want out of it. So I'm I'm just saying you might want to you have 80 percent of it with that damn voice. You could say googity goo, googity goo, googity goo, and you'll still have people tune in. But if you just have the come on, how cool is it? I'm not trying to kiss your ass, John, but you are a private detective from New York. You're living in leftist la-la land. You you could just talk about your average day, and it'll probably be more entertaining than Joe Schmo sitting out there in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, yeah, I guess I could. Um, uh, there is some of that I 
don't want to reveal about myself that, you know, I, I like to have, an, you know, a little bit of anonymity too. And I think that's might be part of the reason why I didn't become a YouTube personality and that the majority of like on my, I did do, uh, did do shows. They were all interview based because mm -hmm. I, you know, that's kind of what I enjoy. I enjoy the interview. I don't really like talking about myself to the whole world. You know, it's kind of a boundary issue thing. Like I don't like letting anyone know about, you know, I think, and I think that's a danger of social media where you have people talking about very private things about their life and just telling people that they don't even know, you know, it's kind of strange. You really, it's not really natural. Well, yeah, no, if then, then you could go in the interview route. I mean, I kind of guard against, you know, the private information and all that. I mean, it can be done. But, yeah, if you're not comfy doing it, I, I understand. I'm just saying well, you got well, a lot of material you, to work with. You, you got – well, you're, you're very specific. You talk you're, – you're, you're basically giving advice is what you do. And you have, uh, you know, experience working in banking and economics. And you've been you've been doing – and you've been do, giving the advice doing this stuff for a while now. I mean, yeah, nobody's listening. Only my l audience listens. To their benefit, though, they're all retired. Like, hey, is there, what should I do with my $200,000? My parents listen to you. Don't worry. Your folks listen to me? Sure. I mean, I with have all to the cursing and the swearing? Oh, yeah. My dad thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't, you're not, you don't have a really bad potty mouth. I mean, every once in a while you let one go, but you're not, you know, you're not outrageous. Eh, catch me, catch me on a bad day. Catch me. I'm getting better at not letting the shit show bother me. You know, I'm, I'm also what, what really helps. And this is within the past three years. Um, Donovan Sharp needs to listen to this. I'm going to send him um, this link. I find Donovan Sharp. You guys know who he is? You ever yeah, listen to the Red yeah. Man Group? Okay, so, and he's got his own show. Um, he was on my show one time, and someone in the comments section was just trolling him and trolling him hard because he bit. He went for the bait. And he self-admits that he has um, anger issues, control issues. And what I realized, and, and there's well, plenty to be angry about. Blackmail, so that huh? kind of. Well, yes, yes, of course, yes, obviously. So aside from that, though, but going beyond, um, he he is he's not young. He he's not old, but I think he's about my age, maybe early forties, late thirties. He should know better than to let someone in the comments section troll him, and he get pissed, he get angry, and even in his podcast, he'll talk about how. He almost got arrested. There were some close calls. And I can understand how every man in the United States, given what's going on, especially if you come from a disadvantaged and poor background, you got a short fuse. You don't have that much in resources. You can't take that many hits without there being serious consequences. I mean, you're so so low on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Everything does affect you, like the, the gas tax we were talking about. Um, but what I have found out what really helps me out and I'm trying to get this out there a philosophy for everybody listening. So you don't get as angry is ask yourself, where are these people going to end up? Uh, someone like a perfect example. I was driving around white bear Lake the other day and it's a curve. It's a big circle. So there's no passing lane and I'm doing five over the speed limit. So some kid is riding my ass and he's swerving drunk or high or whatever. And then he decides to pass me where you can't see more than 50 yards ahead. I'm like, this kid is dead if someone turns. So he passes me, almost crashes into a cliff, uh, makes it back on. And then you could smell the pot. Now I could get, I'd have every right to go follow that kid down, 
saying, what the fuck are you doing? Da, 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 da. But do I have to? Do I really have to? Because what's going to happen, John? What's inevitably going to happen if I let that kid go? Well, he'll, he'll end up self-destructing, doing some other self-destructive behavior that will do it. But I mean, what I would do is, I, you know, because of my background, I would copy down the plate number and then track them down and then deal with them that way. Yeah, see, uh, <laughs> but here, here's Mike. Why would you deal with him, period? Why would you waste any time? Right, yeah. I'm getting to the point of not only wasting time, not even calling the cops, but why even get worked up about it? This kid is so stupid to drive high to take incredible risks going around a curve that he's making other spectacularly stupid decisions. And yeah, Aaron Clary with the remaining 30 years of life expectancy left on the high end, I could go and waste my precious time dealing with him, or I can just wait for him to run a red light and cripple some poor individual. And now he's got a, you know, he's got, or he just gets killed. You know, he misses the turn and goes in the lake and drowns. Why do I have to, uh, no, I, I, I agree with that. I pr- think probably the most proactive thing to do would be simply to call the cops and and let them be aware. Like you could, you know, write down the plate and the, the car number and say, this guy is driving reckless. I believe he's uh, intoxicated on marijuana. I smelled it. And the reason I say that is because I don't want someone killing someone. And then if for no other reason, causing a traffic jam in front of me where I'm an hour late now to wherever I was going because this dumb high schmuck, you know, ran someone over and they shut down the, the, the highway. Right. Uh, so if anything, I would do that rather than, but not, not getting angry, just saying, well, I'm just doing my part for the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Perhaps I'm too black pill. I was kind of like, eh, okay. <laughs> I hit somebody. Well, All right. It's a chaotic thing. It's like you're helping society, but then you get a reap a reward because then you don't have to worry about uh, traffic delays. You know what I mean? Right. Like that, yeah. that is, that is the, What's the word? Uh, empirical analysis of that. You're right. I probably should have called the cops and said, hey, this guy. But I'm, I'm just saying what the lesson to learn from this is that dumb people suffer at their own hand more than you or me or any one individual could mete out in terms of punishment on our own. Um. I mean, another perfect, you guys know that it was Jesse Taylor. Do you guys remember Jesse Taylor, the gal that was crying because she got her Instagram thing banned? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, do you think us yelling at her, hey, you stupid thought, get off the internet and go major in engineering or whatever, or save some goddamn money, you think she would have listened to us? Do you think she even would have paid attention? No. No. But once Instagram got taken down, did you see what happened? Like how she just melted down. Yeah, into her, a pile. her identity was, you know, and that that's another dangerous thing about uh, uh, when you create a, you know, become a personality or a brand is your, your, you know, ego investment into it. You know, what happens if it gets, you know, I won't mention any names, but we have a mutual acquaintance where, you know, he lost his YouTube channel and all his ex-friends turned on him. And, oh yeah, you know, so that you got to be very careful that you got to, you know, draw, you know, have a clear delineation between your real life and your internet life, your persona, you know? Right. Right. No, I, I, uh, I got other stuff going on. If And by the way, no, Cappy, I'll say you do a good job of, I've noticed this about you really keeping your private life private. You know, you don't never t- say, talk about the, the 
any details about the GF? You never say your name, you know, things like that, or you know. Well, I, I got death threats, and she'd get rape threats for a while. I haven't gotten any in a long time. I'm kind of like, am I losing my time? I mean, there was a there was a time where I was getting like a death threat every three weeks, and now I just I don't know if if these people have gone away, but I'm like, doesn't anybody hate me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> But Don't yeah, worry, Clary. It, my ex still hates you. <laughs> <laughs> How is Cuddle Wookums? Are you uh, you pay? Uh, we, we don't have much contact these days. <laughs> oh, is she a funny boiler chat? Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess you can't say any, you know, publicly, but the, I, I know we we've all had one one bunny boiler in our life. Admit it, right? Uh, yeah, I had a couple. I dated a yeah. pagan priestess, or not pagan. Uh. <laughs> Pagan. What's Wiccan. the Wiccan? Thank you. I dated a Wiccan priestess. That was that was fun, and that was not so fun in other regards. Uh, she but, joined a Wiccan cult. No, she. We've talked about it before. I mean, it's nothing different. We look. We figured out the formula on this. A lot of people want to just have free purpose and reason and agency. And for a lot of women, it's like, I'm a pagan priestess. So you, I don't know, you ship in a bunch of UPC codes from the, the Cheerios cereal box and you come back with a certificate that you're a certified ordained pagan priestess. I, I, it's uh, not pagan, uh, Wiccan. So a lot of chicks who are got nothing else going on become Wiccan priestesses is, is basically <laughs> what it is. These crazy chicks, I think the reason that we just brought everybody has fallen for at least one. I mean, you probably got more. We don't, we don't want to admit it, but uh, nine times out of ten, there are demons in the sack. Oh, yeah. They're wonderful. They I are mean, awesome. I mean, it's true. I mean, the, the sex is just like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't go back there again. I wouldn't do it because the, you know, I mean, having my, I mean, I had my, my car slashed, death threats towards not death threats towards the girls I was dating after we broke up. I mean, it was horrible. Um, but, you know, the time we were together, I mean, the sex was incredible. I mean, it would put, like, most porno movies to shame. I mean, it was amazing. Oh, it it, it is. But see, this kind of gets to a not a theory I have. I can't figure it out, but I know it's true. But there's equilibrium in everything. You know, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So, like, if this gal is just just a porn star actress in bed, you're going to have to pay in some other way. You just yeah. know that's going to happen. No free lunch. No, yeah. no, there's no, no, there is. And then I, I don't know enough about psychology or neurochemistry or the absence of fathers in women's lives, but uh, it's just, it's a hundred percent correlation. Like if I dated a gal that used to be a Vikings cheerleader, you know, yeah. one of the few nines or tens you could say, and just, you damn well knew. You just knew. And what's sad is they're so psycho that it doesn't matter that your body's this amazing. It's like, yeah, I'm dropping you back off with your parents and I'm leaving you and never talking to you again. It's, <clears throat> it's a tragedy. The, uh, yeah, but you can learn and grow from it. You know, I think everybody should maybe, maybe you should have a bunny boiler in your twenties. Like don't do what Michael Douglas did and have the bunny boiler after you got the wife and the kids and the whole bit. And you know, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And it makes, it makes you appreciate a stable 6.5 or a seven. Who, yeah. who works as an actuary. You're like, oh, you know, you're not as hot and you're not that great in bed, but you're not going to slice my tires or me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have to sleep in a loaded gun under your pocket pillow. Excuse my life. <laughs> you know, uh, you guys know Rich Cooper? Yeah. John, yeah. you know well, him? Well, yeah. I know that guy from once. Entrepreneurs in cars. He, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a really down-to-earth, level-head guy. I like him. Yeah, so he posted this thing, I don't know, Facebook or 
Instagram is like stages of dating a girl with BPD. And it says stage one. Wow. This girl came up to me and talked to me. Stage two. Wow. She really likes me. Stage three. The sex is amazing. Stage four. Why are my tires slashed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> Oh, God. And that's not being hyperbolic. Um, they no. That. Yeah, that's that's very I, true. There was. It's funny, but I look at the number of flat tires that I had to repair in my life. Over half of the flat tires I had to repair in my life happened within like a year period on the same car in front of the same house. And <clears throat> ever since then, and I moved, and I did not publish where I moved. Uh, the tires. <laughs> my tire expense budget went down dramatically i didn't have to tire expense was not that high uh chad what we got any more super chats we actually have a bunch here all right let's get um, through them all right so journey uh, trials and joy uh, gave us yet another one and he says according to fox news lots of jobs by 2026 will disappear i went into computer science because i thought it would be in demand but fox says no computer science <sighs> no, don't worry about this Ludite. Oh my God. The automatic artificial intelligence, the automatic economy. Give us BGI. That's basically what it is. All jobs will be gone. Give us free money. That's it. Um, all jobs will inevitably be gone as they always have been in the past. We don't have farriers, I think is the correct term. Who, who, who puts shoes on horses? Is that farriers, horse farriers? I don't know. Never heard of it. Okay, before. whatever. That job is gone. <clears throat> you don't have people. Horse and buggy industry gone. But then there are whole new industries that pop up. I, I it, this is such a tiring argument. And it's I think a lot of people there is some some legitimacy to it. Yes, automation is coming in certain industries, but automation has always been coming. And so humans gotta adapt. Well, and, one uh, of the I, I, I noticed happened here. Sorry to interrupt, but about computers specifically, like um well, there used to be this huge demand in the uh, the 90s uh, and early aughts for uh, systems engineers, you know, to manage uh, computer networks for businesses. But then the software got so advanced where it could all be uh, could could be done remotely. So you could hire out a firm in India to automate the security settings for all your employees and things like that. So th those kind of jobs got faced. So you have to learn to adapt and overcome. But I mean, if the t the t you have to. A thing like computers, you're always going to be in a constant state of educating yourself. I mean, similar to an accountant, uh, you got to keep up with the new tax laws. I mean, every once in a while, they'll throw a whammy on you and you say, whoa, I got some reading to do. Um, that's, that's exactly that, what happened last year. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you were like, wow, I got to I got to catch up on this. So it's 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 not like you get your degree and like, oh, OK, I'm done with it. If you got to, you know, it's not like women's studies where, yeah, you get that and then you can go become a barista for the rest of your life. But I'm sorry. I was going to say what's going to happen is, look, you could choose. Uh, and this is a good development. And, and let me kind of paint uh, the future economy. But this has always been happening. A new technology is introduced which makes something automated and takes zero resources to do or very near zero resources to do. Now that frees up a bunch of labor and you are now allowed to pursue one of two routes. You could either go into the new and evolving economy, which will be technology, STEM, science, who knows what it will be. Uh, you know, try and explain the internet to someone in 1940. There's stuff that's going to be coming down the road that we just don't know. VR headsets, programming, web, whatever, whatever. Or, and I've called this, you could go the leisurely route 
where you kind of entertain or serve other human beings. And you could say that's, oh, I don't want to be a barista. I don't want to be a waiter. I don't want to be an internet podcaster type. Ho, 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 stop. Look, you can live a life off of being a podcast entertainer internet guy. You can live being a barista. Now, that's assuming you weren't a fucking moron and went $200,000 in debt for your your poetry degree or whatever. The economy is getting so affordable. Your basic staples in life are so affordable uh, that you can work what is a relatively unskilled job and you have your food, clothing, and shelter bought and paid for. And essentially, the robots take care of everything else. There will always be skilled tradesmen from surgeons to plumbers. They have to kind of come in and assess it. Um, but as the economy gets more and more automated, more and more people can go into these leisure-like or very easy um, professions, jobs, uh, compared to the past. I mean, mining. What, do you want to go work in the coal mines or would you rather just go serve drinks to people? as a waitress. You know, I know people think that's degrading and whatnot, but it's not. It's like, dude, you get to work in an air conditioned building. You don't have to till the fields. We got machines for that. So we have these leisurely pursuits and kind of easy jobs that you can make a living doing. So I'm not terribly worried about the automated economy. It just means we're going to have more people, uh, serving food. We're going to have more people, uh, Writing books, we're going to have more artists, the artesian class, if you want to call them that, the entertainment class. And then we're going to have the people who maintain the machines, create machines that create whole new industries. So you're going to have your Amazons, your programmers, your whatever. whatever. Uh, but I wouldn't worry. The real issue is if all these college-educated morons with their worthless degrees can have their ego take that hit, that they're not changing the world, they're not really producing anything of value, and that their best – uh, uh, <clears throat> capacity in life is to simply serve as others, to simply be a good waiter, to simply be a good barista. Uh, while their education said that they're supposed to go out and change the world and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 no. You either go STEM, you either are on that eternal, always developing, always evolving revolutionary technology frontier. You either are part of that community that's actually changing the world for the better, or you service that economy by serving me my sandwich, get me a fucking cup of joe like uh, Chad Elkins' ex. That's <laughs> <laughs> her master's degree. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, or, or here's another crazy idea. Forget work. What else could full-grown adults do that would help advance society? A lot. Any hints? Um, women are especially good at this. Just like women make great accountants, they make great actuaries, they make great auditors, and they make great editors. They're very detail-oriented. There's a, there's a natural gift women have. I'll give you another hint. It's not compensated, but it's a very vital and important role to society. Mothers? You could actually raise your fucking children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How about that, guys? How about you have a parent male or female stay the fuck at home and raise your goddamn kids homeschool them make sure they're not getting this shit kicked out or shanked over in your in your public school system make sure that they can graduate with honors by the age of 13 maybe have a degree by the age of 18 and be making seventy thousand dollars by the age of nine maybe you could raise your fucking children but you know 
fucking who gives a shit? Mommy gotta go get her master's degree in social work. So, I mean, there's well, t- talk about it, an investment in your future. I mean, if you raise a healthy brood that is, uh, you know, financially successful, you don't really have to worry about your retirement. Yeah, you know, if, your kids are all graduate, if your kids all graduated high school with, uh, you know, um, summa cum laude and sure. uh, at 16, uh, odds are that they're going to be making some bank because they're going to be so ahead of the game. And everybody else who goes to public school who, you know, they graduate that C spot run is about as the <laughs> bad. <they can> get. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, that that is one way to, you know, you don't have to worry about, well, is Social Security going to be around? You could say, well, I don't have to worry about that. So My you're saying that all these security. You're saying all these millennials that the baby boomers brought up, that the baby boomers are set for life, right? Because those hardworking, <laughs> industrious millennials are going to take care of them, right? <laughs> oh, God. That's great. Um, any more Super Chats? Let's go. We got a couple more. Uh, this one we covered a little bit, but Nick Shulaner for $1.99 wants to know, where the hell has Steel been for the past few weeks? Yeah, Jesus, John, where have you been? I just was, as I, you know, I just briefly sent you that Twitter message. I just kind of been off of the social media for a little while there, you know, just, uh, uh, just, uh, detaching to it. You got to get in the, in the, in real life stuff a little bit sometimes and you get, I can get too caught up in it. Uh, you know, getting all my information, uh, through social media, not interacting with people. So, and I've had some other stuff going on. I won't get into nothing bad, nothing bad. Okay. Just, your, uh, your health is fine. You're not like yeah, in a yeah, hospital. Nothing, okay. nothing, right. nothing is, uh, yeah, my health is fine. Everything like that. Nothing. Uh, and no personal bad issues, just, uh, semi business related stuff that was uh, causing me to be busy, uh, off hours, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have to unplug, um, uh, occasionally too. I got a, request an asshole consulting <clears throat> the guy wants to know if he should get a uh smartphone or drop get rid of his smartphone uh but he didn't pay me so i guess i won't do the request um yeah he didn't pay so all right what else chad all righty so funny perry for five british pounds Says, Aaron, my big brother, suggest when and how I should save for retirement. I'm 35, home paid off, no loans, wife and one kid, work as a computer engineer from UK. Uh, get an IRA? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Brits got to have some kind of similar IRA type of investment. So I'm, I'm sure there's that. You guys get your social security version, your social pension. Uh, as per our previous conversations, John pointed out, make sure that damn kid is brought up right and is making good money. So one, he doesn't live at home with you and siphon off God almighty, the number of baby boomers here that have co-signed for their stu- their kids' student loans and now their kids default on it. Now the baby boomers don't have a, I mean, make sure your kid isn't a financial parasite, but rather is an economically producing, at least self-supporting adult and isn't siphoning off funds from you. And then if you really love your kid and you want to spend time with your kid and you made sure that your kid became a, a good, you know, hardworking man or woman, uh, they'll take care of you because you provided for them and, and brought them up right. So <clears throat> not that you would want a parasite or live off of your kid, but um, having a younger person, you know, I went to my folks place not too long ago. I repaired a, a birdhouse. I kind of picked up some stuff because they're too old, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, if you have someone that that loves you, they're not going to let you die or starve, or at least have your best interests. Uh, but yeah, I guess max out your British IRA, whatever they call that. Um, 
if you got a big house and kids moving out, I cannot emphasize enough of downsizing. Uh, the number of older people, well, I guess this guy's our age, maybe a little bit older, but uh, the amount of baby boomers that are paying the unnecessary heat bill, maintenance bill, and tax bill and insurance bill on a five-bedroom, four-bathroom McMansion, only one toilet of which they shit and piss in and one bedroom of which they sleep in and the other five rooms just sit there. That's what, do you guys know any parents that like keep their kid's room the exact same like 20 years after the kid had moved out? No. No? I don't know. I, I, well, yeah. I grew up with, uh, we all lived in tenements in New York, so it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't an option. So. That, your pet cockroach is exactly where it was, John. We yeah. kept him right <laughs> That's it not cock- a pet. No, the, the build, the, where I grew up was, it was roaches and rodents. I'm not kidding. It was nasty. Oh, yeah. I, I believe that. See, again, why I think you'd make a great podcaster. You can write about Yeah, tell all these horror stories about where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys know Francis? He's kind of occasionally on Bernard Chapin's show. Nah, I, don't I haven't know. seen it. He he uh, he does Uber, and he tells me these stories about the crazy Uber. I'm like, dude, just save these stories, write it down, and then make a book. Well, yeah, I should do that. I'm like, yeah, you should do that. It, Oh, all right. More super chats. All right. For $4 and 99 cents, Ahmed Khan says, just got rejected from my university EE, probably electrical engineering program. Should I transfer to the worst school for computer science or computer engineering? If it's accredited. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, isn't that what you should? Yeah. If you want to study something, you just go where you can study it. Right. Yeah, and I would I would, I would say add that does he <clears throat> if he wasn't accepted to this school does he sincerely have an aptitude for what he wants to study? I mean, having a desire is is fine, but you also need an ability. You know, I mean, I wanted to go yeah. I w- wanted to go play in the NBA, but you know, I I did, <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't have the the genetics to slam dunk. So you, you got to think about that too. If, if, you know, there's some harsh truths out there, maybe you just don't have that gift for uh, electrical engineering, uh, but I'm sure there's something else you're good at. So I would reflect on that. Well, there's, Please. there's that angle, uh, but it could also be, he was applying for a very prestigious electrical engineering yeah. program and was not accepted. So um, I'll, I'll have it incumbent upon uh, Ahmed there to test his IQ. He probably knows what his GPA is. He, well, he, he no, I was just going to say he added in the chat that he got a 3.7 GPA with a 3.5 plus in STEM classes. Yeah, so he probably was applying for a more prestigious, you know, like Caltech and Stanford doesn't take everybody. MIT doesn't take everybody. Um, and what they did, they did a study. Uh, where in the in the long term, it doesn't matter where you go to school. It matters what you major in. So as long as it's accredited. And if he really likes electrical engineering, I'd say 375, 38 with STEM. Well, you know. 375 so, in, his, in his major and 37 overall. Okay. So, John, he's saying that he was trying to get into the University of Washington, and he's thinking of going to Washington State instead do you know if those two are really different from each other academically uh u-dub is where you if uh washington state we have two state schools here um uh the u-dub as they call it here uh that's your first choice if you don't get into that you go to wazoo okay Uh, so that's on it's in eastern washington that's in pullman right near spokane uh so yeah go there it's a bit of a party school um but you know just 
keep your nose to the grindstone. I know plenty of people that went to Wazoo and they did very, very well. It's a, you know, it's a state school. It's got decent priced, uh, to, 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 you know, as far as I shouldn't say decent price, but you know what I mean? State schools are a lot more cheaper than, um, uh, private institutions. So and yeah, Wazoo is a fine school. It's not should, UW, but it's fine. John. So is it cheaper than UW Seattle? Uh, whatever the main campus is that he applied to. I don't, I, I guess they're, they're both, they're both owned by this. They're both run by the state of Washington. So I imagine they're comparable prices, but I, but oh, your other expenses will be lower at Wazoo. Right. You're not going to be living in Seattle. So your, your cost of living for other, you know, your basic amenities, like when you have to go to the store are going to be a little bit cheaper because Seattle is outrageously expensive as I'm sure this gentleman knows. Yeah. So that's it. Now, you know, I, he's, I would visit Pullman just to get an idea of the, of the city. You know, if you're, just so you know what you're, uh, you know what it's going to be like there, but yeah, no, that's a fine school, accredited state school, fine. How yeah, far away fine. is that from Seattle? Just out of curiosity, oh, it's literally the other side of the state. Oh, okay, Spokane's right on the border with uh, Idaho. Yeah. I was going to tell Ahmed. I mean, it, that I don't. I know the main campus or whatever is probably higher ranked, and that's where you wanted to go. But man. It's worth thousands of dollars a year not to deal with that fucking traffic. You're going to save on rent. You could focus and study. Um, I'd imagine the wazoo is going to be less left. I mean, can you imagine attending a campus in Seattle? I mean, every fucking day there's going to be some tetanus, tuberculosis infested, hippy dippy shitty kids whining about one thing or another. You go to wazoo. Uh, it's probably I'm going to assume a little. I mean, yeah, it's a party school, but you could just focus on your studies shoot Idaho's right across the border that's Coeur d'Alene areas right there it's a beautiful uh part of hike you got a lot of hiking and everything out there I'd, I'd almost prefer to go to Wazoo uh, yeah if you're an outdoors person uh, I would say Wazoo um and, and UW it's it's an enormous school I think it's like 40 like 35 40,000 people I mean it's it's big and it has a medical school too it has it's it's really big um Wazoo's a little bit smaller and um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, you're, I would say, yeah, hell yeah. You got the grades, go to Wazoo. Sweet. All right. Next super chat. All righty. Uh, the next super chat, I'll, I'll read it and you can guess who sent it. Um, <laughs> for $2, this person says <laughs> he got a message from you wanting to know if you wanted to be in the older brother podcast and he got it at 4am his time, his time. I'm going to guess it's going to be, uh, Atham. It was indeed Mr. Atham uh, who was in the chat right now. He's in the chat. Well, we yeah. got you, me, and John. Let's have uh, him and Arcadia on one of these other days um, just because I don't want it to become uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. That was the thing I said, Arcadia and Atham. I'm like, I wonder if these guys are awake. And uh, they weren't because uh, it was it was 4 a.m. over there, I think. It was, it was pretty early. Does that mean you were up at 6 a.m. today? No. I don't know what it means, 4 a.m. Um, hmm. I, it doesn't matter. I, I woke up at eight thirty my time, so it was six thirty their time. I don't know. Atham just can't tell time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's Atham. We know him. I mean, it's like it's like our it's like our little retarded stepbrother. Like, okay, all right, yeah, let's see. He's the type of guy. Instead of getting a toy, you get him a box because he's more excited about the box on Christmas time. That's <laughs> well. He he did say he was studying until three a.m. last night. Oh God, that poor guy. I know. I almost want to get. I almost want to get him like an Atham fund 
Because this guy busts his freaking ass off. He works, he washes windows, he does late night shifts, then he studies chemical engineering. He does study, you could see his formula at his house. Um, and it's just kind of like, damn, you know, like if we got like 50 grand together, just here, get your fucking degree done so you could stop doing this window washing bullshit and come play. I admire that guy though. That's I, I admire that work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he busts his ass. And then you know what's great about Atham is he'll always have time. Like he he comes down to Vegas quasi regularly. Uh so he'll make time. But if you go visit him, he'll always take time. You know, he'll always he's always around and so you go you, you may not have all the time in the world, but he'll you know like, yeah, let's go smoke a cigar, let's go get some food, or let's go for a hike. Uh yeah, he, he's he's always there. He's a good guy. All right. <clears throat> More super chats. Um, the last one we have so far is from Joseph Hatchett for $25. Holy shit. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. He gave us a big one, um, last time too. He didn't have a message, but that's a really nice, uh, super chat. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I almost feel bad, but not real. I'll just take the money. Well, I was going to put my thinking cap on. I was getting prepared for a really good question, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) It's kind of like they, they, they throw you a curveball there. You're like ready to swing. Like, oh, uh, no? Oh, all right. I'll just take the money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get through some sponsors here. And then I got uh, – I'm sure we'll have more Super Chats, but we got um, – we actually have a couple of questions to do. Uh, financial Longevity by uh, Daniel – or Daria, Dantarius. Let me get that. Uh, Dan Owens there. Uh, this book is how to get out of debt for millennials written by a millennial whose claim to fame is that he is the only and first millennial to get out of debt after college within a year. Uh, so you can find financial longevity available on paperback and Kindle on amazon.com. We also have a colleague of mine, uh, Joe Cottle or Joseph Cottle, uh, under the crowns and stripes. Um, you could find him on, um, just search Joe Cottle. He kind of meanders across a bunch of different, uh, platforms and social media sites and all that he's What's part the, of the uh, title of that book there i couldn't it's called it. under the crowns and stripes two kings two princes a queen and their american dream i could just read it do you have an american dream politics hardly matters right left socialist capitalist whatever it's hard to imagine that anyone in the united states has prevented the imagination from producing sights and sounds of a better future one in which not only financial security of which is financial security, but comprehensively speaking, personal fulfillment are attained. What about I get, the the font on this is very bad. I can't. It's the color. What about for foreign royalty and nobility? Do they have any use for the American dream? This might seem like a stupid question, at least until the lives of five individuals, two kings, two princes, and a queen, are considered. These five people, separated by time, culture, and national origin, all found themselves in positions of dignity and power one day, yet were forced to live the life of an outcast the next. Each of them made their way to American soil and were confronted with an entirely new situation, one in which no royal court or regal title could grasp what they were searching for. So I think this is actually a, a, a document, like a real, it's not fiction. Um there probably were two kings, two queens, and all that uh, that had to come to the United States for whatever reason. I didn't read it. He just sent it to me because I don't have time. And until it gets turned into an audio book, uh, I'm afraid I won't read it because I'm too damn busy with shit. 
So that's it. Um, and then rdklegal.com. We already talked about that. Visit Russell before and after you get married. In one instance, he'll advise you on how not to get divorced. And the other one, he'll tell you how to maybe likely prepare for divorce. Or if you want to get divorced and you're in the Illinois area, contact Russell over at rdklegal.com. Viva La Manosphere, visit vivalamanosphere.com. That is the drudge report of the Manosphere and Red Pill community. He is the central depository for all uh, Manosphere Red Pill sites, and he updates, I think, every minute. So if you want to get the latest articles, podcasts, and everything, go to that uh, central HQ, vivalamanosphere.com. The Men's Advocate, we already talked about that with Joe. Go to themensadvocate.net. If you are thinking about getting married uh, or you're about to go down that path, sanity is the future of wealth. John, uh, did you ever read that, that article I wrote? Sanity is the future of wealth. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. That's a recent one you sent me. No, I haven't got around to that, but I will read it. Cause I do read, I do read everything you do send me. Right. T- take a look at that. Um, that one I put behind our Patreon paywall because <laughs> it was my heart and soul. It was actually 21 pages. I found out. And it went over like a fart in church. No one read it. So now I'm going to charge you motherfuckers for that. What few people did read it said it was the best post I ever wrote. So I guess I'll well, I, I noticed that's a theme. Some of the stuff, when you hit it out of the park, I'll read these posts and, you know, people don't, I don't know what, they don't want to put the mental energy into it. Like realizing, you know, how much work went into the article. You write these, you write a few paragraphs and like, you know, you'll get millions of views. You write something where you really put time, energy and, and uh, uh, your heart and soul into it. And I was like, eh. You know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I understand it's a time investment. It's an economic decision. People are busy, uh, yeah. but but a lot of the problems in the world, especially the more complicated, more serious ones, is not just a hundred forty four character solution away on Twitter. And um, this one, admittedly, was a. It's it's an essay, a treatise, treaty treatise. Um, and I'm not joking when I say it. And one of these, if you want, you could go patreon.com slash Aaron Cleary. I don't know. I think a minimum donation is like $1 on Patreon and you get access to it. Okay. So, and then you can cancel your subscription if you don't want to, you just, so you can read it and say, Oh, I don't want to contribute every month. Just so you know, it's a monthly donation on Patreon. So just, just to let you guys know about that. Um, but this kind of akin to where I was talking about letting the world punish other people that you don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to spend the time or energy, let alone the legal risk that you're going to go get out of a car and drag Tilly out of that. Cause she was driving in the left lane, which I admittedly, God, I, if I was in heaven, it would be me just pulling over old women and immigrants driving in the left lane too damn slow and beating the hell out of them. That would be my heaven. Uh, but I go to jail for that. So you can't do that. Uh, but along the same lines, I know most people on the, right or even simply the not left uh you look at how the left and especially feminism and to a lesser extent the other isms environmentalism all that academia and all that have ruined this great country and are threatening everything western civilization has worked for you have every right to be pissed off i mean men especially the leftists the government have taken away the number one important thing to us and that is women they have ruined women uh, and taken away that, I don't want to call it birthright, but what is traditionally made and given men point and purpose and reason to live, they have taken away feminine women and replaced it with utter shit and slop. Don't tell me you know this one gal. I know, guys. I know there's some, and there's some great women out there that listen to this show, all five of them. Uh, men have every right. People, freedom lovers, have every right to hate, loathe, and detest uh, the left for what they have done. 
Uh, and you could sit and stew and be angry, or you can read this post and realize, I'm, I'm not kidding, this is the number one thing that will give you happiness and joy in terms of your political life, in terms of your political outlet. And so it is worth whatever paltry sum you got to pay on Patreon or whatever paltry sum I'm going to charge for this essay when I publish it, which should be coming up maybe this week once I get off my ass. Um, it's going to be probably the most important thing you can read, and it will be worth – it's not even the price. I know it's not the money. It's the time, and it might take 30 minutes to an hour to read, which is a considerable amount of time, especially in your busy day. But trust you me, just like all my other books, if you read it now, you're going to have a return on investment of well over a 1,000%. You're going to get 10 times your money back, and you're going to get 10 times the amount of time you invested back, just being happier and more relaxed and just have an improved outlook on life. And I rarely say anything. That, guys, do I say anything this optimistic and hopeful ever? No, no. I'm wondering what no. happened. No. Did someone put something in, the, in your coffee or something? Yeah, are you okay, no. dude? No, no, I'm, no I'm, I'll tell you what. Because I'm a fucking genius, and I sit down and I figure shit out. I am, I am damn good at what I do, and I finally. Because what I'm not. Do you think I like being perpetually angry? Do you think I like being frustrated and pressured and constantly worrying about my future? Where I got, I got to the point where I'm saying, "Damn, my retirement program is going to be the Smith and Wesson pro program." That plan, and I'm fully committed to go through with it. You know, I'm, my John, what's my number one hope for the next thirty years? What's the only thing I require of this civilization? They keep the lights on. Keep the fucking lights on. <laughs> That's how low my expectations are. So it's not like I haven't gone through the dark philosophical trenches of this black pill, figuring it out, looking at what's actually happening instead of living off in these prissy lily white suburbs, going into debt, going into debt, going into debt, hoping that things just change or that Trump will finally build a fucking wall. I don't live in that la-la land. I am there in the fucking front lines, in the trenches, looking this abyss right in the face. So I have gone through to the other side. And I'm like, wait a minute. There is this, I'd say, way more than a silver lining. I'd say a thick platinum lining that is very bright. And it's about the only thing we got. And it will make your life on this planet scores of times more enjoyable and, and enjoy the decline is one thing that's like don't worry about what you can't control that philosophy is certain that will help this one gives you i'd almost say uh, certainly point and reason and purpose to live in the political sense so if you read through it you'll be like oh that's what's happening and by god thank god i'm me thank god i got my good friends thank god i got loved ones thank god i got food clothing and shelter and holy fucking shit does it really suck to be a leftist? If you think the left is not getting punished, you you are horribly mistaken. They may be winning on a political and economic front, but their lives are miserable. They are wasting their lives. And when the day finally comes, whether there's a God or not, you'll be on your deathbed and you'll be like, holy fucking shit, did we win? And that's why you, you're going to want to read Sanity is the future of wealth. When it comes out, and it's already available at patreon.com slash Aaron Claire. But that's that and I'm I'm serious. I'm not I'm not just promoting it. I'm that adamant about the philosophical consequences, ramifications, and lessons to learn from that essay. And it's shit, dude. It's better than anything you're gonna see written at the spectator or the blaze or whatever else. It's it's it is that good.
Well, on that note, uh, for a dollar ninety nine, Joe Jones says the best post that you ever had was "Summer of Fuck You." Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'd be curious what people thought the best articles I ever wrote was. The Summer of Fuck. Interesting. Okay. I got to go back and find that one. I don't remember it. Right. Now, this is this is just my opinion of what I think is the best post, but several other people have said this is the best post. I've had other people say, this is your best post. And I said, well, have you read any of my best of books? They're like, you have best of books? It's like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole fucking slew of other articles you may want to read. Of which, here, I'll pull this up. Here. Love letters to the left. John, if you haven't read all the posts, well, I guess you have. Uh, this one is the latest compilation. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it's more of a coffee table book, but that's the latest one there. I'll put that over there. So, um, so then uh, speaking of books and um, other sponsors, The Pence Principle by Randall Bentwick. That's basically a book teaching you how to follow the Pence Principle where President or Vice President Pence doesn't hang out with women unless his wife is there. And given what happened to Brett Kavanaugh, you guys might want to read this fucking essay. It's, uh, I think yeah, I remember everybody was making fun of him, and then because the, when he said that, then the Kavanaugh thing happened, and people going, "You know what? This guy's pretty tuned in." Yeah, and what's sad? Have you ever read the book, John? No, no. no it's I have. Uh, yeah, you don't. You don't have to read it. It's kind of uh, you guys don't. But if you're a younger guy, I mean. Uh, Randy paints, he, he made, he found some other articles. He found some false rape accusations. He talked about, he crescendos it. He starts where he tells a story of a buddy of his, where this buddy did something truly innocent. And the girl filed a complaint uh, because she felt not safe around him and nothing happened. There wasn't any, they kind of knew this girl was dingy and that's the best outcome. And then he crescendos it. And Kavanaugh's not even the worst. He talks about these two guys that ended up spending, I think, 20 and 30 years respectively in jail for a rape they didn't do until either the gal confessed it never happened or DNA evidence set him free. And you're kind of thinking like, how do you recover from that? A false rape accusation may cost you your entire youth and most of your life. And these guys got released out at the age of like, 52 or something. No, the uh, best years of their life were taken. Well, look at the yeah. Duke, the Duke uh, lacrosse team. Yeah, um, he mentions that. Yep, that's in there in Virginia, University of Virginia, Emma Sokowitz, yep. mattress girl. So he, he goes through all that. But Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that's an interesting case. Yeah, yeah but he 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 he's like, okay, here's it. All right, now here's it. Oh, and if you thought Brett Kavanaugh was the worst, oh no, it gets a lot worse. And so uh guys, just a lot of it is don't, you know those who lie with dogs tend to catch fleas. Don't be hanging out with drama queens and chicks on drugs and shit like that. But just the political threat of where women are increasingly weaponized against men. Uh, you really got to watch, especially you younger boys where you are the, the girls of your age are trained to view you as an enemy and you're an oppressor and couched within that premise. God almighty. I mean, you got to be really fucking careful. And so he goes through some stuff that not too long ago seemed pretty uh, ludicrous. And innocuous, and now it's uh, now it can cost you your career or even your freedom. Yeah, and so now I'm thinking, like, if I were ever go single again, well, one, I don't think I'd ever date again, but two, I'm like, yeah, you damn right I got consent forms. 
You damn right. Yeah, I am going to have a body cam on me. Yes, I am. Um, but it it's um, don't read that book. <clears throat> that will paint a very depressing, sad. <laughs> I mean, read it for the sake. You know, that that's a good book to get a young kid, uh, male especially, before he goes off to college. Um, along with Worthless, I'd say, throw one of my books in there. But yeah, it's it's a sad testament but it's it's kind of i'd say necessary to kind of wake you the fuck up it only takes one it just takes one guys and then you got a whole new world of hurt and there's plenty of stories and anecdotes highlighted in that essay i'll do it anyway so that's uh, the pence principle find that paper book kindle and i think audio as well uh trade the ratio by glorious carl that's for those of you that want to invest in gold and silver so check that out an autistic guy's guide to security um this one actually got pretty high reviews, and uh, I know a lot of you have been told you have autism or Asperger's, when in reality it's just your dad wasn't around, your dad was around, but your mom was an insufferable kuantahaha, and so he was not allowed to be masculine. But uh, whether you actually have that or not, you may want to go buy this book, An Autistic Guy's Guide to Security, written by an autist himself. We have that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to stop cows from farting. <clears throat> you can find that on Amazon.com. That's one of the That's first a great books. title. <laughs> yeah. It's, you didn't know about that. You haven't been around in what? Yeah, so it's written by Dan Permelin. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to stop cows from farting. And uh, <laughs> he analyzes other brilliant quotes she has said. We have Ryan'sColdFire.com. Check out Ryan'sColdFire.com where you can go ahead and get links to and writes and articles. To conservative libertarian philosophical thought, but he also has a photo gallery because he's a photographer. It's a pretty good uh, photo site. The hyphen quintessentialist.blogspot.com. You guys see that uh, Avengers movie yet or no? I haven't seen it yet. Either have I. I, yeah, I, I, I don't really do the uh, super. I, I really don't do movies much anymore. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you could be Chris Beckloff's colleague and compatriot if you don't like the comic books or the. Um, I. I speak. I, I, you know, he, he's only uh, he only has me on there when we're going to talk about uh, politics or things of a political nature. But yeah. uh, I don't, I don't really care about superheroes. Not, you know, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the the Batman uh, movie, the the Dark Knight, that was great. Uh, the first Iron Man, I enjoyed that. But these Avengers and all these Spider Man, no, no, never seen them. Yeah, Infinity Wars was really good, and I was really excited about this. And then Captain Marvel came on the scene. And um, even though they say she's inconsequential to this sequel, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to even see her. I don't want to see Brie Larson. That's that's um, that's enough. I, I don't care. It's like, well, she's got herpes, but she's not flaring up now so you can have sex. Like, no, nah, I'm just not going to. It's infested. It's infected. She's on Avengers the valve yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, gonna rent that one and sit at it and watch it at the comforts of my own. It's a three hour movie too. That's a that's an investment. But um, anyway, so the quintessentialist he does movie reviews. Maybe re uh, read his stuff or check out world class bullshitters if you want a movie review. Academiccomposition.com. Go to academiccomposition.com if you want somebody else to write your papers. That is coming up quickly. Final season is coming up. I don't mean the final four where a bunch of low IQ douchebags watch a bunch of guys run around throwing spheres into nets. Uh, we're talking paper finals season. Uh, so have Alex and his crack team of writing staff write your papers for you. You can also go and work for Alex by going to academiccomposition.com and sending him an email. 
He needs writers always, and he needs advertisers. <clears throat> Gentlemen, do you think this is a fun, exciting job writing Marxist, socialist, leftist, feminist slop? No, but I understand you can make a good living doing it. Um, and a mutual friend and acquaintance of ours is, is uh, I don't know if he works for this particular organization, but has made a good living doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is the other benefit of working for academiccomposition.com? Location independence. You don't have to go into the final writing factory. There's not a factory where you go to write paper. There's not the paper writing factory. You could just do it from the comforts of your own home and send it uh, via email from a beach in Thailand drinking a mimosa. If yeah, I know uh, the friend of ours, he was actually, I think he was traveling to Poland and he was doing it on his laptop while, you know, while traveling, you know, from yep. one Eastern Europe country to another. And he was, you know, Yep. So that's uh, that's it there. MNGoldbuyer.com. Go to MN, as in the abbreviation for Minnesota, MNGoldbuyer.com, and get your gold and precious metals and silver there. His name is Mike. If you want, give him a call, 763-657-7843, 763-657-7843. All right. Any other Super Chats in the Super Chat world? Got a couple more. Um, God damn it. You, you are a stripper, man. John, John, do you know what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. Because About I'm the on. super chats with Chad, do you know this this story? Uh, refresh me. What, what, okay, what, what, well, here's, here's what happens. So I go, I'll go and podcast on my own, all right? I'll get like 2 or $3. I'll have somebody else come in. We'll get 3 or $4. Chad comes in. It's like he's some big-breasted, big-titted redhead. Uh, who's this hottie and people are just throwing fucking money at him, man. Like he's, he's like the rainmaker. Well, Ca uh, Cappy, one of the reasons that is, is because Chad actually will read the super chats. I've been on with you once where it was just you and I, and the super chats are coming in. You're like, yeah, none of that. I'm, I'm talking right now. I'm, I'm telling a story where <laughs> Chad will actually say, no, we have a super chat, you know, so that that's, that's probably why they know that the super chats are going to be read and answered. Well, that's that was, point. that was when I was rookie super chat. That was when I was rookie live streaming. <laughs> I'm very on it now, Yeah. Okay. but no, I, I don't know what it is with Chad. But uh, and it comes from guys like if it was chicks that thought Chad was cute, cool. But apparently the super, oh, we got to go with Chad for super. They're not even super chats. They're super chats now. Don't super you? chats. Super Shaking chats. the old titties, you know. Get get the uh... <laughs> shake that money maker. We'll play that sultry trombone music. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka. Chad can dance across. Chad, don't dance across, please don't. Uh, no, I will not. I might sing, but I won't dance. All right, um, what else we got there? So the question from Ahmed for $1.99, this is actually a fun question. Chad versus Aaron, one, one versus one in basketball. Who do you think would win one-on-one -on -one basketball? I've never played before, so. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You are a 30-odd-year-old American man, right? Yeah. You never played basketball? No, no, no. no. I, I mean, I have played it before when I was a kid. I was on a All team, right. but like not uh, 25 years or something. Okay. All right. Basketball. How accurate are you? Can you can you get the ball in the hoop at all? I was always a good free throw shooter, but I was never good enough to actually take the ball and get fouled to end up on the free throw line. Well, it, it, yeah, but it's just going to be you and me, so we'd be very Seville. Be like, oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Ooh, I'll just dribble around here. Oh, pardon me. We'd be very British. You have, a, you have about, a, I'd say, an inch of height on me, so I'll give you the advantage. 
Yeah, here, here's the problem. My aim is horrible. I used to be okay at basketball, and I started playing with my uh, nieces and nephews. And these kids are kicking my ass, and they're like four. And huh. I, I'd be like, layups. I'm fucking up layups. And I can dribble fine. I can do around the back. I mean, I had some dexterity, but my aim has gone to shit. So if you're doing free throws, honestly, I'd say it'd be a draw. It'd be a tight game. Um, I'm good at horse, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, then I, I'd, I'd have to go with you by a couple points. Like if we were to play to 100, I think you'd win by four to six points. I think I it, mean, would be be zero okay. to zero. it would be zero to zero after about an hour. And then we'd get bored and do something else. <laughs> They'd be like, say, hey, where's Mary Jo and her tits? That's what we're doing. <laughs> She's hey, still in the chat. About, think about this. Who would you have for your cheerleaders on the handful of women that I guess we'd have them all as cheerleaders? Who do you want cheerleading you? Um, hmm. Is your GF on the table? Yeah, we could say the GF is on the table. Yeah, well, we get her and Mary Jo uh, hanging out. No, you get here. one. No, no, no. Okay, we get them all hanging out and wearing heels. <laughs> yeah, fine. Fuck the game then. All right, no. You get to choose one. You get to choose one. Um, She's your cheerleader, not well, not the, your harem. You, you know what? I'm going to say your GF because she's taller than both of us, and maybe I could convince her to come in and sub out for me, and then she would win due to height. She would. She's actually good at basketball. She does. Uh, uh, all right. Non-GF. <laughs> <laughs> Get your own woman there, Chad. Come on. Jesus um, running after the GF. I'll have to think about that one. You know who I'd have on my team? Who? I'd have your ex because it would throw your game off so fucking much. You wouldn't be able. You'd be yeah, wanting to throw she, that basketball at her face. She's about 4'11", so yeah, she would be very effective in that way, if not the playing way. <laughs> I mean, no, she wouldn't play. These are just the these are just the cheerleaders. They they wouldn't be playing. They'd be on the side, you know, go Chad, go, da da da. And I just have her screech at you. You're not a communist feminist. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a I winning just, move, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd be is. pretty distracted. Yeah, psyops, psyops. If I wanted to win, if I just wanted to look at something, I'd have to. I'd probably have to go Jesse Price. I, I got a soft spot for the redheads. I'd have to go with Jesse Price. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Although she'd probably wear her overalls and be all mucked up in grease and dirt, you know, with bloody knuckles coming off the oil field or something. But I don't think I've ever seen her dress like a girl, uh, honestly. I imagine she dresses up her cleans up pretty good. Uh, but I'm just speculating. But, uh, <clears throat> we got a couple we... more. All right, let's go through them. All right. This is this is a good one. Young Sykes for $5 says, Hey, Cappy, I got in touch with Tommy Sotomayor on his oh. live show today, and he said, hit him up, and he'll be glad to do a show with you. How about All that? Right. Oh, hang, yeah. on. hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Put it on the to-do list. Huh. I have he to admit, I've never... He lost his channel, I believe. Did he? I think he did. Oh, I haven't wow. pages, but I think he lost his channel. All right. That's good because uh, he, a lot of people say, hey, you should get on this guy's show. I'm like, I can't just invite myself, you know. That's <laughs> kind of rude. Hey, Cappy, you know, you should do Joe Rogan. Hey, you know what? I should just go to Anderson Cooper and say, hey, have me on, you gay guy who got think by you, on nepotism. You and Adam Carolla would be a winning pair. Let's get you on there. Yeah, yeah I'll just talk to him and Dennis Prager. I'll just, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dennis, I'm a quarter Jew. Come on. Yeah, huh? there we go. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help, uh, help I'm going to do the Luke Ford thing and become Jewish because of Prager. 
<laughs> That's who converted him, by the way. Who what? Luke Ford converted to Judaism after listening to Dennis Prager. Who's Luke Ford? Oh, you don't know Luke Ford? No. You're not uh, talking Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is well, – No, Luke, already- Luke Ford is the uh, – well, it's a long story who Luke Ford is, but uh, he has his own YouTube channel and stuff. He's so. a prolific YouTuber, but very recent. He was – for years, he was a like a porn journalist. Like he covered the porn industry. <laughs> okay. And – Dead. He knew all the big names and you know porn back in the day. He quit that. <laughs> now he's doing the stuff. But he used to have a website and he covered all the inside gossip of porn and, oh, God. and I think he exposed the uh, the HIV outbreak thing. He was the oh. kind of the guy that had all the inside knowledge of how that happened. And you know he was the you know he served a function and a purpose. Yeah, like I mean, he wasn't like writing reviews of porn movies or anything. He was covering the, you know, the 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 politics of it, I guess. Right, the industry publication, Porn right. Quarterly or whatever. <laughs> I I don't know what they call it, but all right, other super chats. Um, now listen, this is a tough one. You're gonna have to really think about this one. All right, Charles Mack for two dollars and eighty five cents wants to know how do I get the girls. John, how do you, let's see how John would get the girls. John, how do you get the girls? How do you get the girls? Uh, well, first off, it's like a restaurant. Location, location, location. Right. So you got to go where they are, too. You have, to, <laughs> you have to stand out, you know, and, you know, and not like a moron, but like you have to be unique. You have to be assertive. Have some balls. Trust me, this is, a, a, you know. Uh, because there's so much soy out there that they're going to notice this. And women's hind brains are attracted to masculinity. They can't help themselves. Wait, John, John, are you saying I shouldn't listen to women when they give dating advice about being (laughs) sensitive and caring and and, and just being patient and and, and, be be myself? Well, you know what? I'll tell tell a a, a quick story from a movie I saw that was funny. It's called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. I love that movie. Great movie, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah, Hang anyway, on, let me mid, put mid nineties came out in the mid nineties. Mid nineties, and there was a scene in it where that little kid is is uh, getting advice, video advice from his father who passed away, and he left all these videos for him. And he says, "Women, huh?" He goes, "Hey, you chase a dog, it runs." He goes, "Treat him like shit." That's how I got your mother. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, I love it. That, yeah, you just basically you got you know another great line from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, an '80s movie. You know, you don't care whether she comes, stays, lays a praise. Whatever happens, your, your toes are still tapping. That's nice. I'm just wondering, like, had I followed that advice, Aaron, just be yourself, and I'd be on the first date. You're either sucking my dick, or you're going to fuck home, or splitting the bill and go fuck yourself. I'm not dealing with this crap. Don't give me your politics. Da, 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 da. Now you want to go out or what? That would be actually me being myself i don't know if that'd be a or here's some here's the advice that I do use. when i date i have i take them to dinner at my house and i and i we cook dinner and i put them to work like you know cutting the vegetables sure, sure. That. and that's good too because it's interactive you're both doing stuff you're preparing a meal together and in this weird psychological way you start bonding also sharing a meal is an intimate act because it's one of only two uh things you can do where you use all five senses simultaneously Mm. Jeez, fucking Plato and Confucius over here of Seattle. 
Yeah. Well, you always you thought I was like stupid. Remember in the beginning, you didn't know know much about me. You thought I was no, and, no, I didn't know. <laughs> I started talking about the. Every, I'm gonna say this again because this keeps coming up. <clears throat> Every good friend I've ever had, when we first met, guess what they thought of me? You were an asshole. I don't know. They hated my fucking guts. Every male friend I've ever had that has been worth of any value hated my guts right off the bat. And then I didn't really care. I mean, I was kind of like, I had no opinion. I, I actually liked some of these guys. And then come to find, they say, oh, well, you had this thing and that appeal. You hated Mike. Remember how you we each hated each other? I'm like, I never hated you. You hated me. I don't know why you did, but then after... Two or three weeks, then we're like having beers and drinking and shooting guns or something. So I, it's a weird, I don't know what I do, but every good friend I've ever had hated my guts at the beginning. Well, actually, I have a theory on that. I'll share it with, I don't know if you want me to share it online. I'll Please, share it yeah, no, we got, I mean, Chad, you got to be anywhere? No. John, you got to be anywhere? Uh, no, I'm not, not immediately. Um, no, mm -hmm. I think one, one of the things about you, Cappy, I like, I think someone asked me about you a while ago and I said, what you see is what you get. And unlike most people, when you meet them, they have like a pretense about them. There's a falseness to them. Mm -hmm. And so like when they first interact with you, you're already who you really are. You're not putting up these, these false niceties and stuff like that. It's the real you right away. And a lot of people that throws them off a little bit, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Cause they're not used to that. It could be, it could be, but see, I, at the same time, I don't, I don't go in when, when you meet someone for the first time, you're not like, Hey, I'm Eric Clary and I'm fucking large and chat. You're like, Oh, hello. Nice to meet you. And then like, we're sitting there talking and you know, you just you keep the conversation. I don't bring up politics, and all, but then I pheromones is something. I don't know. It's, it's uh, I'm not discounting your, your theory, uh, but man, yeah, just, uh, but, oh man, I hated your guts. Why? Oh, I don't know. Well, fuck, what, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. Super chats. Uh, I think we are caught up with all that. Good. I'm going to take another pee break uh, because I keep drinking coffee, which I know is hypocritical and contradictory. Uh, but let's go ahead and take a break. We'll get back. And then uh, I got a bunch of other questions to do. And we'll have you guys contribute your ultimate wisdom to it. Okay. I got to take a break too this time. Let's see who's finishes quicker. Well, I'm going to sing while you guys are gone. I'm not really going to do that. So while while they are gone, any quick questions? Lightning round. Dead air. Mike Oxmall says, Chad, tax shelter ideas. You need to start a business because pretty much everything can be a business expense. Not, I mean, you don't, you don't cheat, obviously, but if you think about it, you know, there's a lot you can write off if you have your own business that are things that you have to spend money on anyway, like a cell phone bill internet bill hell even meals entertainment a lot of times you're going out and eating with clients and you can write that off you only get a 50 percent write off but you can still do it anybody here nope rental depreciation um 
That's a tough one because your rental property is depreciated over 27.5 years. But when you sell a rental property, you have to recoup all that. So you end up paying quite a bit in taxes. So it's a blessing and a curse. Oh, wow. Who qualifies for the qualified business income deduction? That is a loaded question. That QBID was a major headache this tax season. Chad, is it normal to negotiate a 1099 with employers instead of being on a W-2? That depends. Um, if you have a lot of business expenses you can write off, it's probably good to be a 1099, although you are subject to self-employment taxes. But a W-2 is a lot simpler because you don't have to track any of your expenses. They withhold federal tax for you, Social Security and Medicare as well. So it's sort of a pick your poison. What do you prefer to do? Technically, if you're a full-time employee and they're the ones that tell you when to go in and what to do, they're supposed to issue you a W-2. But it's becoming a gig economy, so a lot of people are getting 1099s now. We back? Yeah, I'm back. I had to not only pee, but because it's so freaking cold here, I had to put a bunch. I had to rekindle the fire. Um, and kind of a sad thing because you know I've been here 13 years, getting ready to move and all that. Um, I'm, my wood pile is starting to go down, so I'm gonna have like my last final fire in the WBL uh, before I move my wood burning stove out to South Dakota. So it's uh, um, it's kind of nice. It's really nice when you get this nice little cozy fire roaring on a cold day like this. Though I'm, I could be done with the cold days. It could, it could be 85, and I never burn that fire again. I'll be perfectly happy. You're, when are you going? You're moving to South Dakota. I didn't know that's where. No, you're going. not not yet, not yet. GF's got to work a bit. <clears throat> the game plan is uh, basically build up a position of fuck you, which will take a couple more years, and then uh, I'll go. Uh, winter time will be down in the Southern Command at my buddy's place. And then uh, my the proceeds from the sale of this house will more or less pay for everything, build my new house in South Dakota, which is not going to be spectacularly amazing or anything. It's just going to be a nice house. And then just ride motorcycles and work from our laptops and have afternoon sex and uh, climb mountains and have espresso and do that until I die. That's the, And golf. Sounds like a plan. It's yeah. not the worst idea I've come up with, no. You'd be amazed how hard it is to sell people on this idea. Made sense not, to me. Well, yeah, but just it gets back to our previous conversation we we're having before. Where you you gave me that nice compliment, like I'm amazed you just get up and do things. I'm like, why aren't more people getting up and doing things? And what will happen is I'll tell people this, and I'll, I'll come up with this plan. Or here are my ideas and the thoughts. Like, oh yeah, Kalina. Then when it comes to actual fruition, because I made the decisions, took the action, made, did the work to actually have this become a reality, and then people are just amazed. Like this just happened out of thin. Oh, geez, that's really nice. You get to go golf and do this all the time. It's like, what? what? We've known each other for twenty five years. Where did you think I was going with this plan? Do you think I was saying that just for shits and giggles? Did you not see me living in basements, saving my money, paying off the house? Where, where were you? This you were there. I told you this. Should it be a shock that this is happening? And then people say they want to do it, but then they don't take the actual fucking action to do it. You know, and then they go get a brand new car. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with this? Like, and that that's why I give up. Now I just I'm just happy I got the GF to come along with. These old time guys, John, perhaps you ran into it because you're a little bit older than me. But this, you got your girlfriend to move? It's like, yeah, well, I can't get my wife to move. I know this one guy 
uh, it's a, it's a baby boomer couple. They are in the house that the kids grew up in and it is probably a six bedroom, three or four uh, bathroom house, a true McMansion. Uh, the kids have been out of the house for 10, 15, 20 years. You know why they're still there? Laziness. No, the, the wife won't. The wife uh, won't leave. The wife won't leave. This oh. is where we got children grow up. And then I'm like, it's crippling your fucking finances. And uh, just people get comfy, man. They, I, I think if you look at people's action, that's what action. Fuck words. It's all action. It's all behavior. And if you look at people's action, people would rather be lazy and and uh, I don't. Content is not the word, but they'd rather be comfortable and lazy than excellent, rare, and successful, if that makes any sense. They choose comfort over freedom. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That, that's a better way of putting it. So, but, um, All right. No more Super Chats, correct? We're good on that? Yeah, now. we're good. Yep. All right. Uh, we have some asshole consulting to do, and I told them uh, we so have to that. It. Fucker wrote a whole block text. No, no, I charged him for that and he paid and I gave him more than what I charged him in terms of help because the psychology profession industry just doesn't care to do truth and honesty. Oh, maybe you got to, here's a drug. Well, how's your mother? Oh, it sucks. Oh, here's a drug. That's, that's what you guys pay for. Huh. Um, a very good morning to you, Cappy. John, this will strike close to home. This is anonymous here again, writing to you from Northern Colorado. I came across an article written by the Seattle Times about former Olympian and professional cyclist named Rebecca Twig, link below. Long story short, she used to be a kick-ass cyclist, but is now homeless in Seattle. Over the years, she married at least twice, had a child, majored in computer science, and got a series of real jobs. Apparently, working a regular job was just too much for her, so now she's lost. What bugs me is the fact that the article has glaring omission. Well, Seattle Times, is that the leftist rag there, John? Yes. So it's not journalism. Isn't it owned by Bezos or is that different? No, I don't know if he owns it's the only it's the the, the it, it's Seattle Times, my God. It, it's I mean it, it's left of Stalin for Christ's sake. <laughs> All right. So we can expect it to be pushing a narrative and not ask these critical questions as to why she's not working, right? Yes. I mean, okay. I'm sure there's, I mean, someone who ended up homeless, there's probably substance abuse issues, uh, mental illness, um, uh, something like that. I'm, you know. Okay. I, I just want to know what we're going to be reading. So uh, we'll go to the article here in a second. The Times mentioned she married at least. Uh, <clears throat> what's a relationship like with her daughter? It can't be good because the daughter declined to comment on the matter when the paper contacted her. Where's the responsibility for this human being that Twig brought into this world? There is little mention of her relationships with her exes or other family throughout the article. There seems to be a lot of sympathy for Twig, but not a hint of accountability for actions. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Are we allowing women to have all the benefits of freedom, but none of the responsibilities? We wouldn't let that happen, would we? And certainly not a, a journalist. No, no, no. Uh, which will have ramifications for society, not to mention her daughter. I ask that you read the article and give your asshole opinion. Name a price. So. You'll not only get my opinion, you'll get everybody else's opinion. So you go to the article here, and it just looks like a washed-up homeless baby boomer woman. Short hair, no makeup. Title is, "One an Olympic medalist homeless in Seattle wants you to know. Hey, guys, 
This failure of a person wants us to know something. Okay? We should listen to her because she's a failed Olympic medalist, and she's homeless. I'm all ears. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Twig was seven. She rode a bike for the first time. There were no training wheels, but Twig took off like she'd done in a previous life. She fell only when she realized that she didn't know how to stop and steered into a wall. I took to the road like I was born to it, Twig says today, except for the little part about stopping. I'm not a very good planner. The Seattle-raised athlete went on to become one of the most famous American cyclists in the 80s and 90s. I don't remember her. Do you guys remember her? No. no. I was I was around then, uh, but that's pretty much what all uh, – unless you're like a Mary Lou Retton or a Michael Phelps, I don't remember any of the uh, Olympic athletes. It's, I think it's a, just a pissing away of time to be and go become an Olympian because at best you get gold. And I think you even have to pay taxes on it when you come back to the States. <clears throat> uh, she appeared on cycling magazine covers and sponsored ads and in features in Sports Illustrated and Vanity Fair. But then in 96, she left the team abruptly during the Olympics and the next year retired from cycling. She re-entered the workforce that it didn't work out. So here's a little skip. Um, yeah, what does it mean it didn't work out? Was that because she was caught sniffing cocaine on the job? Yeah, you don't abruptly quit the Olympic team, retire the next year, and then go into the workforce, and it didn't I mean it didn't work out. Like for most of us, it's not an option. Like a job might not work out, but your career, it has to work. Otherwise, you starve or you become homeless like this gal. Uh but this is one of those glaring omissions I'm, su- I'm sure the uh, client wants us to address. Once you've done something that feels like you're born to do it, it's hard to find anything that's a good of a fit, Twig says today. Anything else that feels that way. All right, gentlemen, let's stop right here. <clears throat> what is wrong with being a professional Olympian? It doesn't pay. It doesn't pay. And how long of a career do you think that is? Very short. You're Not also, very long, yeah. Also, an injury can completely end it. Right. So you're not paid. The Olympics is what? It's amateur, right? Like, you can't be a professional. Isn't it like the best amateur athletes in the world? Not anymore. They let pros compete now. Do you remember it started with the Dream Team? And the okay. Best- oh, yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, 92. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm still saying uh, the Dream Team is one thing. You have the NBA to go back to. Maybe hockey is another thing. You have the local uh, soccer as well, baseball. But uh, unless you're uh, Lance Armstrong or uh, – You know what happened to him. He's broke. He'll be homeless too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he saved some freaking money. This gal, 96, she was still in her 20s by this time. and But her expectation – I mean, the the the, the – Seed was already planted that your dreams should entitle you to lifelong employment. Well, I just want to do on my pedally bike all the time, and and that's what I want to do and fuck what the laws of reality or the real world says. And not to mention laws of nature that by the time I'm 32, 33, 34, I'm not going to be able to compete with the 21, 22, 23-year-olds. Yeah, it's a very short window in, in uh, that, that level of, of uh, being an athlete. So, you know, it's... And you can't make millions as a cyclist in the Olympics. Like, if, if you could be like MC Hammer, save your $40 million and not piss it away, fine. You could be a one-hit wonder and live a comfortable life. But she didn't save any. She didn't even make the money in the first place. I think this goes deeper than that, though. I mean, she probably... 
her entire life consisted of training for these this one event, you know, and you can't do it forever. So when it's over, what exactly is your purpose in yeah. life? You guys ever watch like uh, vo- college volleyball or college softball? I watch volleyball for certain reasons. Softball okay. is not yeah, worth I watch watching. Female volleyball. Yeah. Right. Fe- <laughs> female volleyball and fe- female softball. Okay. I understand you like playing the game. Okay. That's cool. I understand you like competition. But then what do you do after that? Like all this time, I mean, you really, really got to like softball and volleyball because there, sh- there certainly is no money in it. The stands are empty in the softball, at least volleyball, obviously for other reasons, not. But you're not making Michael Jordan money playing on the softball league. So all these girls from like, say, 7 to 20 four, 25, however long they stay on the softball team. And then they win the champion in Oklahoma or wherever the hell they play softball. And then it's over. And then you're seeing, then you graduate. What do you, what do you do after that? Like do you keep playing softball. Well, one of my clients who's a camera girl actually played volleyball uh, in high school for what it's worth. Yeah. But then they got to go to another thing in this case, selling their, their good looks and charm or not charm. their good looks charm. <laughs> charm. Yeah. <is> not- <laughs> It's more visual. Oh, Aaron, <laughs> oh, Aaron, you fool. But yeah, I mean, it's over. The volleyball's over, right? And now she got to go make real shekels, right? Yeah, I, she certainly knows how to make them. I'll give her that. She's not playing volleyball. <laughs> Does she make estimated quarterly tax payments like she should? She did this year. There we go. There we like go. everybody else, she listened to me. So. Chad Elkins, CPA to the webcam girl world. <laughs> uh Rebecca Twig has now been without a home for almost five years in Seattle. So ni- 2019, that's 2014. So what was she doing for that interim of 20 years? Oh, here, first living with friends and family, then in her car, then in homeless shelters, and then for a night under garbage bags in the street downtown. She hasn't had a bike for years, and no one recognizes her anymore, she says. Twig56 agreed to share her story to convince the public that not all homeless people are addicted to drugs or alcohol. I call bullshit on that. You just don't drop out and then go into the professional working world and then you it doesn't work out. She she had to have had some kind of drug uh, introduced to her. Yeah. Uh, so she, never got, she never got a job in this time? Is that what that's saying? Well, we'll, we'll go through it, but it's... It's I'm being asked to believe, which I can understand if she came from a privileged background uh, and had this expectation, this delusion. You know, we always feed the young people who follow your dreams and the money will follow. But most of them inevitably know they got to work a job somewhere. This gal seemed like, oh, yeah, I can bike forever. But then there's an abrupt end and exit from her cycling, quote, career. And now it's 20, 25 years later, and, oh, she has a lesson for us. And, oh, no, she didn't do drugs. And, oh, no, this just happened to her. And I I guess the guy's trying to point out something that we kind of already know, that journalists just have no intellectual integrity. Instead of pulling a lesson like, hey, kids, don't do drugs. Hey, kids, cycling isn't a real degree. It's not a real thing. Hey, kids, uh, you got to work in the real world. I guess they're going to propagate the lies like Oprah does and sell to their leftist believing tarred readership that, oh, yeah, nothing's ever your fault. I guess that's what he's going for is like pointing out how this article is. Here's something where a person obviously is fully responsible for their own consequences and and, and situation in life. But they're going to spin it so hard so that people keep subscribing to the Seattle Times 
So they never have to say, oh, yeah, I majored in the wrong thing. I made stupid choices. I slept with five different guys and had six different children from all of them. It, it, and then the sweet juice, the sweet sugary candy is it's not my fault. Is that what we're going here with this article? I mean, there does seem to be a lack of personal responsibility from what you've read so far. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're three paragraphs in and it doesn't make any sense. That's why. All right. Uh. I don't feel sorry for her yet. You know, if, if there's something that was not her fault, maybe it would elicit some, some sympathy. But all I hear is she wouldn't work a real job after being an Olympic athlete. Right. And there's such a lack of information that it shows that this person is not a journalist. This is a propagandist. This is an activist writing this article. They just skipped over two plus decades of time. And now we're supposed to feel sorry for her. It's like, hang on. <laughs> what, what happened here? Um. Homeless people are addicted that many are like her who have struggled with employment and are confused. Oh. As she said she is about what to do next with their lives. She's been confused for 25 years on what to do. She'll, see, this is what I love about homeless people. They are so afraid of work and labor. They will put themselves and their bodies through absolute hell, living in garbage bags and being homeless instead of just going in for a regular nine to five. You, know, you yeah. sleep under a goddamn bridge instead of just show the fuck up on time, take a shower, and serve somebody their burgers. Well, she's going to blame it, or the the author of that article is going to blame it on some kind of mental illness, I'm sure. Uh, funny you mention that. Next sentence. She does not want to discuss mental health, but feels it should be treated more seriously in Washington. There you, know you go. A, you know what a cure for mental health is? Grow some balls? Starvation and poverty. Oh. Like, you'll, you'll wake up. You'll wake up and you're not, not having needle programs or heroin programs. Uh, some of the hard days are really painful when you're training for racing, Twig said. But being homeless when you have little hope or knowledge of where the finish line is going to be is just as hard. <laughs> finish line? The finish line to life is death. That's the finish line. I, on a recent morning, Twig walked into Mary's Place Women's Day Center in downtown Seattle. John, you know where that is? Um, no, you don't scope for chicks. Get your dates down there at the <laughs> Mary's place. Women's day center. No, I, I think a lot of these, uh, they don't, uh, any, anyway, no, I don't, I don't know where it is. I mean, I, I vaguely do, but I don't know exactly. Right. She used to come here frequently after leaving one of a number of night shelters. Lots of women are here taking showers or doing laundry, helping to clean. Take talking with them is better than getting lost in my own thoughts. She said, head white Omoda director of the center walks up. I haven't seen you in a minute. Where are you? Amoda asks on the living room floor. Twig says smiling on a mat. She's been staying with relatives in the area the last few weeks while she recovers from a bad flu. Her immediate family in the Seattle area, including her 18 year old daughter declined interviews for the story. All the <clears throat> circumstantial evidence indicates to me that this woman has burnt all of her bridges. She has exhausted everyone's charity and kindness and is now 100% fully responsible for herself. I got to... Hey, what's her name again? I want to Google her. Uh, G-W-I-G-G. Yeah, the gal's name is Rebecca Twig. I'm going to look up Head White Amoda. That'll be a very unique name to uh, look Rebecca up here. Twig. Let's see. Well, that was her husband. He died at 50. That's right. She was married twice. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Yeah, I already read the Wikipedia article. Short. Yeah, not much here. Hmm. 
Well, there's not much to be said. Where is it? Yeah, the Women's Center is all a bunch of old baby boomer women. Oh, there's James Flynn. Guys, you want to see a a catch for the ladies, the Seattle ladies. Look at James Flynn. (laughs) Liz, Joe, they're all smiling. There's a lot of people working at this shelter. It almost gives me the impression it's a jobs program for these people rather than to help people out. Hidwhite Amoda. Hidwhite is a strategic, forward-thinking nonprofit leader with over six years of nonprofit management training and development experience. She has worked with women and youth experience, homelessness, and mental illness in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, it's good because she she took care of San Francisco. San Francisco's taken care of. Now she's like, well, now that everything's good and kosher in San Francisco, I better go to Seattle. You know, kind of like Johnny Appleseed. I have I have spread the word of Christ here. Goodbye, my fellow and future acolytes. I must go and spread the word of Jesus elsewhere. Shit on the sidewalk instead of apple seeds. <laughs> oh, it's again the black pill in me points out that none of these people are actually there to help bring about any tangible improvement in the homelessness problem wherever they are. They're just there for a paycheck. Uh, brings over six years' experience providing supportive services to low income women and working with people from diverse background in the Skid Row community of Los Angeles. I I just don't, I, we don't have to pick on these people. It's, it's so common overdone. Um, where did the article go? Uh, Amoda was struck soon after meeting Twig in 2017 by how intelligent she was. No, 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 no. The intelligence, you are not intelligent if you're home. You might have a super high IQ, but if you can't figure out that you need to have a job and to eat, I don't care how intelligent you claim to be how fit she looked in sports clothes, and how late she stayed to clean after the day center closed. When Amoda learned who Twig was, she was surprised that this woman, regarded as America's best cyclist when she quit in 1997, is homeless today. I'm still confused, but I'm figuring it out, Twig tells Amoda. Figuring it out! She's still confused and figuring it out 25 years later. Subtopic, I lost my home base. Twig was still a child when she became homeless. What? Uh, she was kicked out of her house at age 15 briefly. Oh, so it could be that you had over strict parents or maybe she was just a rebellious teenager. I'd go with B on that one, but okay. <laughs> a prodigy in academics and athletics. She started at UW at the age of 14, competing in cycling that same year and meddling in national races almost right away. At this time, she was living in Seattle in a basement with her mother and sister. Okay, so maybe the dad had an alcoholic problem. I'm willing to be part impartial. I mean, it could be that the dad was bad. Twig's sister says their mom kicked Twig out. Twig remembers being offered the option to leave it and taking it. She was a few months from turning 16. She rode her bike to the old downtown Greyhound station, stayed up all night, and slept a few hours in UW Library and the next morning before calling her team leader and crashing at his house. The next years, as Twig became a cycling star, were transient. She went to friends' houses, to hotels, on the road while racing. No college. Look, if you were brought, John, you were brought up in a in a poor uh, uh, economically background. Didn't that kind of kick your ass into saying like, I don't want to do this no more, and 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 steal? No, no pun intended. Steal and resolve yourself to to have a job to never be homeless. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a it's fear. It can be a great motivator. Yeah, I mean, when when I was faced with, there's no one backing you up. There's no money back at home. Your parents aren't going to help you. 
it pushed me to make sure this didn't happen. And if she came from such a, a much more unstable background than what I came from, you would think she'd be like, okay, I got to do this on my own. And she has the work ethic to become a cyclist, not to mention the diet. I mean, that's a, that's a huge diet you're eating right there. You'd think that that work ethic would translate that logic would translate into, well, I better get a job and support myself. But somehow that, that is missing in this. Well, yeah, obviously this is mental. There's something wrong with her mental health. I mean, she must have something and, and possibly uh, substance abuse compounded because most mental health issues uh, can be managed. If she, you know, she had a support system, she was around other successful people. Mm -hmm. uh, so if she wasn't a complete, you know, didn't push everybody away, she probably could have gotten medicated and therapy and stuff like that. Cause it wasn't like she was born into this, you know, I mean, she had a great deal of success at one time. Yeah. Uh, she was spotted at, at 17 by famous cycling coach, Eddie Borisus. What's a cycling coach like pedal faster, pedal more. I don't know. Uh, after she won the world championship, he invited her to live in the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs and train for the 84 Olympic games where for the first time women would be comp competing on bicycles. Americans dominated the Olympics that year. Twig won a silver medal, missing gold by a few inches to famous racer, Connie Carpenter. She continued on her way up for the next several years, setting world records, winning world titles, and racing more than 60 times a year. She became known for a competition in individual pursuit, where two cyclists start at the same time on opposite sides of the track, and each tries to catch the other. She's still among the most decorated athletes in pursuit. But the breakneck pace couldn't continue ever. forever. She was married and soon after divorced. <laughs> okay, right there. <clears throat> You have the discipline to be a professional athlete, and you and this is where they really skip over it. And then the, the career didn't work out. She was married and soon after divorced. You could write several paragraphs as to why, uh, <clears throat> but we just go on. She crashed in Texas, broke her thumb, and got 13 stitches in her head. And following year, she felt burnt out. She took a break at age 26, and that year she grew an entire inch possibly because her body no longer had to expend so much energy training. Twig got an associate's degree in computer science and became a programmer for a seaweeds products company in San Diego. See, got the ability, but then on delivery, it just seems to, to fail. Uh, Twig says the career wasn't a perfect fit. Uh, Chad, <clears throat> how fun is accounting? Well... I personally am able to have fun with it, but all in all, it's not something I would do uh, when I'm trying to enjoy life. Yeah. John, have all your jobs been super awesome fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> but now, now, I mean, because there's no drawback being a PI, right? There's well, no drawback whatsoever. Work, Aaron. Oh, you don't? Oh, I thought that you did. Well, whatever your current job is, it's perfect now, right? Well, it's not perfect, but, you know. <laughs> I know. that's. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> What I'm saying, yeah. it wasn't a perfect fit. I no. was the perfect man. It's better, though, better than when I was a teenager washing dishes, though. Yeah, that's true. Shoveling shit was not my favorite job either. I'll tell you this. Being an asshole is better than being a shit shoveler. That's, uh, I was going to say, you have the best job in the world as far as I'm concerned. I do have the best job in the world. It is pretty awesome being me. And even this gets tiring. It's not a perfect fit. Sometimes I have to shower because people complain, did you even shower today? No. <laughs> it's like, can you smell me over the internet? What do you care? I mean, I'll go shower. Don't worry. Uh, 
She quit and started training for the 92 Olympics, winning a bronze medal in the 3,000-meter pursuit after only nine months of training. As she entered her 30s, she became regarded as the best American female cyclist. The break with her career came in July of 1996 at the Olympic Games in Atlanta. After a disappointing start to the game, she left saying the U.S. Cycling Federation was pressuring everyone to recreate the success of 1984. She raced in 97 but placed eighth in the world championships. Well, she's in her 30s by that time. She retired from good, from a bike to a desk. Twig went back to desk jobs in IT, then back to school for massage therapy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Come on. Fucking hell. Massage therapy. So there's massage therapy. Salons, nail salons, right? We could we could include that in there. Um, what else? The article doesn't cover. Actually, she she quit the sport in a huff over a disagreement with her um, trainer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that says she's got a short fuse there. So without any really future thinking it out, she just quit. Right. I mean, you see all this amazing. To be an Olympic athlete takes an incredible amount of discipline, maturity and self-regulation. Uh, but then all these other non Olympic related things, career, husband, family, living court, it's just like, Oh, and then she, Oh, and this bad thing happened to her On to the next chapter. It's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Missing some details there. Yeah. Missing a lot of details. Don't tell me this is society's fault. There's something wrong with this individual. And then to go from it to massage therapy, though, that's just the job where you're just trying to avoid real work in the real world. Uh, it didn't pay enough, and she was offered another tech job. That's the real world trying to tell you something. She married again and had a daughter. It was a far cry from winning medals for Twigs, and beyond that, she said the solitary nature of programming troubled her. Oh, (laughs) boo-hoo. What I do is like 95% working alone. When you're cycling, you're also by yourself, too. You're not chatting with people. I was a big cyclist when I was younger. Uh, I'm, I'm sure all these, uh, Charlie isn't having a grand old time being an IT guy. That's not terribly social. This, this delusional expectation that work should be fun, I, especially when you came, nothing is adding up. She came from a really broken family, but she has the expectations and, and entitlement of a prissy lily white girl from, from every day I need attention. Edinaville. Uh, she'd been friendly, but introverted for so much of her life traveling, according to fellow cyclist Inga Thompson, who traveled and competed alongside her for years. Entering the workforce is hard for anyone that's been a famous athlete, but it can be especially hard for superstar cyclists like Twigs, Thompson said. I, no one, she's not a superstar. No one heard of her. Boo-hoo again. God. As a racer, you're used to having a schedule kind of rotate around you, Thompson said, because you can't overtrain, you don't want to undertrain, and you're able to say, I'm not doing that today, I'm doing this today. And Rebecca, being so highly trained and highly attuned, had the leeway of making those calls. Because previous to cycling and outside of your cycling career, you've never had to make decisions on scheduling. You've never had to allocate or manage your time. It's making it sound like, well, she's a cyclist and she's completely fucking retarded beyond everything else because of that. So she's incapable of doing anything else. Thompson herself has avoided working at a desk. Today she owns a cattle ranch in Oregon where her where she's her own boss. Thompson jokes she's unemployable. What Twig has is a great trait, Thompson said, unless you get into the workforce. Well, everybody gets into the workforce. Twig would like 
would take unspecified amounts of time off and sometimes be unreachable. Once she didn't show up to work for four days, her coworkers called the police for a welfare check according to a family member. Sometimes there were miscommunications. When Twig got back to the office after the welfare check, her phone desk phone didn't work. Scared she was about to be fired, Twig quit. She later learned that they hadn't planned on firing her. Okay, so she makes dumb decisions. She's lazy. She wants to bang on her drums all day and become a, a cyclist until she's 85. <clears throat> And uh, is willing to live in in horrible conditions under bridges in bags in Seattle. Hmm. Think we nailed it? Yeah, well, Chad, you want to read what I put wrote in chat to sum it all up? Yes, John was saying in our group chat here that uh, we we we're not going to know what the real issues at play here are because she left home as a teenager, left pro sports in a huff, has been divorced, and is a single mom, and left jobs abruptly fired and quit so you know if it's if it looks like a rat smells like a rat uh you know you tell me yeah but it's it's a multi-diseased we're not gonna be able to unpack this can of worms this is there's so many things going on here but mostly largely i'd say it's self-inflicted i don't know what's the art well hang on let's uh oh dang it let me find out who wrote this article i mean if we look up this the the author you know, this is not going to be a uh... okay. Scott Greenstone. That sounds like a possibly an alien last name, is it? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Scott is a project homeless producer and engagement editor. All right, so he doesn't have any. Fu- this is just a lazy fuck. What do you? Hey, Scott, what do you want us to learn from this worthless fucking article you just wrote? Am I supposed to feel sorry for her? Am, is this just a a, a, a puff piece? Oh. Person who was a cyclist, the Olympic uh, Olympiad, uh, and now homeless. What do you What do you want to say? What is there a moral lesson? Should we feel sad? Uh, before working at the Seattle Times, Scott was a news assistant at NPR's Weekend All Things Considered. He's a graduate from the University of Oregon. Hang on, let's look up Scott Greenstone. This, this truly is why there's no reason to read the mainstream. There's no reason to pay attention to the news. Uh, LinkedIn. I'm gonna have to log in. Oh, look at this putz! Oh, look at this putz! This guy doesn't have a drop of testosterone in him. <laughs> Say his name again. I'm gonna Scott go Greenstone. Look him up on LinkedIn. Scott Greenstone. Um, intern, engagement editor. Social media coordinator, editorial assistant, major in journalism, I bet. Uh, production assistant, managing producer, <clears throat> all these interns, short little stints, editor in chief at the broadside. Oh, I see him. Ugh. Bachelor's degree in journalism. Go fuck yourself, Scott. Go fuck yourself. Well, he has a 3.79 uh, with his uh, GPA. Which is like, you know, if you get a 3.79 GPA in journalism, that's like being able to wipe your own ass and not get any shit on your hands. That's. <laughs> hey, Scott, Scott, even though you're not listening to me because I'm actually a way better, more relevant journalist than you are, even because I'm not trying to be a journalist, I just shoot out the truth. What the fuck in point and purpose is your life? What the f- that's that's your piece? How does it make it into the, the Seattle? Isn't the Seattle Times that you said that's the premier publication? In or the only publication, right, John, in Seattle? Uh, there was, yeah, the Seattle, there was another paper, uh, th- then they got rid of it. Um, so, yeah, it's just the Seattle Times now. Here's where I like TJ Martinell. 
even though he hogs all the sand in the sandbox. You know what TJ Martinell does? No, he's he was in our chat, by the way. I don't know. He's a journalist. He investigates. He gets data and information. He confirms and verifies the information, and he's intellectually honest. He's not a and, and by the way, uh, Scott. Uh, TJ could bench press you and he could, cause I think he's working out again. And before he went to college, I mean, when he was in college, TJ was benching 300 pounds. Really? Oh yeah. TJ was ripped. I mean, like, and he's the nicest guy ever. He's like, Oh, Hey, and I got my dog and I'm in the mountains and everything's real nice. And, oh, by the way, I could break your leg with my arms if I wanted to. I mean, he, <laughs> He was like, I mean, he's in good shape now, but I think he's getting back into the gym. But at one time, he could bench press 300. And that's why I'm going to listen to TJ because he's intellectually honest. He, he is a journalist. He goes for the truth. He's not, not writing shitty ass puff pieces like this with an agenda that don't even, it's so poorly written. I don't know what I'm supposed to draw from it. And he doesn't have this pathetic soy boy look on his face. Look at this. You guys look at this. Look at this. Scott Greenstone. Go to LinkedIn. Scott Greenstone. Look at him. Yeah, he looks like a. Well, a putz, a putz. It, so there's no journalism going on at the Seattle Times, which we already kind of knew. But my God, what when did he graduate? 2016. So this kid just got pubes yesterday. Why am I going to listen to this idiot on a topic like homelessness and how to solve poverty? Mm, project right. Homeless. Yeah, I'm sure. Just like the gal who worked at the women. Probably one of the reasons this puff piece was written was I, I posted a link in our private chat here is because there was a documentary came out called Seattle is Dying about how the homeless situation in Seattle is out of control. And uh, this they, they pretty much just let the home. It's turning into what San Francisco is, basically. Yeah. And I think that the like liberal agendas like Seattle Times are trying to create more sympathy from the homeless when when people it's really starting to get on people's nerves there. It's just out of control. At, you know what? They'll keep voting Democrat. They will. They're going to keep voting because they don't know any better. <clears throat> they want to be popular. That's that's fine. You guys be popular and impoverished. Um. All right. Uh. Let me go here. Chad, did you get the email I sent you? Yeah, that was the one I was asking you about. It's it's big block text, right? I know. I, that's why I'm thinking you're either trolling me with this or you actually want to answer it. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to answer it. John, are you aware of Chad's visceral hatred of block text? Ugh. Oh, I didn't know that was a, that was a, is that, is that, that's your uh, kryptonite, huh? Well, it's because the clients that send me emails and you know, unlike Cappy here, I actually have to respond to them. They, there's, they seem to be allergic to paragraphs for some reason. So when I see these asshole consulting ones he gets, it's just, it, it triggers me. <laughs> yeah. And I used to hate him, John, because I too hate it because usually it's an indication the person sending the email is lazy and they're not going to take the time to organize they, their thoughts. And what they do is they just barf out words without trying to make it digestible for you to read and, and understand. They're very poor communicators and they're essentially unloading the extra work of interpretation and trying to understand what they want to say unto you. So then right. it requires more emails and exchanges. And basically my price is double, even triple, if you're going to do that to me, because it now takes me more time. now. To, but I've learned to embrace these just pure text with no paragraph emails because I'll just take a picture of it and text it to Chad 
and Chad turns into a rabid pit bull and it makes his day that much worse. So it's actually worth it on my end to agitate Chad with these things. Yeah, you did it yesterday and I was so appreciative. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't getting rained on or wind blowing in my face. Or you know what I charged for that one? You, you told me it was like 250, 250 right? 250 bucks and he paid. You just got to charge more, Chad. He paid? Wow. He paid. And I'll, I'll tell you this, I helped him out more than anybody else would. Did you do the video yet? Or? I got a, uh, a great idea for you. I think it's a great idea. Maybe not. Um, have a specific form that they fill out. A doctor they- recommended that. And uh, same thing. It, it, I might. I might. But it's not that bad right now. This is like one in every 40 emails I'll get is one of these deals. It's not that most people will send me a logical, concise, clear, succinct email and so it works. It's not really where, but if it ever becomes more of a problem, you know, cause Lord knows Gen Z coming on board, how shitty their education is and how poor their writing skills are going to be. Um, maybe I will have to do that at some point in time, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of like agitating Chad. I'm starting to get used to this. Like, you know, once a week, take a picture. Hey, Chad, what the fuck got that? Right. Fuck. Yeah, I've learned to uh, I've learned I've learned to play it up for you because even though you're trying to make my day worse, I try to give you that as a gift to make it that much better. <laughs> it was genuine yesterday, though. You don't do that on a rainy, cold Monday. <laughs> no, no. Um, let me go through this uh, string of text. I'm just we'll bang it out of here. Uh, we'll continue on with super chats if there are any in the room, and then the rest yeah, of the sponsors. Yeah. Plus, I got fucking fam hell to go through um dude if i if i leave it's only going to be for like 30 seconds i might just have to call someone it'd be very fast yeah go go ahead uh well you know what let's do that while you're gone let's go through a fan mail johnny want to help me with fan mail where people sing my praises and tell me how awesome i am here I'll, i'll be right back sure okay uh hi aaron just to recap i've communicated with you in the past as i really enjoy enjoyed your buzz aldrin article and previously invested in one of your books. Also, our company did a quick and dirty $100 asshole consultant request with you last November. I read your entire response to the owners. I read your entire response to the owners of the company late last year. So this guy, I remember this now. This guy hired me out. He wanted some advice on his company. I won't mention who because I don't want <clears throat> to get them in trouble. And um, they had a financial, not problem, but a fork in the road they had to figure out. So he read my entire response to the owners of the company late last year, our annual board meeting, and we ended up following your advice. It was a fabulous $100 investment on our part. I want to point out how truth is always a great investment, no matter how much I charge you, and that I would make a great corporate uh, consultant. We even changed the name of our company with the state of California from one name to another, as it allowed us to move away from military film into other areas of business. Anyway, I meant to email you a thank you a while back, but as you well know, life has a way of jamming up a schedule. The reason I emailed you now is because of your Admiral Stockdale video. As I mentioned previously, before I went to MIT and Columbia Law, I was a U.S. Navy diver and SAR swimmer. My ship, the USS Avenger, was sponsored by Admiral Stockdale's wife. The sponsor is the person who breaks the champagne bottle on the ship when it is commissioned. Uh, John, do you know about this uh, Admiral Stockdale guy? He was the uh, vice presidential candidate uh, for Ross Perot in the right. election. Right. And not only he, that, but this- he was a POW in uh, Vietnam and 
I think he spent seven years in a POW camp. Fascinating life this guy had. One, this guy, if you took one cell of his toe and like the calloused part of his toe, not the good part, if you took one callous cell of this guy's toe, it has a billion times more masculinity, heroism, and testosterone than you, me, Chad, and all the other guys listening combined. That's how much of a badass this guy was. Yes, fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, and I think uh, Medal of Honor winner as well. Uh, we would say earner. Uh, during deployment in 2001, we stopped at San Diego and, as was custom, invited the ship sponsor and her spouse for lunch as the guest of honor. Attached to this email is a picture of me with Admiral Stockdale. It's one of my most prized photos. So I guess I'm one of the few of your viewers who actually had a drink with someone you profiled on your Clary test and who also got a perfect score. And, yes, the five, five of us who dined with Admiral Stockdale – and his wife on the ship that day said very little, and we listened intently to every word Vice Admiral Stockdale had to say. Uh, th- and I won't mention his name, uh, but that's an awesome story. I'm going to save that. They'll go into the box of mementos. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool to meet. I mean, he's dead now, but uh, <clears throat> that would be one badass motherfucker to meet. Yeah, that would be someone you'd really want to sit down with and just have a beer and just listen. Yep. Uh, another one here, Aaron, enjoying the enjoy the decline made me realize it wasn't just me hating life more and more every year since 2006. Curse of the High IQ also made me cry while reading it at a few spots because it made me realize where I stood in the game of life. I cannot recommend that book enough. I, I can't recommend all my books enough because until I make billions of dollars on them, they won't be enough. But <clears throat> I can't recommend that one enough more than I can't recommend my books enough of others. Uh, but your new book, Bashing Millennials, may just be the best bowl of warm chicken soup on a rainy day for my soul that you've ever served up. I graduated high school. I graduated from high school, boys and girls. There is a prepositional phrase that is required. You graduate from high school. I graduated high school with 10000 in the bank, even played sports, was pretty popular with everyone, bought a house a few months after turning 21, and have always been pushing myself to grow as a person and be aggressive about where I wanted to go as an adult. But holy fuck, Batman, this is not the future I was promised. Every young boy was promised girls that could that could look hot wearing tool belts and instead got tatted up fatsos who accused <laughs> them of trying to fuck everything. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> as a teen, I thought, how will I choose just one? Now it's E, none of the above for the most part. <laughs> Every boy dream of having a solid crew of brothers to go through life with, adventure with, and go out with, and hunt females with. But honky, please. Honky? I don't know. Is this guy black? But honky, please. We got PlayStation. Oh, I see. He's quoting guys. But honky, please. We got PlayStation and alcohol to drink at home. We can't be bothered to be social or, God forbid, go near exercise equipment that just might fix our self-confidence and apathy issues. I think he's talking about the neats. Uh, overall, it's a fucking mess trying to be alive and thrive with such tool bags. I graduated in 2005 <clears throat> and thought I'd have the life and girls portrayed in Maxim Magazine, FHM, or Stuff. You guys remember Stuff? I don't remember Stuff. I remember FHM I remember, and Maxim. Yeah, I remember Maxim. I used to read that. That was it used to be a great uh, – that's back in the days when they had magazines. What uh, – is Maxim even a thing anymore? Uh, it's probably just online. Yeah. They still do a top 100, but yeah, it's all online. 
Uh, or I had the types of girls seen on dating shows like Blind Date or The Fifth Wheel to experience life as I searched for the one. What the saddest part of it all is, it really didn't have to be this way. No, it didn't. But the boomers chose it, and you millennials believe to believe it. Not you, my fine good sir, but your generation as a whole believed in sweet lies. But the world is now in the hands of male and female quantahas, and he didn't say it that way. So please, Mr. Clary, I full-heartedly give you my blessing. Shit all over my generation, Jesse. And don't worry, Jesse, I will. And it won't be opinion. It will merely be fact. Because your generation is indeed the worst of the three. And all three are pretty fucking shitty. So we got that there. Um, That's long. That's long. Want to do a a couple super chats real fast? Yeah, let's do that. And then we we got other stuff. We've got a busy day here today. Maybe we'll break our record with Super Chats, Chad. We had, do you know how much we made nominally on your one show? What did it calculate to? Because there was some foreign currency there. Yeah, $210. Really? Yeah. We just the other day we made that much? Yeah. Now Google, Damn. of course, gets its percentage and I, I give you your cut. But yeah, we had two. And you should see the analytics. We do pretty good. It's a $60 day. Hey, okay, it's $10. And GT gets pissed off. And I'm like, dude, free sandwich. And he's all angry and he wants his blood shekels. But then there's this big jump up to 210 I'll send you the screenshot. I'll send you the Yeah, I want to see that. Well, that was, I mean, half of that was arcadey being like way too generous. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. But All right, what do we got? Uh, so Bacon is back. And, oh, um, Bacon. For $2.23, he says, Seattle Times equals avocado toast. Hashtag Seattle is dying. Maybe John agrees. Yeah, and he's probably referencing the documentary. It was done on uh, Como News called Seattle is Dying, and the link to it is in the... Oh, you linked that. Yeah, I saw that. That's what you were linking. Okay. Yeah, it's called Seattle is Dying. And it's Check about- that out. We'll have, we'll have Bacon on as well for uh, <clears throat> the Seattle. I don't know what we're going to say about it. What do you say? Hey, a bunch of guilty white people keep voting in Marxist shit because they want to be popular, even though it's going to ruin their finance. I mean, what, what else are we going to say? I- yeah, there's not the, I mean, it's, it's dying. That's all there is. Just, I, I'm just, I'm going to get out. I just, I'm stuck here for reasons I can't get into now for at least uh, about 18 months. And then after that, I'm out of here. Can you just sell and go rent in the meantime, capitalize on the hot market and then. No, because the, the building I'm get, I live in is going is in the process of being resurfaced, reskinned. You know the oh. so it's there's going to be a construction project that's going to last approximately uh, sixty weeks. Okay, all right. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say. Stupid liberal white people going to stupid liberal white. What what else is there to to really beautiful do? weather? Yeah, like twenty days a year. I know. Yeah. <laughs> if it's anything like Portland, oh my god, uh, Seattle um, the. the I will say I've lived here for a long time now, over 20 years, and the weather has gotten better. Um, we're get, we have more like four seasons now than we used to. We used to just have uh, our four seasons used to be rain, rain, still rain, and then summer. And uh, now it's, you know, we get snow in the winter and we get spring in the summer. Like today, it's going to be uh, 65. That's not That's bad. That's not bad. Sunny. That's real yeah. nice. No, it's much nicer now. I mean, I need air conditioning now, and I never did when I if just for the summer. I never did when you know the first five or six years I lived here. Yeah, I'll tell you this: not to keep harping on Seattle and Washington, but it is true. But uh, TJ, you know, speaking of taking action and moving, T, again another reason I like TJ. I know we 
give him guff for his shitty quality and taste in women. But <clears throat> aside from these gaping flaws that he has, uh, there's a kid who's got hustle and will take action. You know, so he moved out uh, to Cascadia. And that is some beautiful area. Although this past winter, he was he just got cold and snow. I'm in Vegas laughing my ass off at him. Him and him and Atham, those guys are mountain men. They're just stuck up there in the mountains. And uh, oh, that's the one job. You can get you can get some serious snow there. I mean, oh it, yeah, it's, it's it's bad. Atham was sending us pictures. 14 feet of snow, so the big ass snow trucks would come through, and he's just standing, and there's more than twice the height of snow, just a pure wall of snow that he's standing next to. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, it's got to be like the Somalis when they come to Minnesota. Here's this poor Mexican guy where the weather is beautiful, and he's stuck up. <laughs> Like a mountain man, like a Nordic skier. It's great. Uh, do we lose Chad already? No, no, I'm oh, here. I just keep getting – it's fine. All right. What else do we got for Super Chats? Oh, you're going to like this one. I like um, Bacon for $5.56 sent a very big block of text, which I'm going to attempt to read. <laughs> so, so let me give this a quick shot here. Okay. Hey, Chad, I'm homeless in Seattle, and I need my W-2s and 1099s extended because avocado toast and Seattle latte combo lunch are 25 at happy hour, and singing Bicycle by Queen pays $14. Man! (laughs) Woo! We got to give a shout out. Hey, did you listen to his more recent podcast about the vegan girl? No, I haven't had a chance to do that yet. He's he's having. Oh, I I do want to tell uh, because he he donates regularly to the show, so I'm going to plug his site not only because out of guilt and shame, but also because it is good. Uh, he's got a really good podcast. Uh, John again, kind of listen to him. You know, he just rambles and talks about his life and all that. If you're having trouble with Gold Wave, which he is having trouble with, try and reinstall it. And if you have Windows 10, that might also be a problem. If that's not working, try Audacity. Uh, instead of trying to troubleshoot out Gold Wave. I've never had trouble with Gold Wave, so maybe it's giving you a little bit of guff. Um, and then for uh, microphones, yes, drop the money on a Blue Yeti mic, but you don't have to drop that kind of money if you don't. There's some perfectly good uh, microphones you could find on Amazon that are mid-grade. Um, all I ask is what I ask of all the those in the listening audience is that you buy it through my Amazon affiliate program, which you can find at olderbrother.com slash donate. There is a link there to my Amazon affiliate program. All you do is click on that first, and then you go buy all your shit. So if you could, please kindly go do all your Amazon shopping through that. I don't expect to see the purchase of my there, Bacon. What's Bacon's uh, website again? The goddamn Bacon, not the goddamned Bacon. The Bacon is currently in the process of being damned. Right. <laughs> it is currently being damned. It is not it has not been damned in the past. It is currently being damned. So it's the goddamn bacon. That's what it is. Okay. That's it. No more super chats. Yeah, I think we're caught up. Um were you did you want to read that big block text? <laughs> yeah, cuz I want to get it out of the way while we're here. Okay. And then I could then I could go play with my nieces later on like I'll not have anything to really do. I can hit the gym and I get to play with the kids you know what's awesome about little nieces uh they're nice they're nice they're excited about everything and uh they don't care about the toys that much as much as it's something new and different and they love my truck my shitty ass truck because you know what uncle aaron did with them (laughs) what did he do 
he put him in the back of the truck. I put him in the truck truck bed and we just drove him around the parking lot. <laughs> and they thought that was the coolest thing ever. So now I go in there. I, I go to throw him in. I don't care if it's raining or whatnot. Go throw him in the truck. I'll be in the back. The GF is going to drive. We're just going to drive around the parking lot with them in the back. They thought that was the most exciting thing ever because we were riding around and they had smiles. And for like 30 cents of gas and 15 minutes, they that was that was the greatest thing ever. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, Let, uh, you know why I'm interrupting you. Another super chat. Another two super chats. They're quick. You shake your money maker, Chad. You just shake your money maker. Well, they're from Nick and Bacon, so you know they well, that love doesn't all count. Of us. It's still shekels. No, they I love care. all of us. I'm not no. responsible for this. Um, for two dollars, Nick says, "Cappy, tell people to review Reconnaissance Man because it helps with the ads." Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he knows that stuff. So Reconnaissance Man. The one that everyone keeps asking me the advice about, and I say, did you buy this book? And they say, no. Uh, so there's obviously a demand for it. That is the worst-selling book I have. So I hired out Nick to do his digital marketing magic, and, of which I don't understand the algorithms and the SEO optimization. That's why I paid him to do it. And so I guess it helps then if you write a review and give a star rating on Amazon of Reconnaissance Man. So I know a lot of you have bought it. You didn't write a review I understand that's asking you for a fair amount of your time. You got to log in and think of something to say. I understand that. So it, it's it's the time. It's not the money. But if you want to help out and help with the statistics and the algorithm, make that a better seller. Uh, if you have bought it, write a review uh, over on Amazon.com. And then do that for any other of my books, I guess. I thought it was just people say, oh, it's got a thousand reviews. And they say, oh, that's a, a proxy for book sales. But I guess there's other reasons to do it. Cool. Um, all right. Well, we got another one from Bacon for $2.06. And he mm -hmm. says, Glad Steel is out of hiding. See you for the Pacific Northwest live stream. You guys really ought to do that sometime soon. Yeah. I, so who would that that'll be a TJ, him, and myself? No, we Nick. can't have TJ. will be all over. I'll okay. do it with TJ independent. Yeah, but we'll have Nick, Bacon, <laughs> and you. Um I'd like to get my ex-lawyer on. She is great to have on the podcast. The problem is she is a very gainfully successful employed woman, and I do not want to ruin her career or her reputation. Uh, but, <laughs> Being associated with you would ruin someone's reputation. Well, here's here's what I like about her. I can't mention her name. She's one of the coolest gals ever. Um, but kind of like Mary, imagine a mean, pissed off Mary Jo. Okay. No such thing exists. No, I know, but that's why I'm saying. Imagine a mean, pissed off Mary Joan. That's my lawyer, and she she's like an older sister, and she hits me, and she curses at me, and and like, what stupid idea do you have now, Clary? No, you're not going to do that. You dumb silver moron. dollar bikini. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, that was a great idea, and, <laughs> and there was nothing wrong with that. There was no legal consequence. It just I, okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna defend myself again on this. You know what, Silver Dollar? That even though I made money on that, by the way, I didn't lose money. I know I I'm money just on your game. I didn't make enough money, but you know what? The real value of Silver Dollar Bikini taught me, and I'm being 100% deadly serious. Whoa! Enlighten us. Just what a small percentage of people who claim to be on the right are completely worthless hypocrites. 
because there are all these guys who claim to be alpha males and they got their wives trained and the women want to be hot and they want to be conservative, but they want to buy silver. So I thought there'd be at least a hundred sales, you know, like, oh yeah, all these guys got their wives and the wives like the men and, and it's the tradition. Nope. Mm -mm. People I could have swore would buy it because they were the alpha male. That. Nope. And then you found out, oh, you guys are paper alphas. And this is all bullshit. And you just say that on the internet to make it happen, to make it seem like it. So when it actually comes down to, to like, hey, wifey, poop, put on this hot little thing. She's like, go fuck yourself. I'm in charge here. Oh, by the way, I got your application to have your balls released on October 27th, 2021. No, that won't be happening. My mother's coming to town. You're taking us out for brunch. <laughs> So for all you hypocrites, you frauds out there, thank you for letting me know that I'm just going to be a lone wolf when the the economic crisis happens. I can't rely on you people. You all have to get your wifey poo's permission. You're all a bunch of paper alphas, and you're all sending your daughters and your sons to these liberal arts colleges, and you're all cucks. All right? So that, that's what it taught me. It taught me to rely even more on myself and have no hope for the right ever getting the hell out of here or actually making some kind of difference. Yeah. That's it. All um, right. This is the last time. I'll be right back. <laughs> this is getting... I'll tell you what's... Who as soon is as I it? Get, I'll tell you as soon as I get back. All right. Well, John, should we do another fan mail, huh? Yeah, go for it. All right. Quick points. I gave a shout out on... Oh, this is from... Uh, oh, this I got to read. That, that That's about the thing. Now. Let's get that. That's a long one. Get this one. A very good morning to you, Cappy. This is Anonymous here again, running you from Northern Colorado. I came across, uh, oh, this is a separate, oh, this is the same one. Never mind, we did that one already. Look at me catching up on all the paperwork. <clears throat> Hello, Clary McBeal. I have watched your videos religiously since around late 2015, but it took a while before I really understood how true some of the things you say are in your videos. Everything I say in my video is true. Perhaps a little bit uh, hyperbolic for effect, but everything, the seed of which I sing is, is always true. <clears throat> Allow me to exemplify. I'm a 24-year-old German who started studying international business in 2016. During the first part of my study, I got interested in the topic and idea of entrepreneurship. I had a few months programming experience then and got it into my head that I was going to start a company. However, qu I quickly realized that I was in over my head and that I needed to acquire more tangible skills whether I wanted to go into business for myself or not. So I kept programming. Fast forward to the end of the first year in business studies, I was taking HR and organizational psychology courses and was so jaded and dissatisfied that I dropped out. I switched my major to business information technology. This is a very strong technical orientation at my school. We share half of all courses with computer science and do the same math in the first year. I felt like a loser because I was already 23 at the time and yet so far from being accomplished as I thought I would be when I was younger. John, what's wrong with this negative assumption here? Well, he's not he's still very young, 23, but Yes, imagine being 43, you just recently divorced your husband and you're going to go back to school to get your master's degree in sociology. So imagine your 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 hoo-ha downstairs is starting to get the gray pubes, and you're going to reshove your head back up there where Oprah resides, and you're going to go into $150,000 in debt at the age of 43. So it's good to find out these problems. You are not a loser. No one, no one bats 1,000. Who, who makes a mistakeless life? You're going to have to go back and repeat some things. At least he's realizing this now. 
Yeah, I mean, he's so far ahead of the game. I'm actually a lot of people who write to you are, you know, above the average anyway. You know, like they think they're in worse shape than they really are. I mean, God, you're 23. I mean, you're 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 a puppy. Yeah, but then I'll admit a lot of them are very hard on themselves too, which is good, which is good. But sometimes you can be too hard on yourself because you lose the context. It's like, oh, okay, my I know a guy who graduated at 22. Well, yeah, he probably had parental help and a dad that fucking sat him down like, hey, we're going to learn a program. I mean, you, you, you're not going to always be number one. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Why was I this old already? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, kid. Uh, I don't want to mention his name. It's over, man. It's 23. You might as well put a bullet in your yeah, head. I mean, yeah. it's over, it's man. It's a retirement plan. There's no future. <laughs> hey, I got news. You know, it's a fact that the male brain doesn't even completely finish developing till 25. For fuck's Right. Sake. Right. I, <laughs> I missed the beginning of this, and it sounds we got really a, strange. We got a guy from Germany who wanted to become an entrepreneur. And he majored in business information systems. So he had to take some business classes. And then he realized it was an HR and organizational psychology. And he realized just what a bunch of bullshit it is. So he dropped out. And now he is lamenting and, and ruining this fact that his life is over because he's already 23. 23. He's so old. <laughs> Dude, I went to grad school at age 29. I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> So, and then here's the next paragraph. Why was I this old already? Well, to keep it short, from 16 to around 20, I was pretty depressed for reasons that go beyond the scope of this video. Ultimately, I voluntarily hospital. I was voluntarily hospitalized for six weeks and diagnosed with major major depressive disorder. I'm going to call that you just didn't have your dad around and you didn't go kick your ass enough or work out or run. I did not care about life at the time and was doing drugs in copious amounts. Well, there's maybe a problem. And of every sort except heroin. During my stay in the hospital, they had me take an IQ test. It came out as 94, which is not possible. Why, gentlemen? What do you notice about this letter? Ah, it's he. It's formatted in paragraphs. It's formatted in paragraphs. You cannot have an IQ below 100 if you use paragraphs. <laughs> People tell me they they think I'm higher than that and... People tell me they think I'm higher than that when I tell them. I like to think think so, but I also know that I am not 130 genius or something, and I have to work with what he's German yeah. with what I have, no matter what. So I never cared to finish another 30 to 45 minute test online. So you test for shit, and then you equate that to having a low IQ. That is not. <clears throat> you just got to take it. I also thought I had a hud to hud to hud, which you don't which I later realized was just a perfect, easy excuse for a lack of discipline and agency on my part. Just like every other fucking millennial and Gen Z are, I might add. Although, and for all you parents that didn't want to parent, didn't want to spank your kids, didn't want to raise them, didn't want to discipline them, just all money-loving cake. And then you say, well, our child is a fucktart because she's got the head-to-head-to-heads and the Asperger's and the all. No, it just has shitty parents. That's it. The number one cause of Asperger's and autism, shitty parents. <laughs> Some are legitimate. I know two people in particular, fans of mine, friends of mine. Uh, they actually have kids that actually have the disorders. I've seen the kids. I'm like, okay, that ain't fucking normal. Something's off there. But the rest of you kids in privileged, you know, la-la land, you're shitty parents and you're not raising your kids. They don't have Asperger's or autism. So, yeah, this whole ordeal basically sent me back two years in total. Further details are not relevant. Coming back to my study, the first year really kicked my ass. However, I made it 
on my last leg, and in the end, I felt accomplished and more competent than before. Yeah, plus you stopped doing the drugs. I had never tried in math prior to that because I thought I would not need it. So that really put my face into the grindstone, as you would put it. Fast forward to now, I am in my second year. I've quit all drugs. The only thing I really did regular was nicotine, which I am fully free for almost four months now. It was the hardest out of all to quit by far the year. Before that, I mainly only drank or smoked weed. Smoke weed every day. I also got a different group of friends that actually have an ambition and do stuff except get wasted, unlike the people from my old study. I worked manual labor for a few months. It was not that easy to find something, which also offers me flexible hours. Still feeling like a loser that's behind for his age. I thought I must get some experience related to my field of work. I managed to get my first programming side gig last December. This February, I got a second one working for a company that develops an enterprise resource planning system. Even though I feel I am still behind the curve and there are a lot of things to improve still, I'm quite proud of my progression this last year. You know what's, what is his number one progression? His career just kicking the drugs out and changing his, his life? The latter. The latter. By far, dude, because now you're capable of probably doing anything. And I just want to say, uh, before I forget, that being in a depressed state uh, affects mental acuity. So I would retake that IQ test because he seems a little bit more lucid than a 94 IQ person. Yeah, well, and here's the other thing. If you're doing every drug except heroin and you take an IQ test, uh, yeah, you're probably not going to score the best. And if you're lazy and you didn't try and you blamed it on the hood, hood, hoods, you're probably not going to – and you didn't stick around to finish the test, you're probably not going to – if you actually sat the fuck down and took the test, I guarantee you're going to get a more accurate assessment of your intelligence and thus your capabilities. <clears throat> I don't work full-time next to school programming is hard though so i might quit the job and go raise awareness about my passions just kidding calm down ultimately i want to say thank you so much for your advice you really affected my life in a positive way so, guys do you think truth or pretty lies helps people in the long run hard truth baby hard truth oh i wonder ladies especially since you're lied to the most it's it's like this what's going to help you out the most soft pretty lies or hard crushing uh, truth which one's gonna help the women out more guys truth well, yeah just like soft soggy dick or hard throbbing cock which is gonna help you girls out more <laughs> just wondering ladies be gentle <laughs> no all right okay calm the fuck down let's get serious now um Ultimately, I want to thank you so much for your advice. You really affected my life in a positive way. Taking responsibility for everything and facing my own laziness is the most helpful thing I have ever done. I also learned so much from your videos in terms of realistic job expectations, finance, economics, minimalism, and so on. I don't know how long it would have taken me to figure all this out on my own and almost feels like an unfair advantage in some way. Yes, truth has an amazing advantage of those living in lies. Just look at the homeless woman that's living under the bridge who has all the capacity otherwise. However, when I try to pass on this advice, I am not really successful, for example, with an acquaintance who studies biologies for reason you already explained. Uh, it feels a bit like I am a guy in a war movie hiding behind some cover, seeing people to the left and right of me getting hit and stepping on mines while they charge, while they change in a charge in a direction. And that's the it cut off there. So I will save that. Thank you very much, our fine friend from Deutschland. <clears throat> Pretty good English, too, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, this guy's way ahead of the game. I mean, yeah. he's bilingual. I mean, he seems to be he seems to be kicking ass now. 
Um, you know, he's working and going to school um, and, you know, really has it together. And also it's, you know, he quit the drugs and changed his social circle. And that's like uh, people who relapse. Uh, that's where they screw up is they don't change their social circle. I had a, uh, my roommate back in New York was uh, a recovering addict, uh, alcoholic and drug addict. And uh, he, he said that that was his biggest thing was he had to avoid all the former people that he used with. Mm-hmm. That's that's the problem I face with drinking is it wasn't a social group. It was just me. It was a social group of one. I'm like, hey, what's up with work? I worked out. Let's go. Well, they well, they, I think they call it people, places, and things like that are triggers, whatever it was. So yeah, you have to you have to substitute one with the other. You know, I didn't know you were that big of a boozer, but oh, dude, yeah, I totally was. Yeah, um, and and I oh, okay, maybe not. You know, you you hear stories, man. Like people are throwing up blood, uh, and and then they you know some people like they pass out and they don't know where they were for three days. I'm like three days. Like I think the worst. I think I blacked out for three minutes one time, and I remember people saying I was unruly at a party or got got a little too loud. But I I can account for where I was for three days. Yeah, so. Uh, Oh, I got one. I got one. I read uh, what's his name is uh, what, was it Duff McKagan? He was the basis for Guns and Roses. I'm mm-hmm. sure Guns and Roses. Uh, he's from Seattle originally, and um, he actually drank his own vomit Ugh. to get oh. alcohol because it had alcohol. Yeah, yeah. That's you know that's where I kind of <laughs> I kind of lose it. Like I I have stories of like oh you got a little bit too handsy with a girl. Or, uh, oh, I probably shouldn't have been driving. Uh, one time I did pass out drunk, but I think everyone has it in their 20s. Uh, you know, then hangovers from hell. But no, I haven't gotten to the point that I'm drinking my own vomit. Uh, hey, do you remember uh, what it was like the first time you visited Chicago when I was here? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even that bad of a hangover. I was kind of like, oh, man. That is- oh, that was rough. <laughs> it's Bro, so you know fucking. going to cure a hangover? Hair of the dog? No, no, no. Saline IV and oxygen hits. Yeah, but you got to have like a you got to have a hookup for that. You got to have a contact. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's how it works. And I mean, if you, if you're dedicated, that's how you do it. Yeah. Well, so I, I never. That's why you know I bounce back like an undergrad, no matter how much I drink. The the other thing that really I know this is old hat, but the other thing, and this will happen to our 23 year old miserable failure because he's 23 and life is over. Um. Your twenties, you can so easily recover, but man, you drink into your forties. I mean, for every day you drink, that's how long the hangover is going to last. That's how long, or maybe not hangover, but how long it's going to take you to recover. So if you drink for a night, it's going to take you a day to recover. You drink for two days, you go on a binge. Me, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to fucking drink. So I'll do like a three or four day binge, not like a heart, but like all day I'll have a cocktail, you know, just kind of like I'm a rich person living in a, in a polo association or whatever. And then man at 42 43 you're slugging you're worthless the next several days so it's it's just not even worth it college like i remember staying up till like uh, party until like two in the morning and getting up at 6 30 to go to work oh never drank in college i only uh i'm sorry i never drank until i was 21 and when i drank there was no time i couldn't afford uh i had to go to work so i had to be there was one time i got Passed out drunk at 22, but I was out of college. And then uh, all it's been has been like really bad hangovers, and uh, which have gotten progressively worse as you get older. But yeah, you can't. 
when I was younger, yeah, you could get up and go and do it. But yeah, I would get up and go to work and, you know, I would, I would every be every, cause th- Thursday night was the big, I don't know if it still is in college. Thursday night was the big night to go out. Mm-hmm. And in this, this was like, uh, you know, and then I had, I had a, I had a job and I had to get up at, uh, at New York city which job down on wall street. And, um, yeah, and I remember getting up, just feeling the pain, and just and then going out that Friday night. <laughs> I'm like, I, this was like in my 20s, early 20s. So, uh, any super chats, chat? Are we? Uh, we got go one more, one? one more quick one from Bacon right. Maldito for three dollars and eight cents. He says, "Hard truth is greater than heroin." Eaton suggests Van Halen, by the way. For what music or truth? Uh, I. You know, I'm not sure. Probably. We have some weird comments in the super chats. Like, there's just these these cryptic, not even cryptic. They're just kind of like, and what? Huh? Um. Well, they have things to add to the discussions that we're having, but the problem is we don't get to the super chats until after we're done. You know, talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, let's go through this block text. Chad, you don't have to read along. I'll just read for you. Okay. <laughs> you, don't have to be, you don't have to have your eyes raped by this block text. I would first like to thank you for the response. You made me realize I have certain freedoms I have taken for granted. Hard work definitely does matter. And with can, I, can I what? stop you? Yes. This is my bad. We missed. Bacon gave us $7.62, the one before this. And I really wanted to read this. Um, that is also a bullet caliber in case you didn't know, Chad. Cappy and Steele should do a duet on old 80s rock to give Chad a break. Somebody to love by Queen, welcome to the jungle and stairway to heaven. And that was what the Van Halen comment was in reference to. Yeah, so sorry about that. was a, a good album by Van Halen. Yes. Yeah. I, hate, I hate to say this. Uh, I did not have any <clears throat> musical knowledge. I would not be able to testify to 80s rock. Uh, because I did not have the money to afford tapes uh, and then later CDs. It wasn't until I was in college uh, that I could buy you CDs. So the majority of my musical knowledge is industrial techno, uh, revolting cocks, ministry, guar, stuff that you would have gotten in the early mid nineties. Uh, but I know you that, don't, you don't like Pink Floyd. I know that. Uh, all seventies music sucks. <laughs> and most hair 80s band music does suck. I did like Aerosmith and Van Halen. Uh but uh, yeah, my story a few times I think. What's that? Uh Steven Tyler's father, his real name is actually Tallarico. It's not Tyler, the lead singer of Aerosmith was uh, uh my high school music teacher. No oh, kidding, wow. really? Yeah, retired he retired on he retired my junior year of high school. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. In New York? Yeah, in the Bronx. So. Oh, nice. Wow. All my teachers suck and should be shot if they're, if they're still alive. There. Teachers. We're the future. We change lives. All those millennials know. whose lives were changed for the shittier. Huh? Live millennials. Lives changed for the shittier. Thank a teacher. Oh. Oh, all That's right. Next book. What's that? That's the title of your next book. <laughs> no, the title of my next book is um, How Not to Become a Millennial, <laughs> the Salvation Guide for Generation Z. And that is like so far behind schedule because we keep making super chats, moving all this other shit. So I'm yeah. actually probably going to start taking security shifts just so I'm forced to sit down, but I'm going to have to sacrifice my workout schedule. Um, I'm, at, but I'm operating at full capacity. There's not like a lot of 
spare minutes in the day here uh, to go and write. I guess that's the the drawback of having you know online success with these text to voice, baby, on a voice to text rather. There's a thing called Dragonfly, but it, it, it trust me, it's just easier to type. All right, let's get to this so we can get this out of our system here. I would first like to thank you for the response. It made me realize I have certain freedoms I've taken for granted. Hard work definitely does matter, and with my mentality, I would probably end up homeless. Fear is a choice. The truth is not something necessarily intertwined with the phobias of some immature youth. Now then, on the topic of truth, it would be fair if I put forth my IQ, nature, along with my nurture, childhood, to assist in this consultation. Now, just so you guys know the background on this, this guy contacted me before. He wants to major in STEM, but he's flunking out of college. He is also working way too much. <clears throat> he's working on a project that he spends 25 hours a week on that doesn't pay. And basically, his team failed that. I don't think they failed. I think they learned a lot because they were working on an engineering project and they got the experience. Um, parents are worthless. Not good to be at home. The guy needs to get out. I think he's getting kicked out, actually. Um, and he, from a Mazel's hierarchy of needs standpoint, needs to focus on mere survival and putting college secondary. So he wants to know what he should do in general. I said, you got to focus on living on your own and get a job, put college secondary. So you attend it part-time. If at all, you got to, you got to learn to live on your own, be out, away from your parents and not helping you at all. And they tested an IQ at one thirty, So he can do it, but he's failing all these engineering and STEM classes, which doesn't add up. And my assertion was that he's, stringing himself out way too much. He's, he's spreading himself way too thin. So instead of wasting time and money only to have to retake classes again and spend twice the amount on tuition and twice the time on tuition, then he scale back, just get a job and support himself. <clears throat> so now he's saying that his um, IQ may not be that effectively high because his childhood, his nurture is handicapping that. My IQ as of now is 110. The score is from my first attempt at the classic IQ test from Queendom with no studying. As comical as your guess was, this, I want to know if you have more potential that may have been hindered by my environment. I looked into some research of possible detriments to the development of a youth's mind, and from search, I gathered possible reasons for a hindrance. First, my diet as a youth was not the best. I was malnourished at the time. I was malnourished at home. At times, all I had to eat was junk food or coffee with toast. I never studied, just like you said. I watched porn and a lot. I watched porn a lot, and I experienced depression for almost all my teenage youth. All right, guys, what do you think might be affecting his IQ? Uh, I can't tell. The, the diet? Okay, fine, you need to control it. But you choose to watch porn, dude. And yeah, I, I say depression is a choice in most of these. But I understand you came from a bad family. But I understand. I got that. But you still get that. Am I going to move out of the house? Am I going to go run away? Am I going to look at porn? Am I going to go and work out and study? You choose to be depressed. Because at any day, you can decide to step outside and start running. All right? So unless there's a chemical imbalance, which is possible. But what pisses me off is this porn. I watch porn a lot. Don't give me your problems then. There. How about you stop watching porn? Let's not. This is all your environment, but that's a choice. Someone say, "Oh, well, I watched porn. I really didn't try." And then uh, that goes down to press. The abuse at home and school sprawled me in an nihilistic state. Okay, I could see that. 
I was in essence an overflow of empty. My problems at home and school have only been recently been fixed. I'm starting to want to live again and see a purpose for my life. Also, the school system where I am from is broken. Awful teachers, like you said, were rampant in my life along with not studying. You chose not to study. My parents, your parents, whether they're bad or not, you still get to choose to look at porn, play video games, or not study. So he's lazy. He's lazy. The fucking amount of words that are discussed where people try to come up with it's not my fault. No, it is your fault. You're lazy. Knock it off. Stop being lazy. And he's making attempts to not be lazy, especially with the work he's putting in. If anything, he's working too much now and not on wise things. He's not managing his time correctly. But, But this, well, okay, my IQ is 130, but effectively because of these reasons, no. These are reasons you chose. You didn't put in your full effort so your IQ is probably actually around 130. Uh, my GPA is probably not genuine except for the dual English history and courses I took. I got A's in those. My life is ambivalent on paper since I did take something of an IQ test in eighth grade in which I was marked GT, gifted or talented. Okay, so the actual official test, you came in higher than average. Uh, in English, after taking a test that made me Match shapes like the classic IQ test one I took recently on Queendom. Now, after all of this information, is there any hope for me to perhaps to increase my IQ to level competency for STEM as I go through community college to a four-year university? I very well do agree with Jordan Peterson when he said that being the dumbest in the room means you don't belong there, while being the smartest means you should get into a different room. Would you... Kindly at least show me the door after all this. Not being a burden is perhaps my greatest resolve. I will carry my own weight in this life. All right. <clears throat> Where is it? Uh, I'm rereading it all because of the Yeah, I, I know. There's no organization because he's uh, lazy. He didn't organize it. Junk food or coffee with toast. Right here. Now, after all this information, is there any hope for me to perhaps increase my IQ to level competency for STEM? Your IQ is already at the competency level of STEM. Your work ethic in the past, which is confusing you about your effective IQ, has confused you thinking it's lower. And your laziness is also making you think, well, maybe I'm not that smart. However, those are things in the past because now you have an incredible work ethic, but you have piss poor time management, which also now translates into bad grades. If you had spent your time, he works food service or something. You can't study while you're on food service. He's essentially working full time with no ability to study between his his project and his work. He has a, a job, then he has a project. There's no time to study. Then he goes to school full time, and then he wonders why his grades are shit. Even I didn't do that. I at least got six hours a shift after a year because you have to get promoted into those positions. Um, to study. That's how I did so well. So we can we could talk about diet from over 15 years ago. We could talk about piss poor parents. We could talk about bad uh, <clears throat> home life. We could talk about, um, uh, well, uh, I didn't do too well on this test. When you got the, the most authentic test was when you got tested in the eighth grade. Because I'm sure that was a WAIS test. And then you got into gifted and talented. Then you took your IQ test. When you weren't pressured or anything, you got a 130. Without training, without studying, you got an IQ test of 110. Don't tell me you don't have the capacity. 
You got to get out of bad environments. You got to manage your time more effectively and you need to pace yourself. Right? This is like going for a marathon run and then saying, God, I can't do 20 pull-ups. Oh my God, I'm I must be weak in the arms. It's like, no, you're you're just taxing yourself too much. I think he just lacks confidence to study I, and <clears throat> no, he, he's got confidence. He put a lot of time. Now look, considering from where he came from, he has individual resolve, just like our German friend who decided to quit the drugs and the booze. This guy has got a lot of resolve and self-discipline and internal strength to get out of this situation. He just, he doesn't have a dad around. He doesn't have someone to tell him, Hey, you can't do all this in one shot. I told him to knock it off with that. Um, with this project, he's just pissing away 25 hours a week on. Let me ask you this. If you had 25 hours a week that you could study, it could get your grades up. <laughs> so, but his, his problems are bigger than that. More Maslow hierarchy of needs. He needs to focus on survival for now, education second, and just take one or two classes and see if you don't pass. I think he's doing Calc 2. See if you don't pass Calc 2 when you're getting a good night's rest, you're getting decent food, and you're not having your crazy parents yell and scream at you asking to borrow money. See if that doesn't make it a little bit easier. And yes, you may graduate at the age of 25, which according to our 23-year-old German is practically dead. I know. You only have 50 years of life ahead of you. Uh, but so what? You actually graduate with a good degree, a good program, a good GPA, and you get employed. So I'm you know, would you kindly at least show me the door for all this? Yes. Manage your time better. Stop buying off more that you could chew. And then when you get good sleep, decent food, and you're not burning the candle at both ends, then see what happens to your GPA. Then see if you could pass calculus or thermal dynamics. And then learn how to write in paragraphs. That's all I would add. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he can't. Let's not all dream too much here. Um, <clears throat> My books, which will help you. Reconnaissance, man, we've shown that in the thing. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. Bachelor Pad Economics, that is an absolute must for all men and women, too. But I think women just want to be lied to. Which one Worthless. did Marcus... I'm sorry. Uh, did Marcus Brown write a book similar to Black Man's Guide yeah, Out of Poverty? He did. Uh, another book, and I can't pronounce it because Marcus is black. Uh, another book... Bleepers ain't gonna read. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yes. I can't say that because even though it is written to help out our fellow African American brothers and sisters, uh, because it has that word, that naughty word in it, that's a bad. And then that will get you uh that will get you a non-monetization. Uh, yeah. so we have to word on, we have to rely on things like quantahahas and all that other crap. <laughs> um worthless young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major that should be a bestseller but hey let's tell the kids that they need that college experience and to piss away the parents money enjoy the decline accepting living with the death of the united states curse of the high iq you guys ever read that one or you just know you're smart i read that you did john yeah sorry i i my internet connection cut out there that's all right. That's you um, ever read Curse of the High IQ? Uh, yes, I did. You did. Okay, good. Yeah. So it, it sucks being brilliant geniuses like us, but it, this book helps you get through it. Well, can, can I? Can I? Yeah. Before I cut out, I wanted to say something to this guy who was talking about this. Uh, I got two words for him. Uh, mm -hmm. Liz Murray. Um, 
I put her, uh, I think I put the Wikipedia thing here. Can I just read her brief biography? Please do. Yeah, yeah, Murray was born in the Bronx, New York on September 23rd, 1982. Poor drug addicted parents, both of whom would later contract HIV. She became homeless just after she turned 15 when her mother died of AIDS in 96 and her father moved to a homeless shelter. Despite her late high school start and lack of stable home, Murray began attending uh, the Humanities Preparatory Academy in Chelsea, Manhattan, graduating in two years. She was awarded a New York Times scholarship for needy students and was accepted into Harvard University, matriculating in the fall of 2000. And what happened to her? Uh, well, after uh, she was a success, after uh, leaving Harvard in 2000 uh, uh, to care for her alien father, Liz Murray returned to the university and, and grad- she graduated Harvard in 2019. Um, as a, oh, sure. she's a younger, she's a younger person. Uh, she just recently graduated. Yeah, she gra- Yeah, and she's um, uh, she is founder and director of uh, Manifest Living and a motivational speaker. Uh, they uh, they made a TV movie about her called uh, uh, called um, Homeless to Harvard, the Liz Murray story. Okay. Um, but she, uh, hey, I'm mean, I mean, not to sound like a, a Debbie Downer. So she has not yet done anything. She just recently graduated. That's it. No, 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 no. She, she. Well, I mean, she, she makes a living as uh, she, she has her own uh, business, and she makes a living as a, as a writer and a uh, motivational speaker. Okay, so she was never an engineer or doctor or surgeon. I'm, I'm, I'm like I would put Ben Carson up before I put this girl up. <laughs> I hold well, a, yeah, as a model. I, just, I mean, considering what she overcame, um, th- that background. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Right, it is. It is. But I, I hate to be an asshole, but I am. She went to college. See, you can't just say, I went to college and that's my accomplishments because that's the millennial generation. No, you need to fucking do something with it. And then when she goes, well, I'm a motivational speaker, I understand she could probably maybe reach out and get a lot of other kids out. But where's the GDP production? Where's the, see, Ben Carson, I think, is a better story. I'm not besmirching Liz. That's heroic. It's great. I'm glad to see she got out of it. She had to work her ass off. Uh, but Ben Carson came from a equally impoverished background and then he became a doctor. <laughs> and then, and then now maybe see, I'm sick and tired of yeah, well, I'm a 19 a year old motivational speaker. Or I'm, right. I'm a 20 year old life coach. She's like, get the fuck out of here. You don't, you didn't even hit puberty and you're a fucking life coach. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. That's right. all that. I don't know if you tuned into it, but it was in your town there, John. There was the Women in Tech Regatta conference over in Seattle like last right. week. And half the speakers were, I'm a business consultant. I'm a life coach. I'm a this. I'm a that. And you look at their background. Four years working as admin assistant, uh, but she inspires and consults businesses. It's like, yeah, you know what? I don't think, um, I don't think GM or Microsoft are hiring you with your three-year little skit there uh, to advise them on something serious. I think you're just like some bullshit artist who tells people what they want to hear. You probably still live off your parents' money or your husband's money. And so that's why I don't – this gal has so much more potential to actually go and become something more useful than she is now so that she could say, hey, I got out of poverty and then I became a surgeon or I became a dentist 
and you can too. You can't have her going to kids in poverty saying, hey, you can get out of this and then you can go to college and then you can tell other kids that they can get out of it and that they can go to college so that they can tell other kids to get out of it because then it's the circle of why bother. There's no actual fucking production. The economy would starve if everyone just becomes fucking motivational speakers at the age of 21. Oh, I don't, I don't argue with that point. I would just say that the, I think the example she lived in her life where she was homeless and graduated high school in two years, I, I believe she was living on the subway uh-huh. while she was doing this, is in New York City, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. No, I'm, it, is, it is a story. <clears throat> I'm not even saying it's not movie-worthy. I'm saying the story hasn't ended. And if she now just becomes a fucking Ty Lopez, it's like what a waste of talent because if you can get – graduate two years out of high school while having such a horrific disadvantage, you should be going to work for NASA. You should be curing cancer. You have way more potential in society uh, than merely being a motivational speaker, which you are not precluded from doing either if you go pursue some kind of scientific or uh, uh, professional well, endeavor. She's, she's, I think she's – I don't know how recently the Wikipedia page was updated, but she was getting her PhD at Harvard in clinical psychology to treat people. Okay. All right, good. So she can then become a therapist and set up a clinic, and, and yeah. she's not doing the half-ass, well, I'm going to get a bachelor's degree. Oh, my God. I don't know. So she's legit. She's going on. At, that's good. Okay. So she is contributing to GDP. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, that was, so the black, uh, poor Richard's retirement. You guys could get that. That's my retirement book. The best of books of Cappy. That includes Captain Capitalism, Top Shelf, Captain Capitalism, Reserved, and Love Letters to the Left. If you guys like my uh, posts on my blog at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com and you enjoy reading, go get those books. I have a compendium. It's just a compilation of my best posts. Um, and then you don't have to sift through all the other posts on my blog. And they're primarily, I primarily compile those so that if Google or YouTube ever decides to delete my finer essay works, uh, they're always backed up on analog. You can find that all on amazon.com run guts, pull cones and pushing rubber downhill Two must read books by our good friend, Adam Piggott. You guys ever tune into? No, but I did read pushing rubber downhill. Good book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chad, you read? No, but I saw the podcast you guys did where you were having a rough morning back in <laughs> November. Is that back yeah. when you were still drinking, Gabby? Yeah, yeah. That was that was uh, that was a that was a relapse. <clears throat> but uh, uh, we have we have sobered up significantly since. Um, yeah, check him out. Pushingrubberdownhill.com. Uh, he's got a podcast. He's got a blog, and he's got these books. Absolute must read. And that is that. All right. Um, couple super, super chats. Yeah, let's do some super chats. I got an interesting article. If you guys don't mind sticking around, I know we're coming up on three or four hours here, but it's we're, it's up we're to getting you. to four, which is pretty impressive. That's um, all right. You guys got any? I mean, I don't mean to keep you guys. I don't want to monopolize your time. I'm in my office. As long as I get, as as I get my cut. <laughs> I'll give you a shit. Jeez, everybody wants their blood shekels. All I right. All right, super, John. Super Chad does. Uh... Yeah. If everyone wants to chip in some questions and some ch- super chads so that now John can get his shekels, or if you got a question for John, send in your super chats. Uh, what uh, we got there, Chad? Well, for $2.23, Bacon says block text equals PTSD from torture by English teachers. Huh? 
I think he's just laughing at how the last guy had such the, the one you just read was basically one big block text because I was telling him that in the chat. I wouldn't doubt it if there's like a latent or background PTSD kids everyone has because they went through college or went through uh, public schools. I, you you are like going to a mental prison. I don't know what, especially for smart people. There's got to be a I wouldn't maybe say it's PTSD. But there's a psychological cost that your childhood was pissed away listening to these low IQ baby boomer fucks that d- just did nothing. And then your brain just shuts down. Were you guys ever inspired at school? I mean, didn't you just kind of wish it would end? You kind of just drone through it? I never really wanted to be there. Well, who really wants to be in school? I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, right now, the internet's way more. You could, I guarantee you, you could have kids graduating from high school with a high school equivalency like the executive education by 12 or 13 in the in the eighth grade you could have a, a bachelor's degree shit you could sit on the toy you see that phoenix uh university of phoenix advertisement uh there's a bunch of them which one well this is one where they show a bunch of disadvantaged people like if you're poor you're a single mom you're in a wheelchair and, and I understand this says this speaks nothing to their intelligence, but the day is coming that you'll be able to be a fucking retard. And I saw this. I saw a kid with alcohol, sin, uh, baby infant syndrome, like his parents drank. This guy had, uh, and it was at Brown College. I could say it, not not the Harvard or the uh, Ivy League Brown College. This is now a bankrupt college. Um, <clears throat> they would take anybody, including hmm. people that actually had mental disabilities. And that's, you. you don't need to be, graduating from high school you didn't need a high school education to attend college if you just want to attend college for the sake of attending college they have such dumbed down watered down degrees you could have a fourth grader's intelligence and you will be able to get a degree in sociology you'd be able to get a degree in women's studies these do not require any intellectual rigor or effort so if it's going to be this dumb and we're going to have these people who are capable of operating at higher speeds slow down and be pained and drained to be thrown in with the commonies, uh, the commoners and, the, and the, the normies and conformies, and we're going to reteach the same shit over and over again, you're damn right that's going to be mental torture. And you're damn right there's going to be some mental cost and consequence to these people down the road. 13 fucking years of that bullshit? Bull fucking shit. People wonder why you hate teachers so much. They're like the fucking prison guards at Auschwitz. Oh, yeah, you get to go home, but you got to come back. You got to do homework when you get home. Yeah. Well, I I would say this. I mean, generally speaking, um, you know, if you got the brains and you got your you got your head together, you know, you could drop out of school at 16, uh, get take the GED and, you know, take the SAT and apply to college. But if you go to a school and you sincerely do have an IIQ, you can take advantage of the advanced placement courses, which you can get uh, college credit for. So you'll be way ahead of the game before you even start. Right. But what I'm saying is I'm even thinking higher altitude than that. If you actually let smart kids go at their pace, a lot of kids, I'd say damn near a quarter of kids would be graduating from high school at the age of 13 or 14. There's no reason to have it. And yeah, you're damn right. Go get your GED and drop out. But that only shaves off two years. I mean, you should be able to drop out at like 12, get your GED, apply for community college, get accepted into a four-year college, and be done and fucking over with a master's degree at the age of 18. That's how slow the public schools, I didn't even say the private schools are right now. 
And if you, oh, and we just got to. That's because the bar is so low now, though. I mean, I don't think it was that bad always. Right. It wasn't that always. But why are we torturing these poor kids who could go way faster and be done with it? Like, here, at least let the kids who are smart and can operate at a higher capacity get the fuck out of there. And I, there is that potential because you can homeschool. That's why I'm all for homeschooling if you got smart kids. you There's also, I don't know why Minnesota allowed for this because, Jesus Christ, they're not going to get their fucking shekels, the goddamn teachers union. But you can go to an online high school that's accredited now in Minnesota and just graduate from home. Like, fuck, why even bother going to school, man? It'd be great. We didn't have that, though, in the 80s and the 90s. But, but they got it now. Anyway, that's why I hate teachers. <laughs> <laughs> One of many reasons. <laughs> One of many reasons. One of, they all, oh, they're so sanctimonious. They think, and people are like, well, how can you hate teachers? They're like fucking nuns or nurses. Teachers are not nuns or nurses. They're vile, disgusting, inferior pieces of shit. And there certainly are some good ones, but they are the, the, the minuscule minority. Most teachers are inferior, evil fucks. And it's just proof because of when you go to school. Like, God, they're fucking Nazis. Screw them. All right, I'm done. What are what, what, super chats? What, give me a happy super chat. Huh? We got a few more. Um, All right. Bacon again, $2.53. He says, problems with censorship? Call Man of Steel. And he has the echo, like the three brackets around <laughs> steel. <laughs> I didn't know you had a huge Jewish lineage there, John. I thought you were Irish. Uh, yeah, I am. I, th I think he means something dealing with the people who have the echo. But anyway. Oh, well, see, I got my quarter Jewish blood going on, so they're not going to get me. Actually, they will get me. They'll get anybody. They'll get yeah. anybody. If you and don't think right. And then right after that, he has a $2.06 uh, super chat that has hashtag steel shekels with the echo on it. Steel shekels, <laughs> shekels, shekels. So DT up. The blood oh, shackles, steel shackles, and Chad will have the super chads. <laughs> um, All right. So what for else two dollars, Nick Schulander says, "John, tell us a funny or sad Seattle story, if you have any." A funny or sad Seattle story? Um, God, that's putting me on the spot. Um, well, well, there was that time that you got into that cab with that social justice warrior chick, and you were sort of triggering her. You remember that? Oh yeah, that was an that was a lift ride. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was sharing, you know, the ride share thing, and uh, uh, yeah, she was a blue haired parrot colored fat freak tatted up. Uh, <laughs> that I was sharing the ride with. I was sitting in the front seat with the driver, and and I, uh, God, I forget exactly what happened, but I just laid, you know, I, I said something about you know. Uh, pro-Trump or something, and she lost her shit. And right when she stopped to get off, she kind of gave her speech or something. And I said, oh, you know, go fuck yourself or whatever. But That's a Seattle story. Yeah, that's that's one. I mean, uh, yeah, there's lots of little, you know, none are immediately coming to mind. I mean, a sad, sto a sad Seattle story would just be, you know, Tuesday walking through downtown Seattle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, are there any happy Seattle stories? Like, hey, I walked down to the coffee store and there was a svelte, in-shape woman who was dressed smartly and she gave me her number. Um, I mean, does that ever happen? Or is it just yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, with, with women, like, I have a very, very direct approach to women. So when I meet them, I just, you know, if I'm at all getting any sort of uh, uh, vibe like she's looking at me, I'm very direct approach. And I just go up and say, you know, 
the, my favorite line is I asked, I asked to borrow the phone and I just call myself and I say, all right, thanks for your number. There you go. That's smooth. That's smooth. <laughs> That's great. I, uh, I just remember Seattle when I visited the first time in 98, I'm like, man, these people are sad and depressing. And cause it was, it was, it was that grunge era, you know, and, and, and they, they sold Seattle. Like they, they sold LA to young people in the eighties, just like they sold Seattle to young people in the nineties. I was seriously thinking about moving to Seattle. And, um, then I went there, I'm like, Oh, there's no sun. And man, the people are depressed looking. And where, where are, there's no hot chicks here. It really isn't any. And all that's happened is traffic got worse and there's more bums. And the women are even more depressing now that I've seen it. Uh, and with lots back of tattoos 90s, and colored hair. Back in the 90s, there were like that was that was my, you know, my rock star 20s period. Um, mm-hmm. I met a lot of good looking girls. You just had to know the spots. And there was a huge amount of girls that were moving to Seattle and San Francisco scoping out the you know they were trying to marry rich sure sure so all these girls that would go there and i used to, you know i always went to the high end play you know that's how i roll yeah you pull up in your in your chevy impala <laughs> you know <laughs> no i mean i was i mean i was like the i don't know if you ever saw the movie swingers i mean i i, I yeah, saw that. Posse, but we went through the back like there was used to be there's one place called the, it's still there actually but it's not uh, a hot spot anymore it's called the paragon it was this huge uh, place in the in the 90s and there used to be a line down the block to get into this place and i used to just go through the back door through the kitchen like they knew me and i used to just get it and everybody else would be waiting in line for an hour and i just you know go through the kitchen in the, in the back alley and come into the you know the, the club that way um but yeah that was that was a spot that was i mean the girls used to be hot girls dancing on the bar and you know it was great how long yeah. have you lived in seattle oh 24 years or something like that oh wow jeez what up the Paragon? Was that downtown by like Pioneer Square or something? No, it was on the top of Queen Anne Hill. Oh, okay. Is that where the tractor bar is or is that a different area? The tractor bar. I'm not tractor sure. Tractor bar. I remember when, when it was 98, there was like this hangout district. And I remember going to a place called the tractor bar. The only reason I knew that is I saw a guy from Minneapolis. Like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I came out here to see this, this band. And I thought, you came was, all the way out here to see this band? Was and that then, Pioneer Square? No, that was that was north of the bay. It was maybe by Queen Anne, maybe even a, a bit further north. Is there a Fremont or a Yeah, Fremont. That's maybe Fremont I, was the town. But uh no, that was I remember that back in the day in Minneapolis has kind of seen the same thing. Chad, I don't know. Is Excalibur even open in Chicago anymore? Is there a bar is there a nightclub called Excalibur? A lot of the old school nightclubs have really gone away. That one doesn't sound familiar, so I, I, it's probably not there anymore. Not that the, still there? What's that? His mother's in Chicago. They changed the name of it. I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what the name is now. Um, as you can imagine, I'm not as into the club scene these days. Yeah, no, when I visited Chicago in the and then uh, this is I'd been to Chicago a few times, but I was there in the '96 or seven or something like that, and I was there. I had a good time. It was it was really packed. Yeah, I don't think Mothers is around anymore. Yeah. The uh, well, that used to be the thing back in the '90s. Is there was <clears throat> at least one for every major metro area. There was like one nightclub you had to be at. Like that was the big one. Minneapolis had a pretty good nightclub scene. There were several. A lot of that was thanks to Prince, though, because he owned several. Um, and so you would. And, and much as I'm not pro nightclub now, it was pretty cool, especially if they had good music like First Avenue and Moshing and all that. Ground Zero was another one, um, and these places are still open, but it is a fraction 
of what it used to be. And most of the nightclubs are gone now. Uh, like you said, John Paragon, maybe it's still there, but it's not what it used to be. First Avenue, which was my favorite haunt, uh, now they put dining tables on on the dance floor. So uh, people don't go out anymore. That's yeah. the thing. Is the younger the people they don't they don't go to bars to like meet people. That that they just everyone just uh, bunkers in, um, and it wasn't like that. So I mean, I I have great uh, sympathy for like these millennial guys because th- there's no you know there's no place to meet meet people. You know, I mean, there's a internet. bar is where you just go to sit and drink. But but John, there's the internet, and there's lots of women out there. And they are looking for guys. They're not looking for attention. They're not flooded with attention from thousands of guys across hundreds of. <laughs> they're just looking for a nice, good quality engineering graduate to settle down and have some kids with on the internet, right? So I mean, oh, that, yeah, yeah. That's why they go to the clubs at you know midnight, <laughs> one a.m. <laughs> I got. I should go. There's a piece of me because I get older and the further away I get from my client base, so I got to rely on field reports but there's a piece of me that wants to like actually go to a nightclub to see how bad it's become i went to a, a salsa club and i went to a swing dance club and it's just like a nuclear hiroshima and nagasaki look great in 1945 compared to <laughs> they look like paradises um it is that bad but i haven't gone to like an actual nightclub uh, which I probably should do and then i haven't i never did online dating but i'm thinking about setting up fake profiles just to see, you know, like in a, a different towns, try and change some variables to see what it's like. Because Chad, it's horrible online dating, right? You, you, uh, I'm not really that active in it now, but it's pretty brutal. Like it's okay. from what I, it's terrible. Last year, it was just the worst. Okay. And John, do you even bother online dating, or is it just that's so flooded of a field? You just go talk to I, the girl. Not anymore. I, I did do it. I mean, I, I I had several dates, but nothing that ever, you know really amounted to anything i mean your best way to meet pe- meet girls is, is basically through friends or so you know some sort of social group or whatever yeah. you know, and then, the older you get the harder it gets you know yeah because you know because everybody starts to marry up or you know whatever have kids maybe yeah have kids and then, yeah I, I mean i have friends like once they had kids i just stopped seeing them i mean oh you know, yeah we, only way we communicate is you know online my favorite is when the kids are out of the house and you still don't see them. <coughs> the man. <coughs> uh, all right. Any more super chats? Uh, it looks like we are caught up. All right. Good. Um, let's do this article here. Uh, have you guys ever heard of this show? 13 reasons why? Yeah. This is a very Seattle. Oh, was it a Netflix one? Yeah, it was, a Netflix. I know what this it was basically like it, it was so fucking self-indulgent. Uh, uh, Emo, you know, a girl kills herself and when she gives a bunch of like uh, cassette yeah. names to why she did it. And I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing of it, but they were making this big thing about it. But basically she was like this selfish cunt trying to make everybody feel guilty because she killed herself. You mean yeah, like I most people who kill themselves? <laughs> yeah well i'm yeah i mean it was like come on you know what's the only thing worse than killing yourself um uh, staying alive attempting to kill yourself even though you're really not trying to kill yourself because you're just an attention whore the cries oh, yeah. for help no, no, failing <clears throat> that is that pisses me off oh my god uh this is from npr teen suicide spiked after debut of Netflix, 13 Reasons Why, study says, and there's a picture of a chick who I don't know and I don't care. 
When Netflix 13 Reasons Why was released two years ago, uh, depicting the life of a teenager who decided to take her own life, educators and psychologists warned the program could lead to copycat suicides. Now a study uh, funded by the National Institutes of Health showed that those concerns may have been warranted. In the month following the show's debut on March 2017, there was a 28.9% increase in suicides among Americans aged 10 to 17, said the study, published Monday in the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. The number of suicides was greater than that seen in any single month over a five-year period researchers examined. Over the rest of the year, there there were 195 more youth suicides than expected given historical trends. Researchers warned that their study could not prove causation. Some unknown third factor might have been responsible for the increase, they said. Still, citing the strong correlation, they cautioned against exposing children and adolescents to the series. The results of this study should raise awareness that young people are particularly vulnerable to the media. No, they're not. The millennials just told me how independent-minded they were, and they're critical thinkers. They're practically immune to media and brainwashing. Yeah. Uh, study co-author Lisa Horowitz, a staff scientist at the National Institute of Mental Health, said in a statement, all disciplines, including the media, need to take good care to be constructive and thoughtful about topics that intersect with public health crises. Lead author Jeff Bridge, a suicide researcher at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, told the Associated Press that an additional analysis found the April suicide rate was higher than in the previous 19 years. The creators of the series intentionally portrayed the suicide of a main, of the main character. It was a very graphic depiction of the suicide death, he said, which can lead to suicidal behavior. The study found that boys were far more likely than girls to kill themselves after the show debuted. Suicide rates for females did increase, but it was not statistically significant. Interesting. The boys didn't the boys did more than the girls. Nor were there any significant trends in suicide rates for people 18 to 64, researchers said. In a statement, a Netflix spokesperson said that they had just seen this study and are looking into the research. This is a critically important topic, and we have worked hard to ensure that we handle this sensitive issue responsibly, Netflix said, according to the Associated Press. The spokesperson noted that the university conflicts, a uh, university. The spokesperson noted that the study conflicts with research published last week out of the University of Pennsylvania. The study found that young adults ages 18 to 29 who watched the entire second season of the show reported declines in suicide ideation and self-harm relative to those who did not watch the show at all. However, the study found viewers who stopped watching the second season before the end exhibited greater suicide risk and less optimism about the future than those who continued to the end. Well, they got really granular in the studies, splicing seasons into half. The results suggest that a fictional story with a focus on suicidal content can have both harmful and helpful effects, the authors wrote. When the show debuted, the National Association of School Psychologists, which is a bullshit organization, by the way, issued a warning statement. We do not recommend that vulnerable youth, especially those who have any degree of suicidal ideation, watch this series. This powerful storytelling may lead impressionable viewers to romanticize the choices made by the characters and or develop revenge fantasies, they said. Suicide is not a solution to problems. Well, actually, it kind of is, like terminal painful illness. Um, <clears throat> you're a you're an emo fuck, and you're not going to produce jack-all fucking shit. I don't think people are going to miss you, and you hate your life. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's just the evil asshole in me talking. 
After the criticism, Netflix added a viewer warning card before the first episode. Netflix also added language publicizing the website 13reasonswhy.info, which offers resources for people contemplating suicide. Season three of the show is expected to be released this year. <sighs> Gentlemen, what's the problem with this article? Well, one is I want to know how they collected the data because, I mean, if, if they were going to interview these people, weren't they dead? How do they know when? How do they know if how many episodes they watched that they had killed themselves? Right, right. They warned that, that the correlation was not causation. Anything else, anybody? This is a premise of the article. That's what's wrong with it. There's a premise that's erroneous. Um, think asshole. Think black pill. Think cappy. Are there lies somewhere in this thing? Or no, no, no. Here's here's a so what. <laughs> oh, a bunch of emo, worthless, fucking woe is me, bullshit kids off the hub. Can't really say I care. Oh, just okay. can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, look, you either appreciate life and live it, but I am so, I am done with the car- cries and call for help. And I'm done with people who they just, oh, someone's coming. Okay, I understand. Uh, critically, terminally ill, and you're in pain. Uh, we actually got a dog through an adoption agency where the wife of a guy, I won't mention, nobody knows his name, but a very highly esteemed individual, had a very good profession. His wife was in constant pain and critically ill. She was not going to come back. And he, he put a bullet in her head. It was a mercy killing. He submitted himself to the cops and because he couldn't see his wife do that. You want to talk about true love? There's true love. That guy did it, and so, but they had a dog, and we got it for adoption, so we took the dog in. Um, I understand places like that, but if you're some spoiled little rotten kid in the suburbs that have everything paid for and a, and a TV show, oh, it's so sad and depressing. You have food, clothing and shelter and you're all emo-y and you watch, you know, you're a Kurt Cobain type to bring it back to Seattle because all things revolve around Seattle. Thanks to John. I mean, if you're a Kurt Cobain, you're oh, well, life is no meaning, man. I'm going to put mascara on my face, man. Well, we're nylon on my, bye. Goodbye. I mean, shouldn't suicide, isn't that kind of uh, 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 a, a Darwin aspect? Like, if you don't have the will to live, maybe your genes shouldn't be passed on? Yeah. All right, very happy topic. Everybody's with me. Glad we had this chat. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, just as a quick uh, aside, Kurt Cobain was actually murdered by Courtney Love. Was murdered by Courtney Love? Yeah, he had so much heroin in his system he couldn't. Oh. He couldn't even have been conscious, let alone shot himself. Especially, for, and even if he was conscious, he couldn't have shot himself from that angle. Plus, being married to Courtney Love is kind of like murder, I guess. Yeah. I, I larger point. I have no patience or tolerance for suicide or attempted suicide. That's why I'm also again like I'm depressed. Everybody's fucking depressed. What are you doing to get out of it and save your life? Are you going and running and exercising and working out? You know, are you dieting right? Are you seeing a therapist? Or is this just a pity play, which is usually nine out of ten times what it is? Like, oh, no one loves me. I just loathe and detest these people who don't even have the simple basic decency to love themselves. Yeah. And so, all right, fine. A bunch of whiny, cry little, oh, too bad, bye. <laughs> a TV show made you, I guess... I guess when you got to the real world and you had to give up your cycling career, you were going to face a pretty big problem then, weren't you? Because if a TV show makes you off yourself, would having to get a job and paying rent due to you? 
<laughs> yeah, it's not like they were actually having to struggle in the real world. Yeah, well, what if you, you got one. laid off? What if, what if you, had, you had crippling levels of debt because you majored in a worthless fucking field and all you could do was find some kind of job as an assistant reserve uh, a librarian uh, that made $12 an hour. It was like 20 hours a week and you had to go on a bomb. Oh, wait, that's all the millennial generation. Jeez. And yet they're still here to talk about it. <laughs> maybe that perseverance, maybe they will finally galvanize going through this experience. Maybe they will. When we're very old, finally all start voting Republican. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to count on no, that. No, you're not going to? No? Oh, okay. Here I am trying to paint a positive picture. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Any more Super Chats? Yes. For $5.09, right. Bacon says, Jeez. look up hey, hang lyrics. On. What do, I got to ask Bacon. He doesn't have to say in the comments section. What does Bacon do that he can afford this much money? Because he does a lot of little ones, but they do add up. He does like, you know, five and six dollar ones too, and seven dollar ones. Right. But when we do five, six, eight, nine, ten of them. You're talking serious money. I mean, I yeah. hope he's making good money. Yeah. Arcady, I don't mind it if Arcady, I know that was a, a wonderfully charitable donation that Arcady gave us for a hundred dollars. Um, you know, but I don't feel bad for him because he's he's Ashkenazi Jew and they just make trillions and billions of dollars anyway. <laughs> I really feel as if he's giving us us Gentiles back the money, us non-Ashkenazi Jews. I think he kind of owes it to us. That's what I think. You guys have got again on one of these streams. I know I keep saying it. But... You know how busy. You know how this goes, man. You know how it goes. It's I got a lot of people I got to get on. Um, it's true. You know, and then I'd also like to have fun too. That's the other thing. All right, uh, what else we got for uh, the Super Chats? Well, yeah, so for $5.09, Bacon said, look up the lyrics to Ghost by Bad Flower should be the soundtrack to 13 Reasons Why. A lot of songs coming out like that, reflecting the defeated souls here. Mm. It's so sad, man. Everything's paid for. So My we have emo, emo music's becoming a thing again? What's, what's the name of it? Something by Ghost? What am I looking? Ghost by Bad Flower. It's probably something like, you know, my life is worthless, I hate it, blah, 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 you know. My dad makes $150,000. It's kind of like this generation's Ozzy Osbourne's A Suicide Solution. Uh, another another 70s artist that <clears throat> could also maybe watch a lot of episodes of 13 Reasons Why. Didn't he die, or did he just have another heart attack? Who's this? Ozzy Osbourne. Is he still alive? He's still around, yeah. Okay. Jesus, I, I can't believe that guy's still alive. I think he got that lady divorced him, Sharon. Yeah. They used, they used to have a reality show. Hey, Sharon Osbourne divorced Ozzy? Yeah. I think so, yeah. And then the daughter got some show, but she's so ugly and talentless. Ugh. That's... That that's not a show. That's just a freak circus. That's people tune in for the train wreck. Yeah. All right. Lyrics. What are the kids listening to nowadays? What are those hip kids listening to? <laughs> uh, I tried it once before, but I didn't get too far. I felt a lot of pain, but it didn't stop my heart. Oh, this is joyful. And all I really wanted was someone to give a little fuck, but I waited there forever. And nobody ever even looked up guys. Have you ever had somebody give a fuck about you lying there waiting for someone to care about you? Or did you have to go and accomplish some fucking shit? So people took note. Mm, pretty much had to get out of the house for that one. Mm -hmm. I don't think the internet counts. Yeah. Like, as I said, I was on your show before. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, he wrote the book and they made the movie out of it. Um, the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. He, he was in an interview and they asked him what, what is the one piece of advice, you know, you would, you would get to people. He said, 
the, the no one is coming to coming. save you. No one's coming to save you. No right. one's coming to save you. <clears throat> uh, I tried it once before, and I think I might have messed up. I struggled with the veins, and I guess I didn't bleed enough. This is gross. It's a suicide song. I know. It, but see, this is a cry for help. This is this is all self-inflected upon me. It's woe is me, 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 me. And then there's a little bit more of this this other angle called me, 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 me. <laughs> but maybe I'm alive because I didn't really want to die, but nothing very special ever happens in my life. Take the blade away from me. I am a freak. I'm afraid that all the blood escaping me won't end the pain, and I'll be haunting all the lives that cared for me. I died to be the white ghost of the man that I was meant to be. I tried it like before, and this time I made a deep cut. I, you know what? Cutting? No, no. No cut. Knife? No, no. Knife is not new. And plus, it's gross. Can you You guys ever see John Wick 2? I didn't see the second one. Oh, no. Chad, you got to see that. I saw the first one. Second one, she cuts her vein the long way. I couldn't. I can't watch it. I can't do it. I just can't. Uh, oh. It's horrible. Uh, put a bullet in your head. That's that's the that. Um, if I'm going to commit suicide, I'm not going to cut my veins. I'll be alive. I mean, you want it to be quick and fast. You just hang <clears throat> yourself or something. Oh God. well, hanging you get suffocate. I don't want to know. I mean, it's <laughs> shotgun, man. That's what you do. Well. Uh, I thought about my friends and the way I didn't give enough and I should have told my mother, mom, I love you like a good son, but this life is overwhelming. I'm ready for the next one. Take the blade away. Okay. This is just the thing. Take, uh, and it's just, uh, the refrain. Jesus Christ. This is yeah. so self-indulgent. My God. Oh God. I know. Well, these you know, kids are going to love it. Why do you live? What's the number one reason for life? <laughs> to have sex. Okay, on a okay. What aside from that, and that also answers <laughs> the question, which requires other people. Other people, right? I Hoping know. I was kidding. Her? Yeah. If you're all in it for yourself, you don't have other people in your life. Well, yeah, life is really going to suck. All right. I don't know what the point and purpose is, uh, but if you don't put other people first, you're going to have a hard time living. Oh, yeah, maybe we you're are right. pack animals. We are. That's why I'm a tribalist. You need mm -hmm. tribe. Right. This is why the number one thing I do is always try to find good friends or spend time with my needs, other people. But man, if you just want to sit indoors all day, play your video games and jerk off the porn. Well, oh, why am I depressed? I don't know. <laughs> not hanging out with guys. Punching each other in the shoulder, cutting jokes, and making fun of each other's penis. And by the way, speaking of your penis, it's probably never seen the inside of a vagina. I don't know why you're depressed. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. <clears throat> All right. Uh, any more Super Chats? Uh, yes. Charles Mack for $2 says, four hours, which is how long we've been on. Awesome. Thanks for making my work day go by so fast. Eh, no problem, Charlie. We can do that. Been a good. I think it's the longest podcast I've ever done. Uh, yeah, you know, it didn't feel like four hours. It's it's been a good one. Yeah. I'm glad, John. I'm glad you came. Yeah, I'm glad I came too. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Are you uh, are you going to be more available now, John? Or you got to go back under uh, submerged? No, I'm going to I'm going to be around. Uh, I'm going to be more available now. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So I'll hit. What do you want to hit us? Hit you up on Twitter or Facebook or something. Yeah, Twitter's the best way. All right. I, I'm, I'm a, the, the Facebook thing. I almost never really do now. I, right. I just, I don't. Well, I'll hit you up there um, over on the Twitter because I like to have a bunch of people on the show. 
Oh, God. All right. Are we cleaned up on the Super Chats? No more left? Well, Bacon just got <laughs> just left <laughs> another one. <laughs> you know what? He wants to keep this on. <laughs> you know what? I bet you. You know what? I bet you that fucker, he probably does make a lot of money. Because I always, I always talked about, like, if I had a billion dollars, if I was a billionaire, okay, think it, let's think this through. Okay, let's, let's say you're a billionaire, right? You got every, even at a million dollars, you got everything really bought and paid for. And as far as my economic philosophical mind could take me, the only thing you could do with multiple billions of dollars, do you know what it is? Fuck with people. You can fuck with, <laughs> right, John, you hit it. You could play the most amazing practical jokes. So, like, I was telling my buddy, I'm like, dude, if I ever make a billion dollars, you know what I'm going to do? And they're like, no, what? I say, I'm going to wait for you to be on vacation. I'm going to buy up all the houses around your uh, block. I'm going to paint them all pink, except yours. You know, it's just just to fuck with people. And then a buddy of mine, she bought land out in um, Wisconsin. And we're like, oh, what are you going to put on it? Nothing. I just like hunting. I just want some empty land. I bought. She bought land where she used to play as a kid. She wanted to keep the land so nothing would be developed. I'm like, are you going to put a cabin? No. Teepee? No. Wigwam? No. Don't you guys? So she started. I said, you know what I would do if I had a billion dollars? And she's like, what? I said, wait till you were gone. And then I'd buy the biggest, most luxurious yurt. And I put it on your property. And I put a sign that said, totally not put here by Aaron Clary. <laughs> that's, that's the shit I would do. I mean, it's just because, you know, Chad would, I don't know. What would he do to Chad? You'd be like, I'm going to buy your tax practice for a billion dollars. You never have to work again. That's what you would do. I probably do. What I, here's what I would do. Here's, here's, what I, here's how evil I am. I'd find just a really cute girl uh, and I'd train. I'd say, okay, you're going to walk into his life somehow. You're going to play this beautiful, smart, and tell you you're going to be a libertarian. I'll tell you how to be an economist. I'll tell you everything you need to say. And, uh, and we'll build his hopes up. And then he'll just disappear. Never to be heard from again. <laughs> Chad would be crippled and depressed. And I wait for 20 years later when we're in the nursing home. So I'm like, Chad, remember that girl that you, you tortured your life like the little redheaded girl in Charlie Brown did to Charles Schultz? Yeah, I paid her. She never liked you anyway. <laughs> I would have some serious problems handling how often that would be. That would just be so awesome. <laughs> it would be horrible. Oh. Uh, anyway, you? so I bet you bacon is kind of the same thing. I bet you he makes a pretty good money. So for two measly dollars, he gets to hold us hostage a little bit more. We can't get out and go do our thing. So. I got to show right, you anything? something. Real. Hold on. I got to show you yeah. this just real fast. I don't know if you can see this on my phone. Look at what is approaching the Chicago area right now. Can you see? Is that rain or snow? That's like some serious bad weather. Like we've got severe thunderstorm and even some tornado watches here like it's about to get really shitty here <laughs> what's the what's the temperature out there right now it's cold well it's chilly it's like 45 it says it's sunny what's the temperature on the other side of that storm well that's where you are isn't it no 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 what uh, no i okay storms usually okay if you're gonna get tornadic activity you need really warm humid weather and temperatures to make that happen if you're getting tornado warnings or watches and it's 45 degrees on your side of that storm i'm wondering if it ain't like 80 on the other side it, it because, just said tornado watch like it didn't okay you know, yeah <clears throat> it, we don't have anything there's got to be a huge change in temperature um i just estimate i'm, I'm theory i could be wrong um, but then again, they could just be uh, safety bunnies. Oh, the tornado might form. Even though it's really they probably are. It's not going to you know. stop me from going to the gym. 
screw that. Um. Oh, Arcadia is overseas until the 26th. Can we plan for something after I return from? So he can't be on the show anyway. For another so month. Wow. Yeah, for another month. Thank God. I didn't want to. I didn't want that damn Jew on the show anyway. <laughs> All uh, right. Bacon oh. for two dollars and twenty. Of course, of course. Yes, yes. Hashtag blood shekels. Since I forgot, Cappy hates blood. I'm not. I'm okay with blood. It's how the like we're watching a lot of Mission Impossible, and they always knock people out with needles and shit. And I, I oh, okay. They don't even show it. I don't like the needle. The precision surgery. I'm taking this very fine knife. Ugh, shot, shot. You know, like you get shot. I'm like, I'm okay with that. You skin your knee, all right. But if you just get a little bit of a slicer, oh, just oh, can't handle it. Mm. All right, we free to go. Is he done? I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> if you would kindly, everybody, please like the now. video. He's gonna uh, how do many, another one. <laughs> how many people do we have uh, listening right now? Twenty-eight. It got up to close to fifty at one point. Good. Good. All right. So everybody, if you would like the show, uh, like the video, that would be great. Uh, and then if you want to help out through any other way, uh, what you could do is go to olderbrother.com just to check out the site. We put up the uh, MP3s and all that later as well. But you can donate if you want through Patreon, in which case you get access to that sanity is the future of what article I wrote. Uh, and you don't really get anything else. There's a PayPal donation you can do, and, and you don't really get anything there. But then there's also a link to the Amazon affiliate program. And if you do all your online shopping there, that really helps out the show. And you get something in return, namely the stuff you're going to buy anyway, and it doesn't cost you any more. So please get into the habit, the good habit of doing that. Vote, subscribe, comment, like, and share with anybody that you like. Go ahead and share the Older Brother podcast, especially with the youngins. My goal, I'm, I'm leaving the millennials as is. They're now the butt end of all jokes. <laughs> I've tried to save them for the past. I've been podcasting and blogging since 2004. And uh, <clears throat> obviously that generation knows more than me, which is why they are the successful economic powerhouse that they are now and today. So I'm going to focus on Gen Z. If you would kindly uh, share all of this with young Gen Zers so we can spare them the fate of the millennials. Also check your nuts. I know disproportionately we have men that listen to this show. Testicular cancer is very curable. So fidget with your nuts while you're in the shower and make sure they aren't hard, rocky, or not generally bally, naturally feeling. And that's about it. Uh, gentlemen, why don't you plug your stuff? Uh, okay. Well, I'm at uh, elkinscpa.com. Uh, I got a couple of books on Amazon that my dad and I write, the Elkins Comprehensive Tax Guide. Uh, so, yeah, use Clary's Amazon affiliate if you would like to purchase a copy of those. Are you looking for any new clients for your CPA ship or no, are you, no, I'm, you're I'm not broke. looking at your fault? Okay. Yeah, never mind. Okay. John, what's going on? Where, where can hey, we find you? You can find me on Twitter at John underscore steel 99. And there you'll be a link to my YouTube channel as well. And if I post content, I'll put it up on my Twitter. Wonderful. All right. Uh, John, would you like to take us out? Officially? Wait for $2 oh, and God six cents. Bacon <laughs> says, <laughs> He says, just because you asked. Have a nice day, gents. All right. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. All right. How do we, uh, John, take us out officially here at, at the Older Brother Podcast. All right. Th thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we, we enjoyed helping you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time here with uh, Chad and Cappy. And uh, that's a wrap, guys. Oh, no, that's not. You took us out the wrong way. Chad, show John how we take ourselves out. Uh, toodles. <laughs>